Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Beer. It's fine. Chaco, California. Just like our first year. Because they won't or because they can't. What's new? Because we've come a long way in six years. Seven years? In our seventh year. I don't even know. Come a long way. Our very first show, nobody could listen. Our very 300th show, or whatever it is. No one wanted to listen. (laughs) But this show, nobody can listen. Lucky seven. I don't know. Fucking server. That stupid N-word server. <laughs> that blank. It's being a big blank. Not doing anything. Apparently not working. I, apparently I offended, some, I offended some people because on the last program I said the N-word in whatever context I chose to. I never really know. And that offended people? I don't even remember the context either. I think I was getting shit from some from somebody else because I say retard all the time. Yeah, and so I, so I was I had offended that group. <laughs> so you thought you doubled down? <laughs> well, I think you I doubled had, down them and, and through the other one. Too. I think I said I don't know what I don't remember. I just apparently there was an angry person on Twitter because I said nigger. And they don't, yeah, they don't like again. the word. I feel like um, call Nathan that. I do. I don't like to apologize. I mean, I, I I don't want to offend anybody, so I don't. I'm, I'm, I do apologize if, if you were offended. I don't mean to do that. 
my opinion is that you you know you don't call people those names, uh, especially if you are using their original context and meaning. I would never dream of doing that. Right. But I don't like to ignore that those things exist. And in the case of retard, it's just such a great word that doesn't really have to do with the um, disabled. Uh, or special people, or whatever. It's fun. It's a it's, it's a what. fun word to say, and it, you know you're right. If if you if you use a word without its intended meaning, um, I think it's I think it's fine personally. Um, I Not think everybody does. So yeah. much history, so much time has gone on between the times that these words were. Yeah, it's been like a year at least minimum, right? <laughs> Perpetuating the badness of yeah. the more imp- the more effort you put into a word, yeah. the more power you give it, bro. Well, sometimes uh, dumb shit just doesn't quite cut it. So you got to right. you got to do right to <laughs> right. Yeah, that, was, that one uh, that one's bankrupt. Well, but I don't I don't go around calling people the n word yeah, like no. even yeah. you, don't uh, call them, you don't even call people retards. Well, except for Jake. No, well, to people I know, not to my, not to my face. <laughs> But like, uh, like I don't call Terrence the N word unless he asks me to. Sometimes he does. Hey, will you do me a favor just to humble myself? Yeah. Will you please call me the N word? Yes. So I don't know, but I, I don't listen to the fucking show. I don't care. I guess the guy was a, a, a donor and stuff too, though. And I don't know. I apologize, but yeah. you're gonna tell me like why is it that I'm allowed to say all the other words about uh, that are that shouldn't be uh, said or uh, so so people think. But as soon as I say that one, forget about it. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, thanks for your support. And I've never. Our show is not for everybody, you know. And luckily, our sponsors know that, or they don't listen. I, don't, I can't figure out which. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's this, working. This I mean, isn't this isn't shock radio, and we don't yeah. say things. For shock, for shock, for shock just say things. I'm being honest, yeah, or like yeah. whatever comes to my mind. This is kind of this is part of the problem. You got to turn your own mic on. There you, there you go. What's that? I said you're kind of digging the whole diva right now. Yeah. I don't I don't think so. In your oh. opinion, yeah, I don't think I. Am. I don't say it just to joke around. I say it because I'm serious. No, ah, but you missed the first part. I've never <laughs> used that word uh, for uh, for what people think that it yeah, means. Like at a person. Or, or I mean, okay. I just talked for five minutes about how I would never say that to somebody in the context that they think I'm saying it. But I'm not going to pretend that the word nigger doesn't exist. Right. You know, I don't use it, uh, you know, in a constructive. Well, <laughs> I don't know. My girlfriend is so, you know, spooked about the word yeah. um, that. Uh, White people are very afraid of this word. Definitely. She won't sing it in a song. Like, she likes 90s rap, like really shitty 90s rap. Yeah. Boys to men, baby, whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, any song like that it, that uses the N word, she'll go. You know, all my in the house, and, then, and, and I'm going like seriously. And but I'll, was it to, like karaoke so much, in public or something? No, it was just in the house, just in the hizzle, in the and, 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 and like the next song, because she's walking around in her good robe, right? And and the next song comes on is you know N.W.A. and I'm singing that shit left and right because I love N.W.A. She goes, you can't say that. I'm like, I'm in my own house. It's in a song. I'm not calling anybody. It, it doesn't mean anything. Come on. And if Relax ter- a little. If Terrence bit. was there, it's fine. You could sing it too. You're not calling. No, I don't even do that. Schumann likes to do that. I don't even do that. Because I, I understand. There's I understand, a lot of white right? guilt going on. And uh, anyhow, I, I didn't mean to offend you, um, but I. But you probably should continue to not listen because who knows what I'm going to say. Yeah. And uh, you know, well, he's not even hearing this. So, <laughs> but Token is. I'm talking to Token out there. That's what I'm talking to. I don't know. I'm not, afra- I'm not afraid of words. I'm afraid of intentions. So it is, it is going to happen very often that I offend people who are afraid of words. And but if you if you listen to the show's intentions, you'll know that we hate all of you. It's true. <laughs> we hate every, we Equally, hate, we hate everybody. Token, eventually, we'll offend everybody. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably like you by next week. But this week, I fucking hate you. And the week after that, I'll like. I don't know. Why are you it, looking at me when uh, you're saying this? 
Well, because it goes doubly yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> push Eject is on the line. What's happening, Push? What? Hey, dude, I just want you to know something. You know, yeah. the only person that we judge on intention instead of their actions are ourselves. You know, and so I just want you to know that you might think no one's listening tonight, but me and, and Parker, yeah. who's seven, we're, we're sitting here and enjoying the show. I just want you to know that. Right, Parks? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Hi, Parker. Go ahead and keep talking about what you're talking It's good. You know, don't think you're in some sort of radio black hole. Just just keep going. It's okay. good, brother. Uh, all right. Thank you, Pushy Jack. Seven, Park, you got any inter- encouragement for Uncle Justin? Hey, push. Tell Parker never to say the N word, okay? Yeah. yeah. Unless she's singing a song by NWA. Right. <laughs> mean, well, earlier, of course, we were doing karaoke, and it comes up a couple times, but it's cool, right? <laughs> right. It came up a couple times. I'll shoot you the video. Perfect. Thank you, Pushy Jack. I wish you were a better right. father. Hang in there, brother. Right. Hey, people are listening. People are listening. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. I-, I could just see family family karaoke over there. It came up a couple times. Yeah, you know what, nah, nah, what's nah, worse? Nah. They have that Glee because they're Glee people, and they have a the, oh. the Glee video game karaoke for the Wii, oh. and like you get judged on on like you're the pitches that you hit. Yeah, mm. uh, so that yeah, yeah. that that asshole the other night was singing um some Journey song that he likes to sing, <laughs> "Just a Small Town Girl." Oh, good song. And yeah. he was like, it was like after each verse it was outstanding, great because he hit all these pitches because he like pushed it. Yeah. Really? Amazing. Yeah. I gotta hear that. Who can Amazing. hit Journey? Uh, you call back, to, later on the show, can. you can call back and sing that. For Just a small town girl. And he goes, Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, we'll be the judge of that. He can call in okay, and, and it, sing it. And then it, What's that song called? It, who knows? Is it, is it small not Town Girl? Don't, Don't Stop, stop believing. believing. Don't Stop Believing. Oh, that's um, what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So, I always uh, forget. JP. Yep. <laughs> just walk out of the room in disgust at that point? Well, I couldn't. I was like frozen with terror. Oh, my God. Oh. I, I wouldn't have given you that to walk out in protest. Did he sing the yeah. whole song? Oh, yeah. Whole song. And then turned like it off. hour long. Actually, he sung. He was singing the whole song. I went back in the bathroom to go to the bathroom, took a dump, oh, this, and then came going. back and it was off. And he was still going? No, it was off. No. He just did the one song and that was it. You should do a duet with Bob. Oh, family family Guy did this. Great. Yeah. Family, Sang this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Family Guy was good for this one. Wow. You're good at it. Stewie, Stewie Singer, right? It all, makes me want to go. All, all, all of Cleveland oh, all, jumps Cleveland? in. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. It oh, makes me want to go sing karaoke with Push. Token's on the line. Oh, perfect. Oh, I hope you he, call in. He's weigh gonna, in on this one. So somebody's listening. Hey, he just Token. lost another he's, one. He's, he's dropping <laughs> his subscription. <laughs> What's happening, Token? I want you to repeat after me, all right? All right, I'm going to repeat after. Uh-oh. I'm going to repeat after Token. Token Great. You listen, Token, you're my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> now, am I saying nigga or am I putting the R at the end? I don't care. It's up to you. <laughs> Token, you my nigga. Okay. See, that just relieves all the tension in the room. I d- did I get that out now? Am I back? Yeah. Thank I got you. you yeah. Back. Thank you, Token. I was it's worried. Over. It's over and done with. Thank you. I was worried. I was like, JP, what if it was Token that was Twittering that? I'd be, so, I'd be devastated if I offended my friend Token. It wasn't, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. All right. It's all good, man. Thank you, my friend. Thank I appreciate that. Well, because yeah. Token understands right. context. Right. You know, that word yeah. was used in context to describe something else. <laughs> describe it, was like a quote, it was like a quote from something else. It was something entirely different. I think Token was just happy I was starting to relate to, to retards with that word. And Justin's too white to make that mean anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my Twitter news for you. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Look, again, you know, whatever. It's going to happen. 
It's going to happen if you tune into this program. Yeah. Every once in a while. It's not the not even close to the first time and certainly not close to the last time. But, but you're it, welcome to bust our balls for it. But it Absolutely. should be the last night. It should be the last time. I wish there were other words that are that bad. Are there? Well, uh, I inadvertently said spook. That's that's a bad one. <laughs> that's a really bad one. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't that mean when I said it. I, I was like, oh, sure. I didn't mean that. You said it, though. Yeah. Well, I did. For, time. But for other groups of, of, of people, there aren't really worse words except for, for blacks. I mean, those are all the worst words. Yeah. Well, like like Jews have kike. Well, they're, they're, that's not a... That's qu- bad. I mean, Isn't that bad? Yeah, it's bad. Kike. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Is I there mean, another but one? But Jews aren't going to like... The F word used to be like that. Fuck? Yeah. How come you said the F word? Because we were... Because <laughs> you felt bad about using it. it felt like saying F word. You have a problem. Well, in what context are you using that? Is it a transitive verb or an intransitive verb? Or it's part of a word. It's like, unfucking believable. Unfucking believable. Is it an adjective? It can be any of those. It's the amazing part about the word. I'm fucked up. I wonder what a derogatory word for a Greek is. Oh. JP? No. Oh. There's plenty. Oh, someone <laughs> throw one in there. <laughs> I don't know. There's one really specific one I can't Everybody likes right the now. Greeks, I think. No, they don't. Well, yeah, we no. gave you democracy no. <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> I was like, I've hated the Greeks oh. for years. <laughs> wow, I got a whole list of them right here. You are Southern European. Bubble. Nah. Fleece, Fleece. Goat banger. Gobbler. <laughs> goat banger could be for anyone. Yeah, that, I, th- I think that's for yeah. white people. Grease bag. I guess Gre- Greeks are white, too. Uh, guppy. High boots. Homocrat. <laughs> which is funny. I don't uh, know why. I don't even know what that means. Know. Lamb chop. Um, <laughs> That's just stupid. Oh. These, these are like names from oh, a five-year-old. It's dopey. Yeah. Olive inward. What? Huh? Yeah. So if you're saying it about me, I'm an olive nigger. Apparently, <laughs> uh, olive picker, uh, unibrow. Um, and that's about it. I don't care. I thought Doesn't that was a like, much stronger one. Sheep dipper. Yeah. I can do that. Walk them towards water. Well, that, that goat fucker thing seems kind of, seems kind of generic. <laughs> except I think the Greeks marry the goat. <laughs> yeah, well, we are we are kind of that monogamous. We are more monogamous people. You're absolutely right about that. I, I hear they don't really actually marry; them, they just have a favorite one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, no, that's the rednecks. Yeah. Uh, well, you know how you can separate the only way to separate two, uh, you know, one Greek man from another, right? It's what? crowbar. <laughs> apart. And it doesn't See? bother me. I don't care. I don't let my past of no. of, of of racial slavery for four to six hundred years by the Romans interrupt who I am. It's such a word. I don't care. And the same caveat, uh... unless somebody says it at you, right? Unless somebody in hate calls you. Yeah, unless they're screaming, slander. you know, then I'm well, gonna then it, I'm gonna apologize and, and give my wallet. And again, the the the, the intention is the. Uh... But uh, now you guys are the whitest fucking white people ever. I'm still apologizing. Well, you know, oh look around God, the room. Ever? Yeah, like totally. G lols, Nicole. <laughs> e b a r. Talk about the white kettle calling the rest of the white kettles white. Oh, have, you, have you ever Googled Black Jesus and watched that? Yeah, it's Jay Z, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of funny. Oh, I don't know. Hey, speaking of uh, racism, uh, Push did a mashup of the Alabama Senate for us. Oh, nice. Oh, oh nice. God. Yeah. You guys want to hear it? I do yeah. want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Noah was a little, little, little wine old. I had a fellow live next door to me who brewed homebrew in the bathtub. <laughs> the BOE 79 not good enough. <laughs> but it was strictly illegal. Illegal. It's pretty good. You know, we have people that live on the street that go in 
to your local Dollar General store and buy shaving lotion for a high. For a high. For a high. Chevy's Regal is stamped and approved by the governmental agency that says this is for a high. Healthy. 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 Bush should be doing some techno for us, Doc. Oh, I'm digging there. Yeah, yeah. It's got some, some rhythm. Boy, hot. I want to hear some dubstep on it, man. For Burning Man? Yeah. Some dubstep. Some yeah. racist techno for us for Burning Man. In word, in word, in word, 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 word. The Burning in- Man has grown up now, though. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. In step. I can just see my bootlegger now. Now, 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 now. In the bathtub. Today, for an underage kid to get alcohol, he's going to have somebody get it for him. If this is going to say, I don't need anybody to get it for me. I just need an adult who ain't convinced to make it for me. And I got all I want for free. Wow. Oh, you just ended That's it. Just cut you off. <laughs> Man. Cock blocked you right at the end Man. there. Right when you're getting good. Oh, you're just good? getting into it. and <laughs> Straight from the streets of L.A. Doc was starting to peak. You were getting me yeah. there, man. Good job, Push. That's a, it was a good mix, man. Yeah. It's everything it's good, I hoped man. for. That for high. Yeah. That it's good great. for like a, the first third of a song. I want that to go on for minutes. It doesn't make it racist, too, because those are white guys. The for high. That's that a white was, guy. actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. All right, let me do some uh, business here real quick. Right. Uh, thanks to our sponsor of this program and every <laughs> session that we do, uh, the guys over at More Beer, who yeah. are just awesome to us. So want to thank them again for bringing you this Sunday and every Sunday session. Uh, go to morebeer.com and check it out. they got a deal of the day going on over there still every day, I think, don't they? they still oh, do yeah. that deal of the day thing? You can go check that yeah, out. Every day, something new on sale. Get in and, early. Um, just got a deal on a March pump. That way it was awesome. Oh, I, I got an email yeah. for that. That looked like a sweet deal. Yeah, high-volume March pumps, like 40 Look, bucks off or something. It's badass. Yeah, I was like, it ended up being... I want to say it was almost. How much was it? What was the total? It was less than that. I forget, but it was a killer deal, and I know I needed a spare. It was like so under a hundred bucks. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, you don't uh, want that to go down in the middle of your brew set. No, you definitely want to spare that. I learned the hard way. And and, uh, and you could use it for other things. So uh, having having like an extra, extra marsh pump around, man. You could, if we could switch it out, kettle cleaning. Oh, everything. I, yeah. I don't. I don't move water now. I don't lift water and pour it anymore. No, there's no point in hurting your back when you yeah. can just use a pump. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I put one up my ass for cleansing. But when well, you, if you're constipated, but, you're but when you have a, 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 little next, a spare one around and uh, your brew day goes down because your, your marsh pump just does that thing. Yeah. Shove your spare up your ass. Every, we've all heard that. Yeah. Oh, God. And then it just stops and, yeah. and does not continue. <laughs> yep. Oh, my brew day's <laughs> done. It. And then you smell burning Talk electricity. Impersonations yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. Yes. Doc, can you do a, a Wankel rotary engine next? <laughs> yes, I can. All right, do it. Uh, but I don't get very good gas mileage. All right, so go over to morebeer.com, check it out. Uh, today's show, we got Matt Potts and Mark Tilly from Distill Restaurant and Brew Works. They're out of Illinois, and I saw those guys at the GABF. Um, one of their guys, I think uh, Mark, if my memory serves, and my memory sucks at, at after GABF or in general. Um, had come up to uh, to me and push over in the in the center where we do the brewer studio pavilion, and he said, "Hey, I, I know you like sour beers, and we got some on the floor." And I listened. I, just, I thought you might want to come try some. So I said, "Yeah, shit, yeah." Uh, so we finally got time to go over there, and uh, the beers blew my mind. The guys were brewing some amazing beer, and they haven't been doing the sour thing for very long, so it it, it was even more uh, significant to me. So uh, Moscow booked him on the show. We get, we're going to talk to those guys today. If you got questions, 888-401-BEER. Uh, we're going to be talking about their other beers, too. they got two different um, um, brew pubs, and so they do a, a lot of beer. You're going to be surprised to find out, I think, that they do, they do more than 50 different styles of beer 
a year. They're hitting like every BJCP category. It's pretty amazing. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. dude. That's wild. So we're going to talk about that with uh, with Matt and Mark. Uh, that's coming up just in the second segment here. A couple of announcements. Uh, you know, you can still tip the crew during the show just by hitting the Donate Now button. Anything that comes through from you guys while listening to the show uh, up until midnight uh, on Sunday uh, goes to the crew here. And uh, it's tapered off quite a bit. In fact, last year, I'm not sure anything came through for you guys. <laughs> last week, last I mean. week? Oh, oh yeah. Week. i got to look for sure. Don't quote me on that, so I, I apologize to anybody awesome if they did. that awesome job we did? But I don't remember seeing any donations. It's reflected in the tips. All right, I'm not talking this week. Yeah. <laughs> See, Tacey's going to shut up. Somebody yeah. sent $2 over yeah, his way. Either that or uh, Justin had to go shopping, one of the two. But y'all get to team up. and um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still working. If this isn't the way we want to do it, I'm, I'm still working through it, so I'm not fighting against you listeners. But uh, if you got a couple extra bucks, you can hit the, the tip button. Um, tell you what, if you, if you donate tonight uh, as a group in there, I promise not to say the N-word for the rest of the show. All right, you can right. you can buy me. You can buy my silence. <laughs> the whole show. for how much though? <laughs> my silence. If you donate five hundred bucks, then we'll never say it again. <laughs> and then we'll never say it again. Yeah. That's just you, right? Yeah, uh, that's just me. Sure, yeah, you guys. Can okay, good. We can all we want. Oh, listen. let's be honest though. It's usually me, isn't it? Listen to this. Absolving myself from the discourse on the BN today. I studied intersectionality <laughs> at a radical college. These are not my views. <laughs> Is that Nicole trying? Yeah, is yes. that Nicole separating herself from the yeah. group? I am not part of this conversation. Nicole, on the you should take an, that stick wait, 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 out of your ass. We are an N-word fucking team in this room, yeah. and if and you guys go, uh, you go down with me. Is there a dump button? No. There's a nail up there, Nicole. See that nail? Yeah. Hook it up on the nail. But the whole fucking wall is coming down. Why don't you just nail get a nail. Well, stop dicking around over there with your dildo bottle opener. Are you going to absolve yourself from that too? Never. What a pussy. I can't believe yeah. that you just went out to the public and said, I'm not with them. I'm not with I them. Didn't, I didn't uh, include you, uh, your uh, handle. What's this solidarity stuff? Anyway. <laughs> Come on. It's a good beard by yeah. my friends at Eagle Rock. Why don't you, Doc, who are you to talk? Every time I start saying, we get into this, we get into that, you go, who's we? Now you know how I <laughs> feel. You got a mouse in your pocket? Yeah. All, all I want to know is a, a little ahead of time before you <laughs> included I me. I see. That's all. Yeah, I'm usually, you're going to drag me under the bus. I just want to see the bus coming. So, yeah, pretty give much, me the yeah. schedule. Yeah, I yeah. want the number. <laughs> I want the schedule. So it's like that when we go out to bars, too. Nicole starts a fight, and then she's like, Nate. Can you deal with this? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, he's, right. and Nate's like, can you talk to this guy? I don't turns, know what I said. She turns around, there's a tumbleweed right I, where Nate used to be standing. I, oh, he's angry all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> can you handle this? I guess our website's back up, everybody. So yep. uh, you can always listen on justin.tv uh, slash brewing network. Well, that site doesn't him. seem to go down. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, now that I'm done saying yeah. the N-word all night, uh, you can go see justin.tv slash brewing network. You Denial can always check it out there. attack. <laughs> So if you listen to this podcast, if you're ever trying to tune in live and you can't get through, um, yeah, you can go over there. I'm trying to fix it. We know the problem, and we've basically just outgrown our server. Um, but with Winterfest on the horizon, which yes. is January 28th, it's just a couple weeks away. Um, it's up here in Concord at Toto Santos Park. You can go to eventbrite.winterbrewsfest.com or something. Winterbrewsfest.eventbrite.com. Winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com. Yeah, you can go there. Anyway, all of our capital is tied up in that event every single year, so I can't do the necessary upgrade. And that's why every single Sunday now, when you guys all come to tune in and listen, the server crashes. It's cut down to the bone. It's now an enormous amount of people, so I don't know. Our server company blows. But after this, and you guys show up in mass, and we'll be yeah, we'll, we'll be, be good we'll, to go. We'll be flush. We'll be, we'll be good to go. 
poor Code. Code just Code just sits there stressed out every Sunday at five, going, "When's Justin going to start yelling at me about the website?" He's going to oh, hang himself with his ponytail. He is. Yeah, I guarantee you that uh, if Code decides to hang himself, yeah, it'll be at four forty-five <laughs> on a Sunday night. <laughs> oh no, no, it'll be five oh five. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Cole comes uh, in. Uh, anyway, um, so hit the donate button for these guys. Winter Brews Festival, January 28th, Concord. It's going to be a good time. we got like 30 breweries and a whole lot more beer than that, plus some great bands. Big Joe Hurt just confirmed that he's going to open Sweet. up. Excellent. And then we've got uh, Purple Haze, which is my favorite. Awesome. It's the best Jimi Hendrix tribute band I've ever seen. They're, they're badass. It'll be the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen a couple, actually. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a white one um, that was pretty damn good. Enough with the race, dude. <laughs> Enough with the racial. Listen, with the w wait, he's yeah. not white? I see... I see colors. Rough, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to say the opposite. I don't see colors. No. I see colors. I'm black and white. <laughs> colors, colors, colors. Uh, it's, uh, Purple Haze is rad. So yeah. that guy's going to rock it. He plays behind his head and with his teeth at the same time. Does he smash guitars? <laughs> Do you believe me? <laughs> he has dentures. He takes him at dentures. I'm trying. <laughs> I'd like to see that one. That'd be real good. Yeah, he's good. Um, I could probably make that happen. And then... Uh, you have, know, have you ever been Who Am I? That's the name of the... Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> One of my favorite local bands um, who played our very first Winterfest is back this year. They're called Forest Day. They've been touring a bunch. They've been getting some radio play. Um, they're getting real big, but he still agreed to play our festival. And they just rock it. It's such a good festival band. They got that feel-good kind of hip-hop, yeah. rock, ska vibe happening. Yeah, like, like Morris Day and... And the night. And Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, they're like those two together. Yes, he's like a retarded prince. Yeah. When yeah, he keeps actually, singing, think, he just sings all the time. I think Prince actually is the, the cross between Forrest Day and Forrest Gump. Or uh, Morris Day, I mean. Anyway, Forrest Music Day is Music is like a box of chocolate. So three bands. Go get your tickets now at winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com. Check it out. They're 35 bucks. So. Yes, sir pretty cool all right you can click on the amazon and iphone links on the homepage. um and if you click on amazon do your shopping as normal we get a cut of it if you click on the iphone link you can get yourself an awesome new iphone case with a hot grenade and a bottle opener on it the links um it's pretty cool it's pretty cool um all right subscribe and join the bn army enter to win the more beer monthly donation we give away a hundred dollar gift certificate to that place um every month which is so rad yeah you get a lot of stuff there uh, we do the emails. I haven't been doing it on the air because it's just been happening behind the scenes, but we yeah. send an email out every month with the winner. Um, I've and, never and won so, anything. No, uh, affiliates and family. Oh, of oh, the, of oh the that little clause. Not this is going to be one of those shows where, where Doc says everything after every sentence. <laughs> you know what? I've never had that. Uh, I've never won anything here. <laughs> that you oh, can't. It, you're always a winner every week, Doc. Didn't you win? Um, Drunk of the year. Yeah. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Win? <laughs> That's quite a win, actually. So you can't say you've never won anything. You know. Speaking of that, did you guys see Nicole's uh, acceptance speech over on the blog for um, most robbed of Drunk of the Year, an award that we didn't even give out? We robbed her of that too. Uh, if you go to the BN Army blog right now, you can see Nicole happily accepting her own award for most robbed of um, oh, Drunk. Mo- Drunk of the year. Uh, those guys who've been robbed before will appreciate the sentiment it's and the good. state of mind in which it was delivered. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll Did it play for you, you guys. Uh, yeah, but we just need to make it clear that award does not. There is no. It doesn't yes, exist. It does. It's not reflection the upon the BN at all. We don't about? celebrate that unless kind of stuff. you video yourself. Well, um, not even next year. totally. We're not with. I, I think it'd be a good a given <laughs> yeah. for next year's most robbed. Yeah, I just want to. Uh, can you tweet right now, JP? That. Yeah. Um, 
uh, even though Nicole is on our <laughs> blog, we're not actually affiliated with Nicole or her behavior. We you might want to pull that curtain closed. We don't condone her drunken behavior. <laughs> if you would, please. Mm-hmm. Or her right. unaffiliated. I accept that. Yes. All right, send your show ideas over to Scott the Jew. You can do that at scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Oh. And, uh, Does that mean we're having feedback? Those are your announcements. I do have feedback, but first, Jipper, what is our Twitter game of the day? Our Twitter game of the day. I, I, I sat down and I came up with this brand new one. It's pretty good. Um, you can't do that standing up at all. No, I can't. Well, I'm too lazy for that. Uh, Twitter game of the day is, uh, Twitter question of the day is, so how's it going? <laughs> oh. I want to know how's it going. You you were busy today, weren't you? I was a little busy today. <laughs> well, I, I thought that was a good one. I thought it'd be like a change. Uh, you know, I just kind of want people to rap. I want to know how it's going with you. How, the, the, ball, the ball's how's, really in everyone else's court. So how's it going? <laughs> yeah. You were six hours in a car today. And I you was six hours better in a car today. <laughs> in 140 yeah. characters. That's a lot of what, do, what do you think about, JP, when you do these long drives from Disneyland? <laughs> just, it's a small world after you, you all. Think I'm a, a loop. a better question now for six hours. Because it's not this fucking show, that's for sure. <laughs> he called us social no, media consultant right. and his consultant said bring the social back in the media get those guys to talk to you what it's, did you think about today on your drive home um give me, give me a handful of things that you thought about i don't know and then uh, i was actually i was thinking about um not falling asleep yeah i was thinking about how uh uh what was i thinking about hmm the question should be something i don't know <laughs> i was listening to stern like i get in the car and the next thing i know i'm 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 here yeah what, kind of what would JP do in Middle America? Same Please. thing he does in Concord. Yeah. Well, because you're in the middle of that drive in the middle of nowhere <laughs> going... Mm. You would take the blame I, like he always does. Okay, road, all right. There. If you guys don't like that, I, 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 can, I can ask like a beer one if you want. It doesn't have to be a beer one, but I don't know. I, I'll, I'll go with it. Sure. No, no, let's see it. I want to see, see what, what people say about it. In all 140 right. characters yeah. or less... How's it going? Oh, yeah. no, you That's forgot our the Twitter so. game of the day. So, so how's, so, it, going? how's it going? Oh, and so, then, so um, good, bad, or indifferent? We'll give you something. We got some stuff to give to our to All our right, winner. Good. JP, you ever get any uh, road action when you do these? Because you always drive to Disneyland, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's always you what? and Taryn. What? Yeah, no. Come six hours of no. Oh, come on. I wouldn't accept it. No, Actually, I- we've talked about it. I wouldn't accept oh. it. Oh. Why not? Uh, because it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, because would... because there's so many truck drivers and people passing. Right. Like my car's kind of low. Yeah. It's a tint nice windows, luxury man. car. All, I, the, oh, all, I have, the, all the hair in your. You want to pay for my tinted window? What about when it's uh, what about when it's dark though? Yeah, you're I wouldn't really do the drive window. What about I don't I don't like driving dark with Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, well, that's not on the road. That's in the house. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. How about, how about RH with Mickey Mouse ears? <laughs> I can see what you mean with the, with the daylight situation, but uh, I don't know. Even then, sometimes, fuck it. I, I, I don't... Um, it's not my thing. Okay. I used to drive up and down California 5 a lot. and <laughs> Give yourself uh, roadhead? Well, no. <laughs> oh, I would, I would, sometimes the wife would be asleep or whatever. I'd pull up next to a truck, and I'd reach over and like <laughs> grab a little boob and, and just to see if I could get him going honk, honk every time. <laughs> A little side grab. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, like, the boobs I, go I, honk honk. No, I know. I know the um the truck the, drivers. The truck drivers oh, are, I see. Beep. But okay. almost yeah. Exactly yeah. Oh yeah, the they're because okay. they can see. They're, they're always looking down into the car, like JP yeah. said. No, it's true. I had a broad. I was on a, a, a long desert road once, and I had a broad. Um, she wasn't even going down on me yet. She, but she was. She was bent over me. She was bent over. You know, she was on her knees in the passenger seat and facing my direction. And she had the obvious thong sticking way out, like just the thong everywhere. Oh, the whale tail. And she's just like... She, <laughs> <laughs> she had the whale tail going. Yeah. Exactly. 
And uh, I don't and approve of that. And I'm in the left lane. It's a two lane going going one way. Two lane. I'm in the left lane, and it's we're only going one way. And we're passing trucks, and I know that, that they're going to be looking too. Oh yeah. Well, af- there was a lot of trucks. So after a few minutes, you. They had sent the radio call miles ahead oh, to the other truckers no. because by, I started to watch the the driver window of the trucks by the time we would pull up to them, and around. they were already like practically hanging out their window like a pit bull. Uh, you know, like they were waiting for us to come because they wanted to get. I was traveling fast enough so that this is a trick, by the way. So JP, everybody gets a show. So, so well, so that they don't get too long of a show. I didn't want it to be like I'm next to the window for too long. But be, that must have been on the on the message too. They're oh, like, yeah. uh, "Hey, speeding up as you go by." Yeah, yeah. And so, they're, so they're getting they're getting the advanced look. They're all looking back as far as they can as we <laughs> hike Kate the Great. <laughs> shaking her head. Great. Just, uh, nothing happened. I mean, it was just uh, anyway. It's, it's just preemptive strike. It was pretty funny. Oh yeah, the bra got all pissed off. I finally told her. I was like, I don't know if you know this, but all the Every truck on this road is knows that we're coming before we ever get there. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint you with a boring story, but uh, I don't know. It's not my deal. All right. Well, speaking of roadhead, uh, you know, if you're looking for a way to spice things up yourself... <laughs> in the car you can go, ride. In the car ride, you can go over to adamandeve.com, and we have our own coupon code over there. If you use coupon code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y, then um, you can get a bunch of good stuff. Let's see. What is it that we get here? Um, Stop. 50% off just about any item. Uh, then when you select your one item at 50% off, you also get three free DVDs uh, plus a free extra gift that uh, apparently is so sensual. Uh, it's like the N-word. We can't mention it. Cha-ching. On the radio. See? Every uh, sentence. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping <laughs> on your entire order. Uh, so go to adamy.com and you get 50% off one item using coupon code BNARMY plus three free VDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Oh, yeah. And then you, you know, too can have fun on your drive home. After after I complained last time, you know, Nate Nate went ahead and bought a couple things, but, you know, I, I, I never saw any DVDs. Oh, you didn't get your free? Oh, no. You, you never saw that? You didn't Nate, see those yet? That's because Nate picked, like, the no. creepiest DVDs you could imagine. Yeah. It was, like, midget stump porn. Bloody metal chicks. I don't know. I, I'm trying to imagine what... Uh, I can't say a thing. No, he has just not perfected his knots yet. Mm-hmm. Sexual, you can't mention I I the, the rope work. <laughs> Actually, they didn't send them. I should call them up and make sure I get my free DVDs. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's a short yeah. I find um. it difficult to find porn that is uh, enjoyable to watch. Oh, mutually with your acceptable? Mutually, yeah. yeah. Because dudes are into weird shit, for one. Well, yeah. um, and rarely a chick will be into weird shit. But then... If you go the other way toward what you, what the what the chick might be into, then it's just boring. I don't want to watch that. It's all storyline. No, it, yeah, you, it's you, difficult. You, you get that question. Do you want me to do that? And you're going. <laughs> um, do I? What do I say? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, right now or no, honey. It's we never want to watch this. It's never easy. It's a complicated thing to do. Yeah. Watching. Oh no. Porn with bro. That's just boring. I don't want to watch this. Either. It seemed like a good idea, but it's not. All right, I think i got time to do feedback if we do it quick. Please, please, please. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. <laughs> All 
My feedback's brought to you today by the 21st Amendment. You can go to 21st-amendment.com. Check it out. They got beer in cans. Yes, we can. A lot of good talk about allies win the war. Uh, people are loving that beer. I think everybody in this room has a different can that they love. I know that uh, Moscow and Jip, it's a bitter American. Uh, actually, which I really like too. Yeah. But Monk's Blood is my favorite one in the can. Mine too. And then there's it's other really people good. who really like Allies Win the War. That's their favorite I one. I like that one. Uh, I like Back in Black too. That's actually not a style I like all that much, but they kind of nailed it on that one, I think. We got some nice. in the fridge for you tonight, Nate. Cool, I got man. a little Back in Black in there for you. So, 21stAmendment.com bringing you this feedback. Paul writes in from Vermont I want to support you and buy a Bruce Strong shirt. When will the store be back up? The store will be back up tomorrow. Nice. Um, yeah, and it'll be back up tomorrow. Maybe even late tonight if I'm not drunk after the show, I'll put it up. But uh, so tomorrow. I think I got all of our... Uh, tomorrow's uh, coming tomorrow. Yeah, good point. I think I got all our bugs fixed, and it's still just in the meantime. We're putting up a new store soon, but uh, you'll be able to buy merch again tomorrow. So hang in there. Thank you for trying to do that. Uh, let's see. Scott writes in from Ghost Cat Brewing. Uh, hey, Justin, super excited about the BNs tonight. Oh, that must have been from last week. Uh, it was uh, it was new in the in the feedback, so sorry about that. I that's okay. Just probably that. date wise, he was talking last week. Yeah. Um, he probably podcasted. Uh, it is a, uh, I don't know. It's too long. I'm not going to read it anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. He does say, "P.S. Bring back the uh, original Tasty song." He wants to hear. You know. Tasty. Oh. Remember that Tasty? I do remember that. Uh, I want to see the video. To the you. Rocking it like it's 2009. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they miss. I love how they misspelled "tasty" in that song. Yeah. S T E Y. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It is very stupid. It's a nouveau version. Uh, They're just dumb. I hate it when people start with "I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible," and they don't. It's like three pages. Hey, Brewcasters, just wanted to keep this short as possible, as I know Justin hates reading every single person's autobiography, but I came across a very interesting article uh, through the forums that I thought would be very deserving of some promotion. Apparently, there's a group that is in, um, in the works of creating a documentary entitled Beer Hunter, the movie. In short, the documentary will obviously be about the British journalist and author Michael Jackson, who books... Uh, Whose books and television series about inspired about beer inspired global phenomenon? Uh, anyway, an intimate portrait based on over sixty hours of rare recent video footage. Beer Hunter sheds insight into the life and contributions of this brilliant and beloved man, who, while quietly battling Parkinson's, became the leading voice and inspiration behind the craft brewing movement. For those who had never met Michael Jackson or were deeply inspired by his work, it's hard to imagine that he's no longer with us. That being said, the documentary is still being funded and uh, can be supported by donations from the BN Army for as little as $1. Although a larger pledge will not uh, will, will not only get you a copy of the documentary with bonus footage, but also will get your name in the credits. So here's the deal. Project is 16 days away from the funding deadline, and it's at roughly uh, $13,500 pledged. Uh, but they're working toward $30,000. So you can go to kickstarter.com slash projects slash wandermedia slash beer hunter the movie. Or maybe just go to kickstarter.com and search beer hunter the movie and you'll you'll then be you'll able to find it. it. Yeah. So th- there's also a trailer for, for the movie on there. Kickstarter's a good thing and um, I like this idea. So let's help them get to $30,000. They've got just 16 days to do it. That was from Lava Bond in Minnesota. I like how it's it's rare and recent, rare but recent footage. Rare the footage recent. is recent, but it's also very rare. Of course, it's rare. Meaning, no one wanted to see it. 
No one gave a shit. Oh, who wants to see that guy? He wasn't the most attractive man in the world. But now they're doing a video. Now everyone wants to see it. This TV show is pretty entertaining. Now it's rare. Yeah. Well, it's probably rare because it wasn't aired before or something. I don't know. Anyway, Lavavon says, suck a dick, bro, and have a hoppy day. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Dee's Maltz writes in. Dee's uh, Maltz. Jay, first-time feedbacker, I just wanted to offer some support uh, info for your use of the word retard. The largest lobbying organization for retards is called VOR, Voice of the Retarded. <laughs> Words like handicapped are much more offensive from when retards couldn't work, so they stood around cap in hand. What does Voice of the Retarded sound like? So they... <laughs> Please donate. You know what it sounds like. Of course. So that guy that was... Uh, I have to do it. Have to do Bad it. Moscow. Bad <laughs> Moscow. So the guy that was complaining was way Back off in your base room. from D's Malls. Well, thank you. But listen, the I'm last the thing stairs. I need is support for my uh, inappropriateness. I don't know. I do appreciate that. That's nice. But, but I, I do like to know where the word handicap came from now. I know. Now you know. It's, uh, you the, didn't know they that? They couldn't work, so they stood around cap in no. hand. How am I supposed to know that? Cap in hand, can you donate? Hand in cap. Uh, that doesn't clear it up for me, but thanks for trying. Nicole, can you call our guests and tell them that we're about five minutes away from me calling them? Please. We're running late. Uh, asshats, I wanted to extend my thanks to you all. All your insanity kept me sane while my wife was in brain surgery before Christmas. Yikes. Damn. But she's doing great now. Uh, the only thing I could keep from thinking about the brain surgery scene in Master Commander was listening to you guys and girl. Uh, it's a very graphic, rudimentary brain surgery back in the 1500s, for those who have not seen the movie. Uh, anyway, right now my wife and I are about to open our own brewery this summer, and I've gotten a lot of information from you guys that's helped with that process. I will actually be joining the Army instead of just freeloading, since I think that you guys provide an excellent blend of knowledge bullshitting that keeps my ADD ass paying attention. <laughs> if only we could do that with I Doc. Uh, you provide yeah. a great service, a except for shot. the cat song. I would have joined the Army earlier, but my wife has been supporting both of us while I've been working on the brewery stuff. That being said, I'd like to extend a thank you to my wife for being an awesome woman and supporting my dream, even though my last brewing job was a, a little rocky due to the owners. Mm-hmm. So we're calling the brewery Trickster's Brewing Company, and we'll Ooh. let you know of further advances with the project, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Where's, Cheers from Matt. Where's so, he from? Uh, doesn't say. Northwest? It doesn't say. Zen Trickster's? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm glad your wife's doing better, Matt. Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in, brother. Uh, okay, Todd writes in, I hope I'm I hope I'm among a huge crowd among a huge crowd of listeners that want more of the homebrewed chef. And if I'm not, fuck it. Statistically I have to count for some larger group of people that don't have the balls to write in and demand satisfaction. Keep up the good work on the rest of the BN. I hope the show continues. Cheers from Todd, Oregon. Yeah, you must be referring to us being a little behind on, uh, I think we're about a month behind on the episodes now, because we did two in a row. Yeah, it's just a timing thing. Don't worry. It's not for lack of demand. We're just trying to work out some glitches in our schedules and some production stuff. Taxi's busy. Sean's a busy dude. He rules. Knows his stuff, for sure. All right, I'm going to skip this next one because it's real long. And finally, um, from Token, I like the new chat moderator. She's thicker than a snicker. <laughs> you know brothers <laughs> like them thick. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Token. All right. Uh, feedback's brought to you today by the 21st Amendment. You can go to 21st-amendment.com and check out all their beer and cans. Plus, of course, they got a brew pub right here in San Francisco. 
Uh, you have no idea how many emails I get uh, from people that say, "Hey, I'm coming to San Francisco. My first stop is going to be two one A. Yeah. Then what I sh- what should I do? Yes. That's always the question. Is I, where should I go after yeah. I go to two one A? It's always it's everybody's first stop. They're straight off the Bart line. They go right over to twenty one A and get some beer, and then they're like, "What do I do now? Yeah, Brilliant. Go, go yeah. around the block and go back in. <laughs> yeah, just stay there. Right? That's what we do when we go there. We really? stay for hours. Like they got food, mm-hmm. great food, and great beer. Yeah, and you must just stay. And good-looking waitresses. Yeah, I saw Zambo, their brewer, the other day at Beer Revolution. I was like, no brewing today? He's like, that's oh, my day off. I yeah, got to get out of there every once in a while and enjoy everyone else's beer. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right. 2-1-A, everybody. Go check it out. Oh, yeah. Everybody. 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 Air day. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to the boys from Distill Brewing Company. I'm excited about this because I'm telling you, they were the brewery that knocked my socks off at GABF this year. There's always one, and this year it was Distill. So when we come back, we'll talk to the boys from there. We're going to talk about uh, all the uh, tons of different styles of beer they brew, plus their sour beers because that's what knocked my socks off. Can't wait for that, man. We got some to try in the studio, too, so we'll be doing that. So it's the session. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. 
Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for sticking with us. It's the Sunday session brought to you by More Beer over at morebeer.com. And right now we're about to talk to our guests today, Matt Potts and Mark Tilly from Distill Restaurant and Brew Works in Illinois. Hey, guys, you with us? Hey, yeah, we're here. Great to have you on the program, man. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Who are we talking to? Is that Matt? This is Matt, yeah. All right, Matt. The very white between the two. (laughs) I could tell already. I am very, very white. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Matt is the CEO, brewmaster, and founder of Distill Restaurant and Brewery. Um, And you guys have two locations now, right? Yeah, we do. One in Normal, Illinois, and one in Champaign, Illinois. Obvious joke there. I just left it alone. (laughs) Yeah, it's too easy for you. It is. I mean, you, you guys have to do some marketing on that or something. If you make a champagne in Champaign, Illinois, can you call it champagne? You can't. It's from the Champaign region. Not allowed. Of Illinois. It's illegal. Oh, damn it. Well, we can spell it like champagne does, not like champagne. Oh, that's a good point. There's no E on the end of Champagne, Illinois. (laughs) You guys should totally do that. Right. Oh, that's free marketing advice. Good idea, guys. I'm going to write that down. That's free marketing advice from uh, Champagne. We give away all our best ideas. Yeah, because we're too lazy to do them. (laughs) Right. Uh, When did you guys open? Uh, in normal, we opened in November. It was November 23rd of 2007. And then uh, we opened in, in uh, Champaign in April. Okay. Nice work. 
because uh, that's a pretty short time to be open up a second place. So you must be your beer must be popular out there. Yeah, we're just stupid, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Glutton for punishment. Yeah, we are. Um, it was actually always part of the plan to really uh, expand into champagne. It's um, just down the road from us, about a little, a little short of an hour. Uh, I went to school there, and just uh, always champagne always meant a lot to me, and it's a great market for us. So, it has a lot of potential for us. But it took us about you know uh, about three years to get open um, down there from when we opened in Normal. Do you have a brewery in each place? Yep. Yep. How many barrels? Brewery in each location. Okay. How big? How many barrels in each one? Uh, they're both ten hectoliters. Okay. Got it. Because that, that's, that's what I'm about, saying about, about 8.6 barrels. Eight and a half barrels. Eight and a half, thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying about the short time is is that, you know, t- sometimes when people do the second location thing, they won't put the brewery there because it can just be kind of expensive to do a brewery in both. So you really went for it. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all in, I guess. I don't want to become the McDonald's of breweries, you know, where we're just popping up breweries and shipping beer, you know, to another location. So right. yeah. Good call. Uh, we wanted each location to be able to stand on its own. Uh, the great thing is, last year we didn't. We did get a law passed though that allows us to share beers between the two brew pubs. So uh, before, if we wanted to uh, transfer like something cool that we brewed in normal and take it down to Champagne, we would have had to have sold that to a distributor and bought it back. But we actually got a law change that now lets us actually transfer directly to ourselves, which beautiful. Logic, you know, more than logical. Yeah, and avoid the distributor cost. Yeah. yeah, just gas money then. <laughs> well, it's funny how many of the laws that make sense don't make any sense to right. the people who make the laws. So it's a good... Did you go and, and actively participate in getting that made into a law? Did you go make the problem, uh, you know, make them aware of the problem? Yeah, I went down to Springfield, uh, Springfield, Illinois, which is our state capital. We went down there, I don't know how many times. Uh, we're sitting there at the table with uh, all the distributors, their lobby, and... Uh, in Bev, so you got Anheuser Busch sitting there, and all those guys, and there's little old us sitting there with our brewer shirt still on from brewing earlier in the day. And, <laughs> right. Um, but we, we, you know, that one was hard for anybody to argue against, really, as far as being able to transfer beers from ourselves to ourselves. Sure. So, um, and we got some other laws changed too, which allows us to actually uh, self-distribute as uh, as craft brewers. Once you actually have a separate facility for craft brewing, it's self-distribute now in Illinois as well. So, do you find when you're when you're doing this law thing, it, do do the representatives, do the lawmakers, just discover that they're just antiquated laws that need to be updated, and that's all you're doing is bringing it to their attention, or do they it, do they feel there's still some need for these for these laws that don't make sense anymore? Well, the the, uh, the people that like the laws the way they are, they'll argue argue that. Uh, whether they're antiquated or not, that they're still necessary. And most of them are antiquated. They're, a lot of them got passed when Prohibition got repealed. And they date back that far. But, you know, they don't really make any sense now in the modern era of craft breweries and whatever. So right. most of them have the opposite effect of, um, of I guess, encouraging competition and um, allowing small breweries to really grow. So we're, you know, little by little, we're trying to get the, the laws to make more sense to uh, the craft breweries and not just the big guys. Oh, thank God. Thank God you're not lazy like me out there actually making it happen. <laughs> you know what should happen is this. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just going to sit at home. That's about where I got to by the end of I think that's about where we all got to by the end of last year. Really? <laughs> it just got tiresome, I bet. It's very tiresome. We, we really lack the power or the money to really fight the big guys, 
but um, in the end, we ended up getting a little something, probably not as much as we wanted, but yeah. Um, anyway, you know. And it's probably got, frustrating, too. I mean, you're trying to run a business, um, and here you are out there kind of spending money and time to get this law passed so that you can run the business, and uh, there's not enough hours, you know. Pain in the ass. I'd be very frustrated with that kind of stuff, especially because I get angry. I'll, I'll get it. I'll be calm about it while I'm making progress. But the second right. some, the second somebody makes a stupid comment that makes no sense, I just kind of flip my lid. <laughs> you know, they defend some law that doesn't make any sense at all, and I just, I, that's where I lose it. It's very yeah, frustrating. Gotta make everybody winos. Well, the law's yeah. the law, man. Right. If you don't yeah. like it, change it. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You can't. Uh, now, were you a home brewer, uh, Matt, before opening Distill? Yeah, uh, my wife Lynn brought me a. Uh, she bought me a homebrew kit in 1995, and um, I started homebrewing, of course. And within uh, a short period of time, I started homebrewing and having homebrew parties. And um, actually, at the time, I was practicing law for a living. So you can make all the lawyer jokes you want now. Wow. I can take it. Uh, that's too easy at this point. <laughs> yeah. It is way too easy, but um, I'd, I'd join you in that. But uh, <laughs> so, I was, so I was practicing law and starting to homebrew at the same time and started having these homebrew parties and actually enjoyed making people, uh, you know, you'd share your homebrews and you'd see people really get happy, and I enjoyed making people happy so much. And as a lawyer, you'd just piss people off all the time. Right. Do them and whatever else. So I got... I got a lot more pleasure, of course, out of making people happy versus suing people. So now, uh, within uh, really just a couple of years after uh, home brewing, we opened up, a, my wife and I opened up a small brewery in a small farming community, which, you know, wasn't necessarily the smartest thing in the world because it wasn't um, on the way to anywhere and it wasn't a destination. So we kind of violated the first rule of uh, business, which was location, location, location. Yeah. Three rules. Really, in the middle of no, literally nowhere. But luckily for us, uh, one of our biggest fans was the developer of this uh, shopping area that we're in now in Normal, and she uh, approached us about um, moving the brewery. We're actually doing a new brewery concept here in Normal. So uh, we actually moved here and started up from scratch and built a building, and it's worked out really well for us. So. You know what would be a really great... Um reason to get into home brewing and having home brewing parties and friends over if you're a lawyer? No. Is if you're a DUI lawyer. <laughs> I have a feeling that Matt was yeah. a DUI lawyer. He's like hands everybody his card on their way out the door. Right. Good, have a good luck. He's like, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, uh, huh? Well, I did do a few of those, actually. You so. did? <laughs> Don't get caught. Full circle. Right. Yeah. You know? Come on back to the brewery, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> Be sure to drive real fast. Right. Okay, so so you open up the brewery, then you move to a better location and get that fixed up, and it's kind of been uh, going a lot better since then. It sounds like. Oh yeah, um, we uh, once we moved to normal, then I went to Siebel in Chicago uh, right before we broke ground on the first location here in Normal, and I uh, just kind of wanted to raise the bar a few uh, few levels and. It had been a while since I left uh, our first brewery and started uh, distill, so I really wanted to get really, uh, I really wanted to dive back into it. So I went to distill and got their associate's degree in uh, brewing technology, and then we broke ground on distill in April of 2007 and opened in November. So beautiful, nice work. Yeah, thank you, sir. So now you're like 500 to 600 barrels a year. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's um, that's about what we're running in uh, in normal, and probably about the same in Champagne. Oh, okay. So out of each location, got yeah, it. Yeah, currently. 
Beautiful. Yeah. So, what's the beer? I don't really know about your your region um, and and how if it's if it's more rural or or what. What's the what's the beer population like? Are, are a lot of craft beer drinkers. College town. Yeah, both college towns. Yeah, are they okay? Yeah. They are college. Towns. They are both college. You know, I would consider Champaign to be more of a college town. That's where the University of Illinois is, the Fighting Illini. Um, so that's more of a true college town. Um, Bloomington Normal has ISU, which is Illinois State University. Um, we, we of course, see some impact from that as well, being in town quite a bit. Um, but uh, uh, both locations made sense for us, and I don't know, do you have anything to add, Mark? I think for the, this is Mark, for the local community, I think for the most part it's kind of rural compared to the Chicago area, so I think we've got a lot of, uh, you know, the big three drinkers that we have to deal with and try to educate and <laughs> You know, really preach the craft brewing industry. So we've we've got some challenges. We've got some folks that are used to looking for their Miller Lights and Bud Lights, and right. So not the most logical. You know, normal is not the most logical area for a brew pub. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's done very well. Um, it's been a lot of education and getting people kind of you know used to. It. You know, we don't offer any of the. We actually only sell our own beers, so we don't offer any of the major production brewery beers or anything else. So, um, really, in the entire four years that we've been open here, I've probably only heard, uh, like, two or three people complain that we didn't have, you know, Bush or Miller or one of those guys here. I, honestly, I, that's, it really hasn't been that big of a deal for us at all. And, and the biggest sense of empowerment for us is when, uh, I think it was right before we were about to open, one of those big distributors came in and to try to see what they could do for us in terms of Bud or Miller. Or whatever, I think it was Bud. And I said, well, we don't need you. Thank you very much, but, you know, we're going to just make our beer ourselves. And that was such a sense of empowerment, and uh, that's kind of the way we've gone forward since then. So, Well done, sir. Good job. Do you I think Do you think moving to a, an area that, that isn't very craft brew savvy, do you think that has, has maybe impacted you negatively, where you have to, to put more work into educating people instead of having kind of a, already a built-in... Um, craft beer base who who kind of knew what craft beer was to begin with and were open to it, um, or or is the struggle kind of part of the of the journey for you guys? I, you're right on almost everything you said. And with some people, it is um, <laughs> you know it's an education with a lot of people. With other people, they're more than ready for it. Uh, we get a lot of people in both normal and champagne that are transplants from Chicago, you know, because they're you know they're going to school here or whatever. They're used to drinking better beer, uh, so they're like, "Thank God you guys are here." There's other people like, "Why don't you have, um, you know, other beers or whatever?" But I, you know, for the most part, it's um, been very positive. People have been very uh, uh, open to you know all the styles that we're doing. I, I know you guys said earlier how many styles we're doing a year i think we're yeah. probably around like 58 styles of beer yeah per what's, year that we're doing what's the deal with that matt because that's um well it's ambitious is what it is yeah, to do that many styles of beer it's a basically every bjcb category from what i was looking it's amazing yeah t- tell me what your philosophy is there uh well <laughs> i don't know if i have a philosophy crazy well, yeah, just stupid or crazy or, uh, <laughs> or oh it's my philosophy perfect uh, yeah, it's uh, variety. We don't since we don't offer any other beers. We like to mix it up a lot, and we like to keep things really interesting for us as brewers and for our, our guests. 
Um, so we do so many different varieties, and you know, 58 doesn't really even cover what we uh, really do because there's some one-offs that we don't really include on the master list. All the Saint Carrot, all the sour beers, those are usually single barrel one-offs. So you know, that's included as one style in that 58 when they're really uh, there's really those are endless, really, in yeah. terms of how many different ones that we do. That makes sense. Well, it, it's also really good when you have somebody come into your place of business and uh, why don't you have why don't you carry Heineken why don't you carry Stella uh, when you're brewing this many types of beer you have that kind of beer yeah. or, or, oh, that's, that's a good really point that's why we do it we usually try to keep um, 14 to 16 of our own beers on tap at a time so out of those that, that many styles of beer you're going to find something that you like um, and you do lagers uh, yeah, not all the time, but usually we'll have uh, a lager in the mix. Right now we got the Snowblower, which I believe we sent to you guys. we got the Miner's Ruin, which is, of course, a California-style, California common-style of beer. Um, we do a Bella Imperial Pilsner uh, every Oktoberfest. We do our Oktoberfest beer as well and a Vienna lager. That's pretty much our lager lineup. Yeah, we're drinking your, uh, It's is it a winter Bach? Is that Snowblower. Snowblower. It's, it's, it's Snowblower. Snowblower winter Bach, yeah. It's your winter Bach. We're drinking that right now. We thought you might start with the uh, either the Dos Vidania or the one of the sours. But oh, yeah. our producer has no idea about sequence of beer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. He did ask me. This one's my fault. He asked me about this one, and uh, I just thought we were going to do the sour beers in the second segment. Uh, so uh, we I, went. Plus, I needed to catch a buzz, so I fucking we went, <laughs> yeah. we went right for the winter box. I, I started with the box. That's what I've got too. right now too is the snowblower. So we're good. All right, perfect. Ah, See that tasty? Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the wrong frequency. Well, yeah, if nothing else, you know, you guys. Well. We don't have that that guy's beer, but we have this, and it's it's a certain style. So you're going to teach them about what they about, want about anyway. It, yeah, yeah. It's a style of beer you like. Here's our style, and it's the same thing. Tell us about the, the about this Winterbach we're drinking. Uh, Snowblower is just a, a good traditional German Bach. Um, there's it's not there's no spices in it or anything. It's just a nice about six point two percent alcohol. Uh, just a nice kind of gentle warming. Uh, beer for the winter time so can you tell us what kind of malts are in it yeah. uh did you get warned that i was going to do that to you <laughs> we want to no, know <laughs> <laughs> probably poor guys i always feel bad when I, I, they're like i don't know i don't have the recipe sheet in front of yeah. me i do what do you want smart what do you want me we do 50 plus beers a year remember what goes in what we probably have some i think some pale chocolate yeah some pale chocolate i think would be a big one in that okay uh, yeah, probably some uh, victory and some chocolate, maybe some basic chocolate malt, uh, some melanoidin actually. Uh, that now that I think about it, that was melanoidin played a big part in this one. Why is that? Why did you choose that malt? Well, with a uh, with a Bach, you're looking for a, melan- a melanoidin reaction anyway with your uh, malts that you're using. Uh, you almost want to burn the, the not burn, but you want to you want to kind of preheat the word as it's going to the kettle and kind of get some melanoidin reaction going. So. Doing a, using a melanoidin malt really kind of help help that along anyway. Okay. What's your turnaround time on a beer? It's a big beer. It's it's lager, and you know you you guys got to turn beer around kind of quick. So it's it's really nice. So uh, I'm just wondering how fast can you turn this thing around? Uh, that, yeah, we do have to turn around. That's why we don't do as many lagers, honestly, as you might ex- expect. Um, right. This one was probably about five weeks, I'd say. Oh, it's really nice for five weeks. Yeah, it's, I think it's aged nicely. Oh, for yeah, sure. What we sent you was really young. I mean, I think it, you know, honestly, could use a little bit more time. But it's um, we just wanted to 
I think we sent, what, three beers to you guys, so we wanted to show a uh, pretty broad range, you know, from the lager to the sour to the Dos Vidania. And um, uh, this one, yeah, it's, it's a little young for, uh, for a lager, but it actually aged um, really well and really quickly. So I think... Well, it, it is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's well made. Yeah. Uh, question for you, Matt and Mark. So you obviously do a lot of different beer styles throughout the year. Between the two breweries that you have, how many yeast strains do you have in-house at any given time? Uh, uh, probably not enough. We usually about <laughs> one, uh, three. I'd we say. usually rotate around two or three. We've got our Hefeweizen yeast that we always use, and then we've got a, a good American ale strain. And then sometimes if we've got the loggers going on, we've got the logger strains. So. Yeah, we'll bring some some strains in just seasonally. Uh, but our workhorses would be a you know just a nice clean American ale strain, and and the uh, the Hefeweizen strain is kind of a bitch actually because <laughs> we can only really get like a, um, a couple batches out of it, and then we really need to uh, either prop it up as new or get or order it from the. The lab, so. Yeah, it kind of mutates quickly and doesn't always behave uh, if you want to use it again. over a lot of generations, right? Yeah, it does not hold up. Um, well, what does it start to do? What is your sign of when you have to throw it away? What's the flavor? It tastes like crap. <laughs> <laughs> like just too much crap. clove? Too no, much. We don't I get mean, enough banana or clove out of it. Oh, not our, enough. Okay. We, we brew it like true German style. Uh, in normal, we've got a decoction vessel. So we actually use German decoction on it, and nice. it's about mm. as true to a, a Hefeweizen beer as you can um, have in the U.S. But a main part of that, of course, is having a, a great, clean, fresh uh, Hefeweizen strain. So that's that's why we can really only do you know use it for like one or two batches, and we're done. So okay. Uh, what, what, just, a, what about your Winterbach uh, yeast? Uh, that's a, a lager that we use about for about three or four generations. So we did it uh, for the miners. You can use that strain to ferment warm and do a California common with it for the, like the miners room, which you don't have with you. But um, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't know that we'd want to try sending out a California common to California <laughs> and compete with Anchor. Yeah, um, that's a good we're call. We're really happy yeah. with it, uh, but you know we just thought that'd be. A little bit. We thought we'd send you some snowblower from the uh, cold region of the U.S. instead of the California Common. Do you know what the? Do either of you know what maybe an equivalent uh, yeast that we could buy at, at White Labs or something would be that you used in this winter box? Uh, like probably like Y yeast. Um, uh, what uh, Bohemian Lager I think would probably work really well with that one. Okay, nice. And then just I I promised. I promised myself this year that I would I would go back to some of the basics in brewing, which we haven't done in this show because we covered them in the early years. But I just want to go back to the melanoidin profile of this beer. And, you know, this is a question I could ask the homebrewers in the room, too, like Tasty. Um, you know, you mentioned adding melanoidin, but also that you could kind of preheat the wort as you're going into the kettle. And so, Tasty, help me out here. One thing that I do when I'm homebrewing, you know, I'm, I'm mashing out. I got the liquid going into my kettle. And after it's covered about four to five inches, I'll turn the flame on. But sure. real low, just to, like, heat it as yeah. it's coming up. Get a jump on the boil. But just to get a jump on the boil. But but one thing that, that Matt mentioned is that you almost even want to get it hot with a beer like this so that you can get some, some melanoidin yeah, get going. Some caramelization. So, so what would I do? Would I try to bring it to a boil early? No, yeah, just stop the runoff. Take the first runnings, get, you know, just maybe... A gallon or two, and just let let it come to a boil. 
Okay. Well, it's concentrated. Heat the shit yeah. out of it. Heat the shit. Uh, yeah. But let it come to a boil, and All then right. I can go ahead and, and continue, continue again. The, the runoff. Okay. And that'll give us some of the. And what are some of the flavor characteristics of a, of a melanoidin that we're looking for? Just really good fresh bread, like a deep toastiness, not necessarily caramel sweetness, or not like burnt. Good, exactly, not like a roasty or chocolatey quality, but has those kind of complex flavors. So of, you still have to be careful. You don't want to burn it. Like what Matt says, no, no, you no. you want to get you know bring it up to heat. You still have to be careful that you're not going to burn this. Exactly. Right. It's, it's kind of caramel plus. Okay. Uh, you, you can get the, that fresh caramel flavor, which is kind of sweet and not really what you want to have. But uh, you can get this kind of extra flavor that you can by heating the mash or heating the boil early on when it's concentrated. Okay. The All food right. science guys talk about it as like a non-enzymatic browning, and that usually comes from heat and pressure. Okay. Like both. So, And then, Matt, you actually add the melanoid malt, which kind of has some of these flavors built in, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, you do that, and you still try to get some melanoid reaction as well, like you, just, you guys just described. But uh, with the melanoid malt, you're going to get a head start on that. Okay. And, of course, the molsters providing that. They, they yeah. take care of that at the moment. Exactly. Got it. And we can buy that at, oh, our, at our home. Yeah, environment has really good quality, melanoid malt, among a few others, I'm sure. And, and, and no, more beer carries that exactly. Exactly, beer, more so. beer carries that one. Is that something that you have to use in extreme moderation? Is it one of these very powerful malts, like a smoked malt? you got to be real careful. Yeah. Yeah. You do. So we're talking like not more than a couple of percentage points here. A two, three would be right, about right. It, 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 okay. it, it's one way of getting that flavor, but if you overdo it, it's... It's not the same thing as trying to get it in your uh, your your process. But when you're trying to heat the mash, I see. or trying to heat heat uh, early boil kind of thing. Okay, all right. Well, I like this beer, guys. You've done well. Yes, very well. Really tasty. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Mark, who we heard there a little bit, just because I'm not sure I introduced him in the, in the beginning, but Mark's um, uh, Mark Tilly. He's the assistant brewer in the cellarman there, and you, and you started there last year, Mark. I started in uh, June of 2010, so just almost two years. Oh, okay, got it. And and so, Mark, you're the one who ca- you're the one who came and got me from the from JBF, right, from the Brewers Pavilion. I did. I kind of stalked you down, and I was like, you know what, <laughs> while we're out here. Is to- Listen, Mark, you were awesome for that. I appreciate it because so I'm in there, and and there's just always a panel going on. There's always something, and Mark comes yeah. up early, and and he's very, and I can tell. The difference between the guys who are just super nice and want to share their beer and the guy who's like, no, you have to try my beer at all costs. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave you alone until you do. And Mark was the first. Mark was just cool. And he said, we got sour beer. I know you like sour beer. And I'd like you to come try it if you feel like it. And I said, man, I, I feel like it right now, but I'm working. I just got to do this thing. I, I, I leave. But Mark didn't let me forget about it. I'm an idiot. And I forget about this stuff all the time. Mark finally gets me over there. God, it might have been even Saturday, like the end of it, I think. Um, gets me yeah. over there. Brings me behind the booth, just very nice, and lets me um, uh, I taste their sour beers. And I think, how many how many sour beers did you guys bring there? Four or five? We had six, six while we were out six. in Wow. And I nice. go, and I just, and I just start, I just said, just tell me where to start, man. And for me, um, I'm a little picky about my sour beers now. I, I'm I'm getting snobbier about these now. things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before it was just the, I want them real sour, just but now, give me something sour. now you actually want like some depth to it? Or well, maybe, I or want both. I still, I'm just picky because I've had a lot of, because people want to have me try their sour beers so much because mm. I, I've just drone on endlessly about them. you got them. that awesome palate um, now? Yeah, not because of that, just because they know I love them. <laughs> right. Um, I, I drink a lot of bad ones, is what I'm getting at. Wow. That's the, the short story is I drink a lot of bad ones. And anyway, your guy's sour beers knocked my socks off. And I think they were knocking everybody's socks off because he had a line uh, going around the booth. It was crazy over Always there. a good sign. 
So tell me, uh, we're going to try some of yours, um, but maybe just to tease a little bit, just before the break, um, tell me about a couple of the sours that were real popular for you at JBF there. Uh, probably the most popular, I would say, was the Frambois, don't, don't you think? I'd say the Frambois, and then people were really digging the uh, sour barley wines just because it was such a unique beer that people hadn't really discovered or heard about, and I don't know if anybody else has been doing it, so... Yeah, that one got a lot of reviews, but the Frambois was definitely probably the biggest hit. And had you was this kind of your first run of sour beers, or you've been doing this for a little we've while? Been, we've been doing it. It's our first time at GABF, though. Okay, um, all right. But so, I had yeah, the impression we, from you guys when I asked you about it that you, um, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm just trying to get to how they got so good so quickly. I my impression from you guys was that you haven't spent a lot of time or research on the sour beer. You just you kind of went for it, and they turned out good. Not that there wasn't any skill involved, but it just didn't sound like you had like you'd been doing it for. I didn't. It didn't sound like you've been doing it for ten years, and this is the product of that. Um, well, the, like the Frambois that we referenced was uh, that was our very first sour, actually, that we put into a barrel in May of two thousand eight, and we uh, we released it really for the GABF and a couple of other fests around that same time. Okay. Um, but so we, you, you we have been working with them. Well, since then, and uh, we've. It, it's new to GABF, but we've actually medaled for our sour beers uh, for three years in a row at Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers in Chicago. So we've been doing it for a while, but as far as you know, getting any kind of national exposure or recognition, GABF was certainly our first uh, crack at that, and it went obviously really well. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk to about their sour beers in just a few minutes, but... Uh, now, now i got to do this before the break, too, because we just cracked open the... Imperial Stout. Das yeah. Vidania. Yes. Oh, yes. Nice one. That's a very rich beer there. That um, is a great beer. What, what's the ABV on this thing? Uh, about 13%. Yeah, you guys will be the same after the break. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt knows how the rest of the interview is going to go. Now. Wait, wait. What was the question? <laughs> so do you like wieners or what? <laughs> this is Matt Tilly and Mark Potts, and they distill for a living. <laughs> right. You guys got to drink a half a pint to get even with us. Yeah. yeah. Now... Tasty, your your comment is a, is an excellent comment that it is a very rich beer. Yes, which I think makes it acceptable that it's a thirteen percent beer because oh, yeah. it, it helps to cut through that richness. Well, that it's not really overly sweet. It's got a nice, well attenuated beer, right. but it's yeah, it's really it, good. It, it's not like it didn't finish. No, it's all down far out. enough. It's yeah. and it, but it's not alcohol on your face. It's a little no, dry, no. roasty, almost it's toasty. Got the, some... booze, the booze is there, but in, in uh, the best it's way just, possible. It's got a warming effect. It's not yeah, it's warming um, at the end. It's not It's not alcoholic. It's just a nice, pleasant burn in the fish. I, I Once know, again, kind of like uh, the previous beer, it has like this interesting melanoidin production. Maybe like, mm-hmm. it seems like a little bit like Munich malt to me. I don't know if you guys use that in the beer, but... Yes, we do, yep. actually. Yeah, um, I've got macadamia nuts just coming, mm. coming through. Cool Hold descriptor me. for yes. the beer. Put those down and drink a beer, dude. I get I get a lot of vanilla <laughs> out back. of it. Just it's kind of like it's very fudgy. It's like a it's like a mocha fudge. You get like sweet, yeah. sweetened espresso um, and a lot of fudgy chocolate. Um, but then there's also really high carbonation, which surprised me. But I like it. It's like. I like it too. Lifting is lifting the little bit of sweetness that's there. But it's it's, it's it's easy drinking because it's it's not just thick and laying on your tongue. All these flavors are there, but it's it's light ish. Where does the vanilla come from? Is that uh, from the barrel, guys, or is there some? Oh yeah, it's yeah. sat in the barrel for about six months, almost seven months before we started playing around with it. So. 
The thing I like about the character Vanilla when it comes from the barrel and not from something else mm-hmm. is that it's it blends in so well and it's not overpowering. It is very mellow. I don't really like the taste of vanilla. Or, or I don't you, like vanilla well, drinks a, or vanilla I, I think, foods. I, well, it's not vanilla proper. It's the characteristic. Right. I think it's the vanilla oak kind of characteristic thing. And, and they, they, they come through together. I mean, what, it's what kind toasted of toasted wood sugar, you know, is giving that flavor. I like that. Mm-hmm. You should name the beer toasted wood sugar. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of barrel was it, guys? I don't know. I think those Vidaniels will stick, though. <laughs> Which I think is, is Spanish for two Vitanias. No, no. I think no, he, he wrote Crime and Punishment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what kind of barrel, guys? Oh, uh, this was a uh, probably a Heaven Hill. Um, wow. Probably a Wild Turkey Barrel. Oh, it's this is awesome. There you go. Um, this got this one got Beer of the Year at Hoptacular up in Chicago this uh, past November. November, I think. Yeah. That's hoptastic. Mm. We're giving it Beer of the Show. It got sure. Beer of the Year here too. Yeah, uh, I'm writing uh, badass in my notes just uh, so I can remember this. Wow. this is amazing. <laughs> Moscow, you might want to write down this for a nominee for the yeah. BNAs. It's pretty good already. But it, you know, what we like about it is that it's got that high alcohol, but it's really so smooth and easy drinking. You really hardly notice that it's that high in alcohol. Mm. So. There's yeah. no no noticeability whatsoever on that one. So tell right. us about the base beer, the uh, malt wise and things like that. How'd you get it so big? Well, we did a double <laughs> mash with it, of course, um, and then we did a small beer off of it, which ended up being a, a nice mild. But um, so when I, you say just, just when you say double mash because of the size of your mash tun, you had to actually run two set two mashes. Exactly. Yeah, okay. it's such a big beer that we we did two mashes. Exactly. Got it. Uh, the base malt is uh, Maris Otter. And then, uh, obviously, a lot of roasted malts and uh, roasted barley, chocolate malts, etc. Um, but, yeah, the base malt would be a Maris Otter in this one. It's good. Wow. Just so you guys know, now that it's been nominated for a Brewing Network uh, Beer of the Year, we're going to need It's not least... nominated yet. It just, we, when, oh, we, when we go back a possible to the nominees, okay. oh, All right. settle down over there. <laughs> I'm just saying I need I need at least maybe a few more bottles just to right. make sure <laughs> right. that it fits the qualifications. <laughs> That's true. I could, we could call it a nominee. <laughs> we'll bring it back in, like, December, because this is, what, Perfect. like, second show of the year, so maybe we'll bring it back in December. Exactly. And, Refresh your memory about this beer. Mark, you have listened to this show for too long. You know how these things work. You're a smart man. Re-releasing a movie before the Oscars. You have to do it. (laughs) Maybe she should just fly it out here personally. Yeah, so issue the DVD just before uh, January. Even in people's minds. Like they do with the Oscars, and it'll put put it right back in our brain. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let me do this, guys. i got to take care of some sponsors, so I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we can talk a little more about this beer. Plus, we want to pour some uh, sour beers, if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's get to it. All right, guys, hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back after these words. Key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to White 
yeastlabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at 7,000 pounds. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and lager for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, superior customer service, and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is, brewers will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer. (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
tuned into this session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. Thanks for sticking with us. We're talking to the guys from Distill Restaurant in Brew Works out in Illinois. It's Matt Potts and Mark Tilly over there. And we're drinking their Russian Imperial Stout right now, which is very nice. About to pour one of the sour beers. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. I really appreciate it. No problem. I did have some... What are we pouring first, Moscow? Uh, The wit, huh? uh, The sour wit. Sour wit. What do you guys think? We We have a sour lambic and a sour wit. What do you think? Do we make the right choice? Yeah, you're good. Okay. I did have some questions come through from the chat that I wanted to try to get through also. One, which I think you might have gone over quickly, but I think even I missed it. I caught the end. Mega Schwiller in the chat room wants to know, what about the name Distill? Because it's D-E-S-T-I-H-L, listeners, is how it's spelled. And uh, where did the name come from? Uh, We made it up. Just made it up. Yeah. Yeah. it's just about that simple, really. We wanted a name that really didn't exist on Google. If you Google Distill in 2007, nothing came up in terms of how you, how we spelled it. Um, obviously, a loose interpretation of distilling, uh, like vodka and gin, whatever, um, which eventually will be a goal of ours as well. Oh, uh, that was my next question. Yeah. Uh, it is part of the plan. So Okay. Um, and there's, there's other... Uh, uh, other reasons that name came up, but uh, really, we just really wanted to uh, make up a word that didn't exist. So, um, I like it. Well, that's you know, we don't have a whole lot of other ex- explanation other than that. Really, hey, you don't need any other things. <laughs> no, that's it's fine. Good. Yeah. Uh, and then another, I, you mentioned a, a, a beer called uh, Miner's Ruin. Yeah. Uh, and Spider Wrangler in the chat room wants to know: Is it Miner's Ruin spelt like she's underage, or Miner's Ruin spelt like she's a gold miner? A gold miner. Okay, perfect. Sure. She's a gold miner. <laughs> gold miner. I know. Ooh, ooh. Just checking. Our listeners are very curious. Fair enough question. <laughs> it is a fair question because yeah. because I'm going to actually put out a beer called Miner's Ruin, and it's a, oh, it's about underage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, our listeners need any... I like that, but thank you very much. We might need <laughs> yeah. to rethink the name, but no, I think we're good. No. Well, at least the label. You could change the label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Any other questions about this Russian Imperial Stout? Doc, over here at the break, was really gushing about it because he's been uh, a big fan of Russian Imperial Stouts for the last uh, several months. He's kind of gone, really gravitated to that style. Oh, so much so. And uh, this is probably one of the best ones I've had this year. Nice. And I've tried everything that I can get my hands on. And you've nominated, when we were doing our Beer of the Year for the BNAs just uh, last week, last, last week already? Yeah. Uh, you had nominated Stone's Russian Imperial Stout right. that you really liked. So yeah, uh, uh, you're in good company, guys. So it, this one ha- this one's very complex. It had a lot of everything going on in it. Uh, I, hats off to the, the way you did the barrel. It, Thank it you. Just awesome. Well done. Do you, Thank now, you very so much. do you do you take the base beer and and put it into different bale, barrels? Kind of like you mentioned earlier, you can take one beer and make a few different beers out of it. Uh, we could, although this one I think went in the same brand of barrel for our, uh, for each of the barrels, so there wasn't really any. Um, I don't think there was anything different going on barrel wise with this, other than the Heaven Hill barrel. Okay. Right. So I think it's in this mark. There's. Uh, I believe it's in four different barrels sitting over in Champagne, and I think they're all the, the, from the same place, but obviously each barrel's going to have 
its own characteristics that it brings out. So um, the one that we've sent to you guys, I think, is from barrel number nine. Okay. Got a, uh, a couple others that we've tasted, and so far this one is the best. But they're all very similar, but just a little bit different characteristics there. All right, and now I've just tried your sour wit. And, Nicole, I want you to give me, did you try your sour wit yet? Did you try your sour wit yet? Is that what this is? <laughs> Should be, yeah. Try it while I'm yapping for a second. First of all, the aroma is just what I'm looking for in a sour beer. Yes. You can tell already that it's got a good acidity to it. It Just yep. in the aroma, I'm always looking for that. I want that. You know, Some people who like sour beers, they don't like that part of it. I do like a strong acidity. You, don't like, you know how you wouldn't like that part of it. That's what a sour beer is to us. It's, I, and it's, I agree. It's very farmhouse complex in the in the aroma too. It's not some sour beers are very just kind of one dimensional. Yeah. in the nose. So it's, I'm already attracted to it just from yeah, that. Yeah, it's got some barnyard, but it's really light. I like it always in the background. I'm amazed right. how clear it is uh, for all the the like you said the barnyard. It is very and, clear. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. everything else we smell in it. Usually those are associated with it being. Kind of, kind of cloudy. Even the last pour out of the bottle was clear. Yeah. Nicole, what are, what's our what's, master Cicerone what's the, style? Uh, what's the ABV on this beer? It seems high for a uh, wit beer. Hell, I don't know. Oh, they all, well, it's a, uh, uh, maybe. I'd say almost six. Uh, six, six. Six and, and a half, half maybe, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting some some esters of higher alcohols in there, which yeah. is adding a lot to the complexity. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it tends to highlight the sour character. Okay. So... Now, it does have something that I typically don't like if it's not a sour beer, and that's the, the wit characteristic, to be honest with you. I'm not a big wheat beer fan. Right. Even though I know that sour beers have a large component of, of wheat in, in the mash. You wouldn't but call it a wheat I, beer. I would. Well, because they don't taste the same as, like, a wit. You know, having a wit beer, um, in other words, this has a wit beer characteristics, as mm-hmm. you'd expect with it being a sour wit. And, uh, but I like it with the sour. So it's got a, the like the coriander thing, like those kind of notes that you might expect in a wit. They're super mild in this, and I don't know it's, if if you guys used coriander and things yeah, like that. I did. You did. Yeah. I don't. Um, but did, you know, this beer is uh, went into the barrel in October of two thousand nine. So you, you, obviously, there's a lot of changes that are going to take place in that beer over you know two years in inside a barrel, which. We've also, what we've discovered, too, with sitting in the barrel for longer is the clarity that you get out of it, which you already noted earlier as well. Yeah. Well, we're, we're drinking it actually kind of cold, too. So I'm trying to warm it up and see. La, la. It has a really interesting quality that's almost like a, a fresh leatheriness in the aroma combined with, like, the bit of acetic that's there with the lactic sourness. It's this complexity I've never really experienced in a sour beer before. It's really... It's really interesting to me. I'm still kind of dissecting it. I think that's a signature of this beer that maybe you guys have in this that's like no other. That's uh, what you what you've hit, hit on there is the um, the signature I think that we've got here in Downstate Illinois. Who would have thought? I guess really that Downstate Illinois would have you know almost Belgian style quality a farm air, but. We do have farms all around us. We're surrounded by farmland, and we've got really good quality bugs in the air, and it's really done wonders for us, I think. Um, so is this uh, spontaneously fermented? Every, all the sours that we do are spontaneously huh. fermented. They're wow. all wow. single barrels. We don't blend. So every beer that you have that you're drinking right now and every other beer that you'll have from us, 
hopefully going forward, um, will be single barrel aged, spontaneously fermented. So no two beers will be alike. Are so, there are there I hope orchards? You guys aren't offended by that. I am but, offended. Uh, you jerks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm more. I'm more curious. It tastes exactly the same. No, we. we uh, I, I love the fact that our beers are. You, you know, each barrel is has its own character. It's uh, always going to be a one of a kind beer. Um, Hang on, though. I, I really have to call you on this because some brewers will say it's spontaneously fermented, but they kind of mean that after they've added their own or, or something like that, sort of partially. So I just want to know, is there any yeast added by you at any point in the process to this beer? Well, we, uh, the essential process for us, we'll do a primary fermentation of the fermenter like you would with a nor- uh, an ordinary beer. Okay. And uh, the secondary fermentation and aging is all spontaneous. So we'll throw it into a sour barrel after primary fermentation is done. So we'll do a primary fer- fermentation with uh, Saccharomyces, of course. And after that, though, it's uh, we, we let nature go to work. Got it. Okay. Do, do most brewers, they add yeast to the barrel part also? <laughs> I don't know if but most is a good way. You know, you can buy cultures that are, uh, you know, have all the bugs already in them, et right. cetera. But um, we, we let our barrels go naturally sour. And, and everybody does it different. And and I also wouldn't say that one makes a better beer than the other either because no. I've had some incredible beers that are produced from those cultures that you can get at White Labs and things like that. Um, I just find it different. I, I find it very different. Yeah. I also find that not everybody's region um, who does it spontaneously produces nice flavors. Right. And in this case, yeah. it does produce really nice well, flavors. Um, I, I warmed my sample up, and uh, the diacetyl went away. Uh, the Acetobacter went away. There was a little of that, yeah. Yeah, and it was really cold. It, it gets, and now I'm getting pears, and plums, and apples that I didn't get before. And a lot of the other things kind of went away. This thing is so complex. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a little jealous that you just say, oh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, we just do this naturally. Spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, what kind of barrel did you use for this beer? What kind of barrel? Yeah. Uh, well, this barrel's probably got a lot of history to it. It would have been a Heaven Hill barrel that went to Goose Island, I would imagine, and then uh, we get them spent. Uh, this is probably a spent barrel from Goose Island that we got in. So this was originally a bourbon barrel, you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, wow. but it was a spent barrel. So yeah. we don't care how ugly they look or how used or used. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by the time we get them, we just want them to be good for our purposes. And that's like that's how I select my staff around here. Uh, right, used and abused. I don't care how Crust used they're around, around the edges. I thought it was you up here. And when they don't give you any more of what you want, you chuck them out. I get throw them, them out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when they're spent. <laughs> well, you, I know we're flavor neutral by the time you get us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're opinion neutral too. Uh, I notice you guys are warming it up with your hands in the glass. Um, I prefer to warm it up naturally. He stuck his I'm head. more of a natural warmer. Just let it sit. Yeah, I don't. I don't force it to to, to, to rise. Um, I just want to point that out. Right. That I'm right. better than you guys. That's fine. Yeah, and that, that makes re- it better. And you'll, so you'll reuse your sour barrels a few times yeah. for for sour beers. Yes. And in fact, that's probably how you get a lot of good bugs in there is by reusing them. Yeah. Once you know, once the barrel's established and we've got our bugs in there, we can just keep reusing that barrel. So, question for us is, since we're a little bit. Younger of a brewery is, you know, how long we'll be able to keep those same barrels, um, how, you know, or how long it'll take before we have to rotate them out. Okay. So do you give well, those barrels a cleaning regimen between beers, like of a hot water rinse or steam or something like that, or you, you leave them as is? You just have to get into proprietary information, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting listening to Cantillon. Yes. <laughs> right. 
Well, you guys listen to our show, probably. You got some secrets from us, too, right? Probably. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, come see, come saw. Good point. So, really, do you have a cleaning technique that you feel is proprietary? Um, we're probably not doing anything different than anybody else with their barrels. I would imagine so. The main thing is, for us, is you really treat the barrel as a cool ship, so you really you, you got to leave them open to the air and let uh, the natural bugs in the air get into the barrel. Uh, however, you know, any particular brewery wants to do that is up, up to them. But, um, you know, that's the key for us is really letting that barrel get well exposed to our farm air that we have in downstate Illinois and then and then putting the beer in on top of that. Okay. I got a, cu- a couple questions from the chat kind of on the same topic here with the barrels. Um, one of our chatters asked, do you believe in topping off your sour uh, barrels? So... I guess after sickness and prolonged aging, and it kind of evaporates and soaks in the barrel, do you then put on some fresh? Um, well, what you left out in that is the angel share. That's, angel uh, share, thank you. From uh, yeah. our my other my head brewer Fred uh, taking samples and oh, he, <laughs> he's your gym. angel. <laughs> uh, he's, he's our angel. <laughs> yeah, Fred the angel. <laughs> you're listening, Fred. Yeah. You're the angel. Yeah. <laughs> New movie by Disney, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Morgan Freeman. Fred the Angel. Uh, anyways, yeah, we do. Uh, we have topped off a couple, not all of them, but we have had to top off a few before for the uh, Angel Share Factor. I don't know exactly what the Angel has been thus far, but we've got a few uh, su- suspicions here and there. <laughs> okay. So you say you leave the barrel open to get the uh, the natural. Uh... When it's empty, yeah, we'll leave the barrel. Open. Oh, when it's empty. Okay. So once you fill it, then you just close yeah, the bottom. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll just bung it. I see. So you clean it in whatever fashion and then leave it open until you fill it. Uh, that's pretty much correct, yes. Okay. No, you, you just do cereal fill. As soon as it's empty, you fill it again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't want to let them sit dry for too long because, you know, because right. the barrel will start to leak and whatever else. So you can't let them sit dry for too long. You just need to leave them open, uh, open to the atmosphere long enough to let our... Um, our natural air get into the into the barrel, let them go sour. So it takes a little planning. Uh, you got to have you're going to empty this, have something to fill Mark it with. Talks into the barrels, puts his mouth up to it, and then talk, sweet talks them until <laughs> they're so horny they can't take it anymore. <laughs> right. Wait, yeah, that was that works on my bugs too. Yeah. That was Fred the Angel that does that. Is that what you said? <laughs> I don't know what Fred does with them, but. Uh, <laughs> a lot of love going on probably he's got his own bugs yeah he's his own way <laughs> i think we just got another nomination because Once again proprietary <laughs> he can never leave now <laughs> i'm pretty sure that fred the angel is the best new character so far of 2012 yeah <laughs> got it he's a poltergeist <laughs> i don't know what that is it's a go have you guys ever uh, considered like taking one of the barrels that gives you the best result and like chopping it up and use the the uh, uh, chips from that to uh, inoculate just other barrels. So like sperm. Yes. <laughs> sort of like sperm. You know how sperm make more sperm? They take sperm and put it on other sperm. Try that. Suddenly got very sexual, but I don't... Uh... The way you say it's so dirty. Hang on, I just want to go back before the break. Matt told us that when we come back from the break, we yeah. won't be the same. Because after the... <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. He, he, co- he called it. Uh, anyway, that's a good question, Tasty. Uh, Speaking of sperm, AdamandEve.com. Mark, you were going to say something about that. It, it's, it's an excellent question. We haven't done that yet. I mean, th- thus far, it's it's all been about spontaneous fermentation for us. 
question for us is when we go uh, hopefully into production uh, and hopefully this year is how long we can let spontaneous fermentation go versus having to kind of jump start things a little bit uh, through either that method or whatever other method and or just keep a lot of some of the previous batch and inoculate with that yeah right I mean you could just kind of dump in some new beer on top of some old beer yeah, don't and, quite you know, that's, that's, that's an easy solution for us it's still not really blending it's just kind of giving things a head start sure. all the same bugs in the end it's just getting things going a little faster but yeah, yeah thus far it's really all been spontaneous fermentation for us right. and uh, we don't blend so we don't take two barrels and blend them together so it's uh that that I like to stick true to as much as possible. We might, you know, as we grow, even have to do a couple that you know that we start have to start blending just for people's expectations to be to be met for a couple of our biggest seller or yeah, big biggest selling sour beers. But you know, we I'd at least like to have a line of of our Saint Decara beers that were um, single barrel aged and uh, all spontaneous without any blending whatsoever. And we haven't done any blending yet, so I'm just that's going to be a big thing for us, you know, as we grow is whether we end up having to, you know, blend and, and uh, you know, not use spontaneous fermentation. But thus far, that's what St. Decary is for us, is all spontaneous and, and non-blended. It's a good point you make, that, it, and I'm glad you're realistic about it, that at some point you may have to adjust and, and do blending, even though you don't now. You know? but yeah, I mean, they're, again, they're, uh, I think no matter what, we'll have... Uh, you know, a line within that uh, within that Saint Decara Reserve that's uh, non-blended and and all spontaneous. And whether you know we we have to have something within that line that's you know ha- that has to be a little bit more consistent. You know, we'll have to make that call. But um, I'm hoping that we can stay true to. To me, if you're doing sour beers, the biggest thing for me really is that spontaneous fermentation is something almost magical and to to start losing that and making it so scientific or losing that uh, character of what's so special about uh, our line of you know the still line of saint decara beers is that they're all just natural so um so i just want to be really careful as we grow you know about getting too scientific about it okay love it you guys have so many uh beers on tap or in in your brew pub do you guys have signature blends that the customers have come up with maybe your uh your blonde with your your stout things That's like good. that yeah that happens anybody, anybody come in and want to pour your your stout and your kolsch you know i really don't think we have that going on whatsoever so, I, don't, I, I wouldn't allow it at my bar i see people do it I've shot two people. I, I think they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare put my IPA into my Kolsch. I will shoot you in the face. Well, I would think, you know, they come up with the Justin, something that tastes really crappy when you blend it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, this doesn't so, happen. I ran across it, I think, just once, and it was at a, a beer festival up in Chicago this summer where we had our sour strawberry raspberry and some guys were blending that in their glass with uh, our strawberry blonde and they were uh, it was kind of funny as the afternoon went on they were getting drunker and drunker and they kept coming back and with different proportions so three quarters strawberry blonde and a quarter of the the sour and come back and change it up a little bit so that was kind of comical but that's the only time that I can think of that somebody's tried to blend any of our house flavors in our beers, but and every time they came up with a new uh, mix, their skirts got shorter and shorter. <laughs> it was, those dudes were weird. You know what really topped this off is an umbrella. 
<laughs> yeah, but you've got so many on tap and, and so many unique flavors. That yeah, yeah. It's just crying out for that. Now, I, just before we move on to the next beer, because we just opened your next sour, I wanted to ask you about the base beer of the wit, because I wouldn't have done it, but I like that you did it. And so is it just a, is it a pretty standard wit beer that you soured? It was a uh, yeah standard wit, but honestly, that took probably longer than most of the sour beers that we do because, um, like I said, that, that went into the barrel in uh, October of what did I say two thousand nine nine? Yeah, two, I think two thousand nine. So that one took about a year longer than what uh, a lot of the sours have uh, have taken. But we've had some that have. Uh, the the Lambic that you're going to try next is approaching four years old, actually in May. Uh, so we've had some that have been aging for at least, uh, you know, we're getting close to four years, and then the, that uh, sour wit that you've tried is um, a little bit more than two years old. So that one, uh, you know, by and large, a lot of the beers have been done within about a year, year and a half. The sour wit took a little bit longer. I don't know if that, you know, I don't know exactly why that was. For the After year one, it actually tasted like bologna. <laughs> bologna. Sounds Which we could have released it as a sour bologna beer, but we didn't think it was, you know, do very well. You know, on the marketing market. factor was a little difficult. For that. You can you can get a really interesting smoked phenol in some of these beers as part of their flavor production over time. I've tasted that in some of the homebrewed sours I do. It's and sometimes that goes away. It's pretty amazing. You guys probably noticed that that it changes over time, yeah, right? Really, with the sour beer, you'll go you'll go through a sick phase, and the sick phase for the wit was a very long sick phase. Pretty gross. Yeah, um, yeah, where it tasted <laughs> like meat. Then it becomes something magical after that. That's why we wanted to send it to you guys, because it was like a beer that you know could have easily been thrown down the drain you know, a year ago or two years ago, whatever. And uh, you know, just a little patience and, and, and staying true to what we're doing, you know, that beer finally turned the corner and became what it is. So. It's like rescuing a pit bull, isn't it, Justin? It's you know, a lot like that. Yeah. Right? You have it's to have like patience. these dogs are useless oh. and nobody wants them, and I could kill it. <laughs> or hold it and off it on somebody. It's like that, yeah. except not exactly like. Except that. not exactly like that. No. Yeah. Except oh, no. in a very in a much, much more, better in a much more positive yeah, way. It's much it's better like than that. that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing like you got at least three people tasting this barrel at a certain point, and who decides and how do you decide when it's good and or, it's go or, time? or oh no it's baloney <laughs> and uh, we're, we're gonna too late. Much who says throw it out? Who says like let's let it age some more? And who says it's ready to throw on the tap? Uh, well, Fred, Mark, and I, um, we do try them all. You know, as we're, usually there's some reason to try them. Either we're going to send them to a competition or just, you know, put them on tap or whatever. So we'll try them. And it's just, um, it's kind of by consensus. But, you know, in the end, I guess. Um, you have yeah, the I guess that's, Yeah, I have the final say. <laughs> okay, good. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was first. You know, I think Fred and I both thought that the, uh, that the wit tasted like bologna. I know Fred's wife, Heather, I think after uh, that first year, thought it tasted like bologna as well. So she cut that spot on, and uh, I did not disagree with that assessment at all. So <laughs> after, uh, But after another year, it's a completely different beer. So um, it just took, again, it took a while for this one to go through that sick phase. Uh, so, But it, I guess to answer your question, in the end, they all kind of have to come through me in some fashion or another and um uh but you know we all kind of work together to make them what they are so so you and do- uh you know fred's not here with us tonight but uh in the spirit of fred you know he's very involved with the barrel program and uh, i gotta give a lot of credit to that guy for what he does and and making the barrels what they are so 
You know, and Fred's right. wife, too. Yeah. And his wife, yeah. Fred the angel and his wife that puts up with him. Fred Maybe the she's drinking the angel shit. No, she's the angel. <laughs> Every wife is an angel. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wanted to say something about this Lambic. Now, now we've tried this Lambic. And the first thing that I want to say is, and knowing that you don't blend, and and a, and a few years ago I, would, I, I wouldn't have known anything about this, but I think it's ballsy to do an un- I think it's ballsy to do an unblended lambic. Ballsy. Ballsy. Yeah. To do a straight unblended lambic, and I'll tell you what I've had a straight unblended lambic from some of the best lambic breweries in the world, and it can be a difficult beer to taste and to enjoy. It can have a lot of issues, which is why so many lambics are blended. You take the one and the three year, and you put them together. And and those are the lambics that people really have come to know and love. The the unblended lambic is a more of a I don't know if connoisseur is the right word, but it's more of a of a picky sour guy's beer. It's almost a one dimensional beer, yeah. but not a one dimensional beer. It's got everything out front. It but it also it can yeah, it can be a little shallow. Uh this beer like you. This beer exactly. <laughs> this is a but this is a nice Unblended lambic. Now, I'm not a fan. Uh, I would rather a blended lambic. I'd rather you take your three year and your one year and put them together for me and let me see what I could do there. But, but I do like this beer. It has a really firm. How old did you say this one is? Uh, this one's approaching four years old. Four years. It's got a super firm sourness. So just on its own. It's, yeah. And, and now by by fir- I, the reason I say firm is because it's not the same as like outrageous puckering acidic. It's not like that. Oh, no. That, no. It's no, just no. firmly rooted into the beer, and it's, it's nice. Solid. Yeah. It's solid. See, and and I I, I kind of uh, agree with you normally on uh, on on the blending, but I I kind of like the unblended. That this is the beer that it happened, and it's almost like a. Um, not a collector's edition, really, but it's it's this is the beer in this moment in time, this batch, that this is what we got at the same time. It's yeah. a one-off. We're, yeah, exactly. We're not going to try to make it um, any you know any different than it is. This is the experiment. This is this this is the the beer. And if you you had it at this time, you were lucky to to try it here. And, and uh, yeah, I get you know, that. It, it's 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 it makes it, I think a little more special. With, That's without, why I say it's more the yeah. connoisseur's version of a, of a lamb because because you, you can be into those things. But, but it does. But, think, but a single but an unblended lambic does lack some complexity. And in the case of this one, I think there's also a little bit of oxidation coming into it. Four years old here. I don't know if you can say that this lacks complexity. I did. Though. I think it's well, but I don't know if you were allowed to. Oh, yeah, you broke the rules because <laughs> I think this is super complex. Okay, there's a lot going on. Well, th- okay, this but is that's a, maybe my palate. This is a beer know. geeks beer, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, if you want to learn about lambics, <laughs> <laughs> right? If you want to learn about lambics, this is a beer geeks beer. That, well, that's exactly it. it. It's it, a learning it, tool, also. It, 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 it has everything, and it's not covered. It's right there, um, but. We're we're not the guys that have to sell it. Well, but yeah. I, I know, but I'm the one drinking it right now. It so still I just has. wanted to talk about the. It still has a little bit of that smokiness that was probably a lot like baloney mm-hmm. a year or two ago. Um, but still but has that's a, pleasant. That's exactly. a nice yeah. complexity. Kind of has an interesting complexity well, I'm to li- it. I'm licking beef. That's pleasant. But if <laughs> yeah, you are, and kind of the idea I think that you're talking about, Justin, <laughs> if you blended that with a couple of other beers, maybe younger or older, it would add to that complexity. Or would take it away from it, depending mm-hmm. on if the if the person drinking it liked that or not, or if yeah. the brewer that was blending it liked that or not. Yep. And one of the questions that I'm really curious about to these folks is, when you talk about not blending a beer, or beer like this, you're doing that intentionally because you don't want to introduce other flavors? Or what's your philosophy behind not blending a, a sour beer or making a goose style? 
a style of beer like this. I just want the barrel to stand on its own, you know, yeah. for what it was. After, and not have any other influences from other barrels. After four years, I want to taste what a four-year-old beer tastes like without a one-year beer blended into it. I want to see what a four-year four-year-old beer tastes like. Yeah, but you could do that, and then and then when you put the bottle out or whatever else, then you can blend it. You get to taste it. <laughs> That's where you keep, you keep some for your own. No. period, and you don't let any of us try it ever again. Well, and, and as I'm saying it, I, I don't mean to say that I wouldn't like to order this beer at your bar, because I would. Yeah. I really would like to order this. Right. I'm the beer nerd that wants to taste this beer, so I certainly don't mean to say I don't want to try the unblended version either. So for the market I'm just of- talking about the philosophy about blending the lambic uh, uh, oh. beer and how it's more of a, of a rare and kind of challenging thing to have a straight, unblended lambic. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the same problem or dilemma that we're going to face as well when we go into production we can't have every beer be four years old yeah you know? yeah yeah so that will be tough not gonna be physically possible no think. just the ones you give me plus if you have a four-year-old lambic that you don't exactly like how it how it's turning out you know are you, are you gonna dump that four-year-old beer or yeah, you're are, gonna blend it. are you gonna build on its best properties right. by blending it with some other beers that are gonna draw out those right. positive flavors and minimize you know maybe there's a little diastole or maybe there's something like that going on too. Right. that's what we would do yeah yeah, but in this case, I would not have blend. I- I'm not saying you should have blended this. I would have left it alone too. It didn't need blending. I just wanted well, to talk right about now, the. You know, we're a brew pub and uh, or brew pubs, and we don't need to blend. We just want each beer to stand on its own merits, and this yeah. is what it is. You know, after four years. So. Well, I think I think we're we're also talking about what happens to unblended lambics. Um, they go to heaven. Well, the guys that were making these 400 <laughs> years ago, it's a Disney movie. Um, <laughs> They weren't selling or whatever, and they would blend them, and they would sell. Yeah. And so that's what we're seeing, and that became the norm of blending the old with the new, and everybody liked that. Well, it's kind of cool on a brew pub level, too. It's like the single hop experience that some brew pub guys do. It's like, here's a a straight, four-year-aged sour beer, not blended with anything else. It's not like Girardin Goose. It's not like Classic Goose from Cantillon. It's a four-year-old sour beer, and that's it. Right. It's kind of like having a straight Cascade beer. Pale ale, and that's it. It's kind of cool. It gives you that as a beer geek. Gives you that level of of understanding. But that's where there, this right? conversation came from for me because basically I went to Cantillon and had all their all their beers in a bottle and was just a fanatic about all their complexity and their sourness and everything. And then Jean gave me an unblended lambic out of the barrel, and I was utterly disappointed. You spit it in his face. Uh, there was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't a broken beer. It wasn't. Uh, but it. But I was disappointed in the lack of complexity. Some he, of the parts. And he basically said, "Of course you are, because I haven't. <laughs> because I haven't blended it for you yet. I haven't given you the beer that you're used to out of my bottle and the things that you like. Um, but I also, I did gain an appreciation for the beer. I understood the changes that the that the beer can go through." Which it sounds like what Matt really enjoys about presenting a beer like this is that we get to, he gets to, and we get to understand a, a beer like this because of it. I didn't understand it until I tried one. By any means, this is not something you keep from the public. No. Uh, I, is it still available th- to, your, to your public? Yep. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah. We currently have the uh, Sour Wit on right now. You do? You have yep. it on tap? Yep, it's on tap. Uh, you guys, do, you, do you sell bottles out of the pubs? Not yet. Uh, we're going to work on that this year, though. So okay. Take a growler home. Can people take growlers of your sour beers home? Like to California? Yeah, yeah. they take them to Chicago. Wow. 
I have not been into a brew pub in so long where they will pour you a growler of sour beer. Why not? It's, it's hard to make and it's expensive. And it's four years, you know. Yeah, you know, Matt and Mark are kind of my heroes that way. You know, I've I've gone in and tried to convince them, and it was like a li- long conversation, a couple extra bucks, and that kind of thing. It's not done normally at all. Oh, and no. so many times they have one keg. Oh, uh, not yeah. Not going to deny anybody a chance to get a growler of our beer if they want it bad enough. They'll get it. Mark, you're a badass. <laughs> awesome. That's what I'm talking about. We'll price it accordingly. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. you got to. Here's $200 growler. growler. I'm flying out to Champaign-Urbana right now. Me and I paid 60 bucks for a growler of... Uh, compunction. A compunction, which was the yeah. uh, Pua would, and Apricot sour beer from Russian River. It was well worth it. Totally I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. But there are places they go, look, because you're just kind of setting um, a precedent. You know, you, like, we just can't do it because if we sold everybody a growler of this beer, it's going to be gone tomorrow. Well, and that's how the conversation started. But it was like, okay, we won't tell anyone except around the brewing network four years from now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. you had to pull some serious um, industry strings for that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got your laid? I can't talk about that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Four years from now, he can well, answer that. You had to that. pay. You didn't pull enough <laughs> All right. I think I have a couple more questions from the chat for you guys, too. Um, how about a time range for, for what you leave your, your uh, beer in the barrels? Um, has Was this beer sitting in the barrel for four years, or, or just, did it go to a tank? Uh, this one has been in the barrel. The, uh, the Lambic has been in the barrel since May of 2008. Okay, wow. So it just stayed in the barrel that time. Yeah, yeah the uh, wit has been in the barrel since October of 2009. Okay, so there's no real kind of a, of a range, per se. You just get in there and taste it. About a year it. minimum. Uh, year minimum. Used, okay. um, from what we've seen. Gotcha. Uh, and then on up from there, depending on how complex or whatever else we're doing with it. So, yeah, anywhere from a year to three and a half, I guess almost now four years. So. Okay. Uh, here's a homebrew question that you guys are welcome to answer too. Uh, Juice in our chat room basically says, um, when brewing sours at home, would you leave the beer on the yeast to, uh, uh, autolyze, um, for nutrients or would you take it off after a couple of months? And I wonder if he's just asking about primary because a lot of times what people do, right, is you do that primary fermentation like they do over there uh, at Distill. And then you take it off of that yeast, and then you leave it on the bugs until you're, it's done. When you move to the barrel, you're taking it off the yeast, right? Yeah. So, if right. The... so I get, I'll attempt to answer that. Go ahead. Uh, from a homebrewer's perspective, and I'm still homebrewing, uh, if I was to do a sour beer like we're doing here, I would take it off of the primary. So get it off that yeast, inoculate it with uh, the good bugs and secondary, and just let that sucker sit. Let it sit for six months. Forget about it, you know. Let it sit there in the basement, age, do its thing. And then after six months, maybe check it. Probably let it sit for a year, and then just you know. We don't, we don't mind getting there. We don't mind getting a little bit of yeast over with the secondary just to uh, keep it from getting oxidized. Okay, that's a good point. Um, but not very much, you know, because of the autolization concern. Got it. Um, okay, and then Aaron from Western New York wants to know, for all of us who can't get your beers, what's the strangest sour that you have going now? Uh, well, probably one of the most unique, I think, was a sour barley wine. I, I would say, you know, those sour, like, really strong beers like that aren't things that you really ever see out on the marketplace. So when we were out in, at GABF, I think one of the 
most unique beers there was the sour barley wine. It was it was the most unique beer. It was also the best. It's probably the best beer I had that week. That and especially because, in fact, I think that's part of how you got me over there, Mark. You said we have a sour barley wine. And that was it. <laughs> Who's ever had that? And That's he, amazing. Yeah. He was like a hot chick because he came up and he said, we we have a sour barley wine. And then he turned and he walked away. And he didn't <laughs> wait for me to respond to him. He just watched his nice little ass walk away. A little tease. And you followed me. Yeah, and I just I, I followed like it was tail. I just oh, oh, I couldn't help. We have a six foot three Filipino hot chick. Come and see it. That's right. That, it was the equivalent of saying that. Or a sour barley wine. <laughs> yeah. So... You're you're right about that, Matt. That sour barley wine was impressive. Partly because you think, come on, fuck that. That's not going to be very good. You can't do that. Liked about it, yeah. yeah, it was so weird and off the off kilter that we were like, let's do it. But it was fantastic. I'm telling you, you wouldn't think that beer could support uh, sourness, but it can. It was good. Hmm. Nate's looking at me. Funny I am. Right I want to try this though. No, I'm inspired to do this. Well, I'm like, I think it's a really yeah, cool idea. I never would have thought of it because you just don't think of those two things blending well. And it must now. Now look at barley wines can be so different, right? So, so there must be something True about enough. the base beer that you guys did. But it went, it went perfectly. Tell us about the base beer and why you decided that was the one to sour. Big American barley wine. It, it, really, we didn't make the barley wine any differently. I don't think it just said you know brewed it as a standard of American. We kind of do an American uh, English hybrid kind of barley wine that uses kind of aspects of both. But really, the barley wine base beer itself wasn't really that much different. We just decided to sour uh, a barrel of it. So, was so this it, this was Triton barley wine. Is that correct? Uh, the Triton, yeah, yeah. Is that a, is it so? When you say American barley wine, a lot of times now an American barley wine can almost be just like a super hoppy triple IPA. Sometimes, like a really sweet triple IPA. Was it a very hoppy barley wine? Well, it's, it's got more hops in it, but it's I wouldn't call it like a triple. I call it malt based to it, so I don't think that it would okay. fall into a, a triple IPA or anything like that. Do you do you know the IBUs on the beer by chance? Uh, Seventy four. 74 IBUs. Oh, 74. So that's all right. So what, did those IBUs carry over into the sour beer? Well, you know, that's the other thing about sour beers. You know, you got to watch the IBUs yeah. on them, which is the other complexity about, or I guess the big question why we even did the, the barley wine. Right, right. Yeah. Usually you wouldn't really, you know, hops are natural preservatives, so a lot of those beers don't lend themselves well to doing sours, but... Um, this beer had enough other, you know, alcohol and uh, a load of uh, uh, yeah. residual sugars, mm-hmm. et cetera, going on that it still worked, even with a higher IBU. Well, even at like seventy-four IBUs, that's not like hundred and twenty IBUs. Oh, and it was like ABV was about eleven and a half on it. It works for me. And you're also using uh, English hop varieties for aroma and flavor in that as well, correct? That kind of yeah, hopefully sort lends, of mitigates the uh, lends to some uh, thing. exactly yeah. lends to some sour complexity where maybe citrus hops would maybe yeah. would clash if it was aggressively I, I dry hop. One hundred percent, yes. Okay, I'm telling you guys, this beer was badass. Oh, wow. I want to do this. It was a really. I good want some of that. I'm sorry, yeah. I missed we'll it. That sounds amazing. Again, so. You won't be. Yes, we will. You will be. Okay, <laughs> I, well. it's good news, not yes, bad. We'll be doing that again. It's like retiring after the championship. We won't be doing that again. <laughs> We're done. Retired champion. Retired champion. Sour belt. Sour barley wine. Did you enter that? No more. Did you enter that beer into the GABF? Oh yeah, but you know yeah. the comments were like, "Well, this beer is too big for a sour," and we're like, "Ah, oh, screw it." Yeah, yeah. It's, you had to expect that, though. I guess. Expe- uh, what's the category? Is, you Did- know, it's we're 
in the end, we were obviously it would have been great to get a medal, but in the end, we were just as excited about the uh, reception that we got from him. I mean, that yeah. kind of sounds like the losers. Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> sour grapes, speech, sour beers. We were happy. You know, we had Peter Bocart and Kim Jordan and. Uh, Vinny was over behind her booth and Fitty? drinking her sours. We were happy by the you know by the end of the um, yeah. fest. So um, it's just a lot of our sours are they really push the limits a little bit on, as far as when you read the TABF style category descriptions. Yeah, it was very hard to classify a lot of our beers directly <laughs> into any one of those categories. It's like well, it can kind of fall into a Belgian sour or the American sour barrel age sours. The, it's, it's just they're all over the place. So it's, there's really not a good pigeonhole for our sours, and I don't know the success that we'll really have like with getting medals per se, although we've done well with uh, Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers. But it's right. the good thing for us with that with that festival, the, the categories by definition at, at, uh, FO, uh, at FOBAB, they're a lot more open and uh, loosely defined, whereas with GABF it's uh, very... Uh, you got to really find that good pigeonhole, and our beers are just kind of all over the place. I mean, there's really no, when you read the descriptions, there's no good place to put a sour barley wine, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And in judging, Except in your face. Not yet. Yeah. And in judging's like that, it's the, a lot of times we're just looking to eliminate beer, so they use the stock guideline as a way to do that, and completely ignore a beer that really tastes great. Yeah. Which I think is probably uh, your beer. The key for us is trying to find a, a way to get our beers in there that are in some kind of a catch-all category or uh, we don't know what the fuck we are category or isn't there an experimental category at jbf there is but yeah. that's all over the place you know it, doesn't, yeah. it covers anything and it could be sours could be whatever else that's almost too broad for us I'd like to find something with, like experimental sour category or something like that i see oh yeah. that's a good point that would be a nice category i'd love to see that kind well, of a category <laughs> in in not just commercial but homebrew competitions well, there, also there should be at least now you know yeah. at least three experimental categories and, and kind of define them a little bit yeah there should be an experimental Experimental asshole category for guys like me. At least. There should be an experimental sour uh, for guys like uh, Distill. Experimental oops. <laughs> Sounds like the AVN Awards. Right. Now, for best <laughs> experimental asshole, <laughs> yeah. Jada Brown. Oh, my God, I won. Thank yeah. you. Oh, my God. I want to thank uh, Captain Steel. <laughs> <laughs> was so nice with me and smooth and taught me I everything know I know. I really won. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> very nice, yes. very nice. All right, here's a broad question uh, from the chat room. How uh, do you take broad? two women? We take, we take questions from women. Is there a greatest challenge <laughs> in brewing sour beers? Like, what's the what's the toughest part for you guys? Hmm. Working with Matt, probably not dumping them. They just working with me. <laughs> <laughs> working with Mark, yeah. Well, I'm the I'm angel. <laughs> the angel. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the club, friend. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we've really met the, the challenge. I think the challenge will be really the next step for us um, is doing it on a larger scale and getting them bottled. Our big goal for this year is doing a production brewery. Right now we just have the two brew pubs. Um, this year our big goal is to get a production brewery going where we can start bottling the St. Cara beers and whatever else we're going to do or canning or whatever else. And So I think as far as sours are concerned is finding that way that we can um, get enough volume produced that you know still tastes like a Saint Decara. So right. I guess that's going to be our big challenge. I don't know that we met that challenge yet. So yeah, well, well maybe just to have the patience as well to let them sit 
you know, and let them do their due diligence and, and age and... You sound like an attorney. Just get... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and you. I'm supposed to be the attorney. Right. And not market it so quickly that, you know, we lose our own character and we're really, at that point, if we're just pushing them out to meet demand, are we really meeting our characteristics and what we want the beer to taste yeah, like? So it's a great question, but we haven't, we really haven't answered that for ourselves yet. I, I think it's going to yeah. come in the next year or two. Well, and Mark, for for the homebrewer side, actually, if if we want to talk about the greatest challenge, I think your your point is excellent, and that is is patience and just waiting it out because you do taste it all the way through, and you go, oh man, there's no way that's ever going to be good. Oh yeah, uh, and I mean, the truth it, is, it, it could so be easy to you know three months into letting one sit, take a little pull off of it, and say, oh wow, this tastes like shit, and I want to yeah. I want to do it right now, and it, you just got to sit back and relax and. Say, all right, I'm going to let it sit for another three months, and I'll try it again. And it, it's very hard to do, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sours are, you know, really a truly living beer, and you got to really let them do their thing. So it's almost good that we brew so many styles because we can we can put the sours in the barrels and kind of forget about them, and then you know, six months later we can go, oh yeah, shit, we haven't tried that for for months. Let's let's try that, and you know, see where it's at. Oh, that's a good point, up. too. Mm. You guys are like a homebrewer's brewery. You don't have to sit around waiting for, for your sours, what they're going to taste like, because you've got like 30 styles that you're brewing in the next week. Exactly. We've got so, so much going on that we kind of just can forget about them, so to speak, and just kind of keep keep up with our, our current demand and rotating out other beers, and then the sours are just gems. We yeah. try to get one sour on, on there all the time. Um, Thank you for that. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, the... So that's a little bit of a challenge for us to keep up with the one sour all on all the time. So we want to add about at least eight to twelve more barrels here in the next few weeks to what we've got right now. We've got about twenty barrels in normal and about another thirty barrels in champagne. Okay. So what's your closest thing to Bud Light? <laughs> really? Normal blonde. There you go. Uh, you know you got one. Nobody likes a normal blonde. I'll tell you that well, right the, now. The and when you're is, in normal, you can have a beer called normal blonde. Oh, yeah. Extra significance, right? You're going to have two guys going to drag the third friend into your brew pub. Who that just third, wants that, his... that third guy, that's all he drinks. Yeah. Go, no, dude, these are awesome beers. You got to do this. I only drink Bud Light. <laughs> and, uh, normal you know, blonde. All right. And, well, I, well. and I bet you do a good normal blonde. These are good voices, Doc has. And, no, dude. But, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, I hate those guys. I just hate those guys. Uh, right. I, just, uh, I don't want to go there. Right, they Tasty, don't have Bud Light. Tasty, last question. What do you have? Thank you. Uh, I, wouldn't show, I wouldn't show up with that guy. But I would bring guys who want like, other beers. So you mentioned you had you know, sour beer on tap, and you mentioned the blonde. Uh, with your 16 faucets, what would I find there? How many? Uh, what range of hoppy beers would I find? And what range of... Uh, Dark beers and what uh, range of beers that might appear to the there you go. like lighter drinking folks. Yeah, what's on there? Uh, question. Uh, yeah, we really try to fill every really every niche in that sixteen beers that we've got on tap. So we'll have the normal blonde on usually, mm-hmm. uh, nice uh, red ale or amber ale. Uh, if you have, these are flagships. Let me know. Those are the ones I'm interested in. Yeah, the Weisenheimer Hefeweizen is flagship, really almost always on. The kitchen requires that a lot, so we really have to always have that. It runs the kitchen. Okay, good. We use a lot of, um, 
really a gastro uh, brew pub is what we refer to ourselves as. Oh, the kitchen uses a lot of our beer and the food. and uh, Good, good, good. That advice becomes a base in a lot of our recipes, actually. So that one we have to keep on almost all the time. Right. And again, like I mentioned before, that's a decoction-style um, beer, really brewed in the German tradition, so that's pretty unique. So we can pull out a lot of banana and clove in that one. Right. Uh, we already mentioned the normal blonde. We do a redbird ale here in normal. We do a roadblock uh, red red ale in champagne. Uh, so those are kind of your amber, you know, your standard amber ales. Uh, as far as stouts, we almost always have Black Angel on tap. Um, that's a nice, big, hoppy American style um, stout. Uh, once in a while, we'll rotate that out with uh, our Angus, which is O E N. G U S Angus Stout. It's an our Irish style stout. Um, we just do that usually in the spring, but usually it's the Black Angel. Uh, our IPAs we kind of rotate between the Downstate Pale Ale, which is our nice, really drinkable session pale ale. Uh, we do a, a IPA. It's called Baldock IPA, which is named after the uh, Baldock beer disaster of I don't know what the freak year that was, eighteen or seventeen, whatever it was. Uh, I love the, Baldock. The story How, there was the big vat of beer uh, crashed down and yep. killed, killed, a killed a lot of people. The village and the only survivor was a dog. <laughs> and so oh, we named our beer after that. A bad porter night. Give a rat's ass, but the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's the, we got the IPA, we got a double treble, uh, double pale ale, we got the operation overload, double IPA. That's really our like our our our, our uh, mid coast. We've got you know you've got you've got your west coast IPAs that are all just like pop forward, in your face, pop forward, yeah. uh, in your face. <laughs> Screw that noise. Right, our our mid coast. You know, we got the east coast, the west coast IPAs. We got the mid coast. Uh, we don't have a coast. Uh, uh, operation is kind of a really well balanced IPA. It's got a little bit more caramel malt in it to balance a lot of the hops. So that's our operation overload. Got Deadhead Double Red Ale, which is usually on tap at our brew pubs. Uh, that's a, a double red ale, uh, one of our more popular um, beers as well. Um, let's see what else. Well, you know, that's kind of the. All right, you got a lot of like beer. If I rolled in, I could get a beer I like. It sounds like a lot of different styles. Yeah. I like that. It sounds like you keep everybody happy. Yeah, we yeah. usually try to have at least one fruit beer on at each brew pub as well. We'll usually either do like the strawberry blonde or a raspberry wheat on. Uh, I won't hold that against you, but that's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to please a little bit. <laughs> the winner of two gold medals in fruit beer. Right, I was just going to say. <laughs> hey, right. I yeah. knew I was worrying myself up. All right, I got one last question that's important from the chat. Um, do you guys have any other locations planned? It sounded like you're working on a production brewery. Production brewery, and of course, there's another brew pub in the. You know, we're always planning. You know, what's next? I don't know where that's going to be yet. So there'll be another brew pub. I don't know where yet. Pachego. Um, probably be within driving distance from where we are now, since it's only store number three. Okay. So that'd be on tap hopefully this year sometime, and then the production brewery is our number one goal for this year. Well, listen, you guys are ambitious, and I like it. And uh, it sounds like you're ambitious not only with with growing the company and spreading it out, but definitely with your beers. Uh, And it comes through. All of your beers we had tonight were really excellent. Thanks so much for sending them to us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, no sweat. Mark, I'm glad you went and found me over there, brother. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm telling you guys. That's that's sour barley wine. You're missing. You missed out. Oh, I, I want to try that. Missed out. Uh, first in we'll uh, October, we'll be back out at GABF again. So we'll, uh, we're talking about maybe doing uh, 
all sours, so we could potentially have ten sour beers out there for GABF. We, we oh, bring nothing oh, oh. but sours to GABF. Wow, you I'm, guys are awesome! Amazing. Make sure to bring GABF, a keg yeah. of each uh, just for our booth, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, the next time I'm in Illinois, which I'm sure will be soon or something. I don't oh, know. you sure will. Oh, right. Because <laughs> the weather's great right now. Right. Yeah, yeah I bet. What is the weather? Is it, Are you guys like six foot of snow, or what happens in Illinois? Branches, nothing big. Not know. that big. We've got our first uh, real snow for the year, actually. So it's uh, been snow on the ground and nice and... Nice and balmy, uh, maybe 30 degrees today. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, we got down to about 65 here. Yeah, I almost had to put on a jacket, a light a light windbreaker today. Uh, or no, that cardigan. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, guys, then we right. will see you at GABF next time. Mark, yes. Matt, thanks so much for your much. time. And, uh, again, thanks for bringing me to the booth because I, I'm really glad to learn about you guys. Excellent beer. No problem. Thank, Thank you. you very much. All right, kids, we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, yeah. guys. There you go, folks. The boys from Distill Restaurant and Brew Works. It's uh, Matt Potts and Mark Tilly. Yeah, no, they deserve a round of applause. Yeah, they're doing great work. Oh, just ballsy cool guys, that man. many beers. Oh. Sour barley wine. I like how. And then you know, right right after that, he goes, "Well, you know, we kind of pushed the envelope." Yeah, <laughs> yeah you think with a sour barley wine. But you know, That's you know, ripping what it, it up too. and throwing it off a cliff. Yeah, but not not just trying it, right? Because mm, we can do that. Well, but, sure. I mean, you can do anything. But nailing things. it. Yeah. Right. I well, mean, right. they nailed this beer, which I thought for sure, you, it, it was like a it was like a train wreck. Like, you had to go watch it. You had to go see it. Yeah. You had to go see the dead body. Yeah. <laughs> but you were sure it was going to look like a dead body. Right. Right. It wasn't. The, dead, the dead body. The beer was great. The beer was really oh, yeah. good. We were yeah. doing the variability of spontaneous. It yeah. was worth yeah. the I mean, two-day trip <laughs> yeah. to go see the dead body. A lot of breweries try those. Well, let's throw it off the cliff and see what happens. Well, guess what? It crashes. Well, you, never, you, do, you never taste it. And we do, too, as homebrewers. Yeah. No, we, exactly. I, we I do, do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no. Well, and you have to. You have we're to. We're more apt to add bugs. I mean, intentionally make it away the, the natural. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, obviously, yeah. in Champagne Urbana, they have the right bugs. That's true. You do have to be a good a good brewer of the base beer, too, in, in order to you know it's not a beer's not going to get better as it sours, or because it's soured. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. going to make it a better base oh, beer. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't start with a bad idea and right. hope, hope it's oh. going to be a good idea. That'd be a good side by side. That American barley wine, just straight. And then and then the sour version definitely kind of see what disappears, what stays, what yep. gets heightened. Wow, yeah. it was hey, goodness. You on that? All right, here's what oh, we're yeah. gonna do. Uh, <laughs> we got a little surprise for you today. We're not going away. We're gonna take a break right now. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Tasty's uh, favorite current topic, and he's been uh, a lot of talking about this with professional brewers and some research on it. We're gonna talk about hop isomerization in the whirlpool. Uh, or, or maybe set a bit easier for us. We'll just, we'll define all this stuff when we come back. But, but how hops react in the whirlpool and what they, how they affect the beer. Because, uh, through the Can You Brew It episodes we've been doing, um, Tasty has kind of noticed a, a difference between the homebrew style and the professional style where the, where the, the whirlpool tends to last a little bit longer and, uh, how that affects the beer and how we calculate our recipes and things like that. So we've got more homebrew info, uh, for you coming up right now. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we got a little press play segment from Moscow we're going to do right here. And we'll be back in a few minutes to talk about hops in the whirlpool. We'll be right back after these. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Yeah! 
Serving home brewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of the Brewing Network's Press Play. Late last week we talked to Jen Talley, who made a monster production jump by leaving her gig at Squatters Pubs in Utah to head to the Pacific Northwest to brew for Red Hook in Washington. In the same vein, but the opposite direction, I sat down this week with Jeff Chief O'Neill. You'll remember him as the super creative head brewer of New York's Ithaca Brewing Company. Late last year, though, he made a surprise move to the up-and-coming Peekskill Brewery, and they're about to move into some killer new digs right on the Hudson River, and they're rightfully stoked. I talked to Jeff a bit about the building, about his beers, and about their future. The Peekskill Brewery is what it's called, and they are... Just celebrated their third anniversary, open as a brew pub there in Westchester County. And they become good friends of mine as good customers of the Ithaca Beer Company, actually. Really did well by us there. They they have a little uh, brew system in the place now. It's a like a three-and-a-half-barrel brew house and three seven-barrel fermenters. So their capacity is pretty limited, and they're about 50% house-brewed beers and 50% guest taps. But the owner, Keith, who, as I say, has become a friend, um, called me for some advice on how to build out a new facility, a new uh, space that they were going to acquire. And I uh, was down in the area and swung by and looked at the building with them. And it's just a remarkable sight. I mean, they're in a great spot right now next to the train station. 
Metro North train is about a 45 or 50 minute ride from Grand Central right to their front door. But they're moving a block into this huge, about a hundred year old stone building that's directly facing the river. And it's just got so much potential to be really a sort of mecca for uh, beer tourism, if you will. Nice. What was there before? Well, uh, you know, it was like an army surplus warehouse, I think, when it was built. There's still some, you know, painting on some of the walls, like military wardrobes here, you know, dressers over there. Like, I think they, they used it for surplus there because the bay in the Hudson River there was really deep and there was a shipping center. The first floor has 16-foot ceilings. Wow. So we're going to put the bulk of the brewing equipment there and then have a dining room in the second story that is sort of opened up. We're going to blow out part of the ceiling so there's some continuity between the brewery, bar, and restaurant. Then further on down the road, we'll turn the third floor into like a loungy area. Hopefully the fourth floor can become a catering-type setup. And the roof looks over the Hudson River, just stunning views, and that'll be a rooftop beer garden. So compare their current system and, you know, what they're going to upgrade to to your gig at Ithaca. Well, basically, the you know, Ithaca's at 13,000 barrels, so I downshifted by a factor of 30 times or something. It's an interesting juxtaposition from Jen, who went from 1,200 barrels to 170,000 barrels, sure. which is extreme, too, and you sort of went in the other direction. So, of course, I'm wondering what, you know, what your, what your reasoning was. Well, I think, um, you know, I had a great run at Ithaca, a lot of success, a lot of critical success, some great awards. But it was also a long time that I was there, nine years, and sometimes it's just the right time for a change. There's a disconnect for me sending beer out a thousand miles away and hoping that people are going to take care of it and not being out there to support it as much as I'd like and talk about it as much as I'd like to keep people sort of on the same page as the intention of the beer. And this is a great opportunity to really be extremely local, to talk to people over the bar about the beer. And also uh, the plan is kind of to be a sort of a hybrid brewery where we're about, you know, we're going to top out at maybe 2,500 barrels of capacity in this space, and we want to do about 50% in-house and about 50% out to the very immediate market. So, you know, maybe 1,000 or 1,200 barrels of draft out in draft only out to the Westchester and New York City market, which has just become an unbelievable market for beer. And then the other right in-house, right under my control from raw materials into right to the faucets. I love that. You're a man of the people and a man of your beer. And a man who likes to be in total control. Control free, great. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I wouldn't have had this opportunity without having success before, and I'm not trying to downplay anything that that Ithaca or or other regional or would-be regional breweries are doing because there's obviously a place for it. For me, I want to have the opportunity to do some totally unique stuff and in a regional brewery, that's a lot more difficult to do, uh, a lot more difficult to justify when your MO is to be making two or three or four core brands, and then maybe you get to play a little bit. Um, this is a great opportunity for me to spread my wings and do all kinds of whatever comes to mind I can just sort of do. 
did you ever consider at Ithaca before you left other options to maintain more control, like pasteurization or something? Did you ever look into other options to not have to worry about, you know, it being a thousand miles away in a warm warehouse? Uh, you know, I don't know that I was so, like, worried about it being in a warm warehouse so much as it losing its sort of, like, really personal identity. I mean, as you grow, there's just some sort of um, maybe and compromise is the wrong word, but you sort of have, in order to grow, you have to appeal to a very broad spectrum, especially as you're getting out of, you know, Ithaca's business model is probably 60% is sold in grocery and package and liquor stores. And the kind of beers that I enjoy drinking every day really are truly best as draft beers. And the kind of beers that I really like to focus the creative energies on are probably really best as tiny little bottle releases. And that was sort of at odds with the model. And it's not like there's a big danger of sending out beer that hasn't been pasteurized or something, because most wholesalers are pretty well on top of it, and most retailers also are. It was just a sort of a loss of the personal connection for me. You know, I had sort of started quietly looking around for some something of a change, and uh, a couple things, you know, almost happened and didn't, and I'm glad they didn't because this is really just an ideal fit. I remember some of your more experimental uh, Ithaca beers. I remember your SFIPA really well. Um, your Excelsior Sours, I remember being yep. fantastic. So you did get to do a fair amount of experimenting there, m- more than a lot of brewers, right? So is it just a matter of you really just want carte blanche, and are you being given that? Yes, I, I absolutely have carte blanche. But I don't. <laughs> I certainly don't want any of this to sound like it was like a a bitchy situation where I wasn't getting what I wanted and was and needed something different. Like um, it really was like just something that had run its course. And it's actually a great chance to sort of reimagine a different brand. And I think if there's something that I'm well known for at Ithaca was sort of taking a small brand and making something of it. And that in, in and of itself is very gratifying. And I think I have a similar opportunity to do that again. So you feel like mission accomplished, kind of? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not putting on a flight suit and strutting around on a aircraft carrier and saying mission accomplished, but <laughs> right. my resume may. <laughs> so how stoked was Peekskill to, to get you, to land you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been great, and I've had a great relationship with the, the Berardis. It's a family-owned operation, husband and wife and sister of the husband, uh, Keith and Kara and Morgan. And they just, they really kill it with the food. I mean, their chef is really remarkable, loves to cook what I like to eat, which is a lot of, um, well, a lot of meat, quite frankly. <laughs> and he does a lot of in-house uh, butchering, charcuterie, stuff like that. But they, frankly, they've been sort of searching for the beer since they opened, and they've been through a couple of different brewers. And uh, I think they're excited to have something that looks like it's going to be stable for some time. And you asked, I sort of got sidetracked from your question before about the sizing of the equipment. Like I made this jump down from 12, 13,000 barrels to 300, which yeah. is the capacity right now. Um, but we're, we're putting in a whole new, like the, in the new building, and I'm just putting the final touches on the plans for it with the drawings and whatnot. We're putting in an entire new, and everything will be brand new, a uh, brand new brew house, fermenters, 
and that'll be a 15 barrel setup with a couple of 30 barrel fermenters and a couple of 15s. So it'll get back up into the range where, for symmetry's sake, where Ithaca was when, when I came on board there. And then we'll just see where it goes. I mean, we'll be limited what we can do on, on that site. But the way, you know, the way the market looks right now, we're cautiously optimistic that it could become, um, sort of at least a player in the, in the New York beer market. You know, if you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be able to make a great living and have total creative control as a pub brewer, I would have not believed you. And, uh, right. Here we are, and that's a reality for a lot of us. So thank goodness for that. Cool. Well, let me ask real quick about the current beer, because you said they've sort of been looking for, you know, what their trademark's going to be. So what does their lineup look like now, and what are some of your basic plans for what you're going to do? So sort of their um, their approach has been to sort of make a few beers that they can't necessarily buy as guest drafts. So the, the house beers are, you know, slight twists on sort of classic stuff, like they have a cream ale. Uh, amber lager that's called Hop Common, which is actually a really quite a nice beer. It's a hoppy steam style beer, and I did. I just said steam, but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, been a really good beer when I you know I've tried it through the years. I sort of tweaked it a couple. We've brewed it a couple of times now since I've been there, and that's one that I expect we'll continue to make along with the cream. Um, they've had like a old ale called Old Wagon. And they've played around with a couple of different pale ales and IPAs and stuff, but I think they just didn't quite have the focus on on the beer that they needed to have in order to develop a kind of an, a brand identity. So when we go to market in five or six months here, we're going to lead with two draft offerings, and one will be a really assertive American IPA, and the other will be a draft sour, which uh, is hard to find in our market, hard to find in most markets, actually. And it's uh, some recipes and processes that I'm tinkering with right now. So part of the uh, part of the conversation when when I was there with Keith, you know, looking at the building, I was like, you could just do so many. This is before we even really started talking about me working there. Just the space for a pub is remarkably large, and each floor is like 32 or 3400 square feet. Wow! And it also includes the roof. And at first, you know, it's right, literally right on the bank of the Hudson River. So there's State Park around. It's not a really super urban center there. It's, it's a little bit more, not rural, but you would hardly know you're 35 miles from New York City when you're there. I started playing around with planting a seed in his head, like, you should really try to do some spontaneous fermentation here because I bet there's, if you went up on the roof with something open, you'd catch... You know, you, you catch a certain amount of ubiquitous fermenters. And as we started to negotiate a little bit, I made that a point of I had to have the cool ship. And what I sort of, in thinking about it a lot, I think we'll have a unique process built in that nobody else is doing. I think I'm going to use the cool ship for every beer in lieu of or in tandem with uh, whirlpooling. Commercial breweries use a whirlpool vessel in order to separate solids from liquids. Basically, mm-hmm. every step of brewing is separating solids from liquid. And the whirlpool generally is a circular design with centrifugal force drives the solids to the center of the bottom. And I started playing around with this cool ship and how I wanted to draw, and I was like, okay, this thing is going to be 10 inches deep, 
if I just pump every wort into this, aren't the solids just going to settle out on the floor of it anyway? So we're putting a dam, a dam in there to block anything from coming back in, but I'm expecting that we will pump every wort from the kettle up to the third floor, which is now where the whirlpool is going to be placed, sort of in a corner where it will be the focal point of the uh, lounge area that I mentioned earlier. It'll oh. be sort of, it'll have its own room, but it'll be enclosed in glass. And uh, I think this will actually be a really cool place to visit because of because of these little touches that we're that we're really going to focus on. Um, we're going to pump it up there and probably with hoppy beers do that whirlpool style hopping, which is after the boil is over as your temperature is coming down, but I'll be able to do it at a lower temperature than most people can without having gone through a heat exchanger. So once we get down to 170, 160 in the whirlpool, uh, we will add hops at that point and we'll definitely get a different character out of them. So I think we'll be able to do some stuff that is really unique to our facility and should create some sort of house signature Beyond just hopping in this thing, I, I intend to ferment uh, beers that are traditionally top fermenting beers, like a Hefeweizen or even some English-style beers, where we can just cast out up into there, get the fermentation going, uh, saisons perhaps, total uh, top cropping yeast, maybe knock out on a Friday, get it going for a couple of days, then drop it down into the cellar later on once it's really ripping, and I think we'll get we should be able to get that classic fermentation character that some of those styles really need for authenticity. And like I say, it'll be sort of sequestered off from the rest of the place so we can keep it very clean. And it also functions as our hot liquor back every day. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make hot hot liquor in the kettle, pump it up into the cool ship at near boiling temperature, take the rest of the kettle water to mash in, and then sparge by gravity from down from the cool ship. So it really will be intimately involved in every single brew. So it's sort of our point of difference, if you will. I can't think of a draft sour that I see regularly. And not like we're going to be making a massive quantity. I think if if we're at a 1,000 barrels, maybe 100 or 150 would be this product. So it's something like 10 brews a year. And I think the point is that it's something you can't get anywhere. Like, I, I don't want it to explode. I want it to be a niche product that inspires people to come visit us and see what we're doing there and see the stuff that's less, I don't want to say mainstream, but the stuff that we're not sending out to the market. You know, if they're making this and sending it out, geez, what's he doing that they're only selling in-house? And we'll be doing a lot of barrel aging in the very rustic cellar that's there. Chef will be curing meats sort of right alongside where we are doing barrel aging. And it'll be just a really unique place to visit. And that's sort of the MO is to um, make Peekskill, if not Westchester County, a real beer destination. Because you probably, I know you guys see it in the Bay Area, beer tourism. And New York City has really become a place where no brewery, you know, no self-respecting national brand doesn't want to be. And it sounds like it's set up for that. I mean, the building yeah. sounds spectacular. So look, we're right at the train station, and then right up the hill in town 
is another great beer bar uh, that's owned by the same folks that own the Blind Tiger that you may have heard of. It's called the, uh, the Birdsall House, and they're good friends of ours and certainly not competition. But, you know, part of the plan is to really cooperate to motivate people to make, make the day trip up to Peekskill on the train, have lunch at our place, dinner at theirs, vice versa, um, but really have a great all-day experience with the Westchester craft beer scene. And I think I think we are set up pretty nicely to do it, so it's a really exciting time. Well, you've sold me. Just on those <laughs> building specs, I want to get out there and see that place and eat Yeah, meat. when do you think you're going to make it our way? As soon as you do some of that uh, spontaneous fermentation and it's going to be bacon and sour beer, we are there. Sounds good. You know, we'll be brewing over there in June. The brew house is going to arrive in May, and I expect we'll have product from there in July. And then from there, the sky's the limit, I think. That's it for this week. Head to thepeakskillbrewery.com and check them out. And you East Coasters can look forward to some awesome new beers from Chief and his crew. This has been Press Play, and until next time, this is Scott the Juice saying, L'chaim. Eight 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 four zero one beer. This is the session. All right, welcome back to the session. Thanks for sticking with us. Sorry uh, for you live listeners. There was a little uh, mishap in there. Played the wrong segment and then got the right segment. You podcasters won't know the difference. That's why I had to switch it up to the right one. My apologies. Gave us a good break. We and should, uh, I'm a little distracted. My fault. I just hit the wrong fucking thing like an idiot. We should get a really, uh, a, like a, I don't know, what do you call it, a producer, I guess, for that shit. No, it's my fault. He has no control over those things. No, I know. I'm retarded. Shit. Sorry, retards. I'm retarded. <laughs> it's more offensive to retards, I think, if I say that I'm one of you. I'm retarded also. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's crossing the line. Pissed off I it's did that. Though. Sorry about line. that. But uh, you archive people, Whoa. you won't even know the difference. I'll get the right one edited in there. All right, more importantly, it's time to move on to our next segment. And, um, you know, we did some mini segments last year, and we just we are trying to get back to, to some of the homebrew action that we can. And uh, this isn't necessarily a mini segment. It's just a homebrew topic that we wanted to discuss with you tonight. And uh, it's basically about isomerization in uh, of hops in the Whirlpool. So, Nicole... Uh, hell, like I said, I, I kind of made a promise to myself that I would get back to basics a little bit this year and not just plow into things, assuming that everybody knows what plow. I'm talking about. Especially because most of the time I don't know what I'm talking about. Most so help me understand uh, isomerization. Well, what I what I tell people when I'm teaching review courses for the Cicerone program, uh, when they, when I explain isomerization, isomerization is a fancy chemist term that just means that a <laughs> uh, a compound is being made more soluble in water so you're taking something in this case alpha acid which normally does not go into solution very well it doesn't want to stay suspended evenly in the liquid um and by by boiling you're changing a chemical property of that alpha acid and isomerizing it and that's making it more stable in solution so it's going to stay in solution 
and not and not just uh, drop out. Okay, so kind of this ability to get it from its hop form, the the green matter that we can see and touch and feel, into the liquid form uh, that we can taste. Right, specifically with the alpha acids. From with hops, the alpha yeah. acids. With bitterness in particular, like two three months down the road, you can still taste it, kind of thing. Right, and yeah, what that does is the uh, isomerized alpha acid is uh, what gives you the the bitterness in, in beer for okay. the most part. That's number one uh, place where you get bitterness in beer is from alpha acid. So, Tasty, I kind of set it up before the break that essentially you, you, you had started really thinking about this after the Can You Brew It episodes because we were taking these commercial beer recipes and doing them at home, and you found that this kind of end-of-the-boil process was a little different for us than, than the pros. But, but set that up for me. Tell me what made you start thinking about this. Well, you know, once we, we realized, and a lot of this was through you know, comments that uh, we got from, from the brewers themselves, uh, one in particular, Matt Brindleson, is that they're getting a fair amount of IBU contribution from the Whirlpool. And as home brewers, you know, the typical scheme is, uh, especially with an immersion chiller, is to, sure, uh, recipe calls for a flame-out adi- addition, and you would go ahead and do that, uh, except that you would immediately start chilling your wort, right? So from the science that I know, or what the scientists are willing to concede, uh, once you get below, you know, 195 degrees Fahrenheit or 90 uh, Celsius, the... Uh, there's no chance of any uh, isomerization taking place, so we would add that we would add like it's homebrewers. We would add a flame out addition and then completely ignoring it by chilling the wort. So that's something that's different in the commercial examples we give because it's not they don't have a wort chiller. They don't drop a uh, four, four inch four foot diameter wort chiller uh, into their uh, boil kettle. They start a whirlpool and and for flavor and aroma, they typically you know for certain beers add a uh, at a high, at a uh, sort of a high beta or a typical aroma hop to uh, to get aroma and, and flavor into the finished beer. So uh, in order to you know clone those beers, I found, or at least I one I thought it was worth considering was to mimic the process to a certain extent. So I in fact did change my process when I went to clone Union Jack. Mm-hmm. I listened to what Matt said in terms of his uh, you know how long he spun the wort, how long he let it rest, and what his typical knockout time was. And I sort of made the beer, you know, do that. All right. I got a clip from Matt Brendelson from July of 2010 when we talked to him on Can You Brew It about this very thing. So uh, let's see what Matt had to say about it uh, right here. Or not. <laughs> All right. And here's Matt. And here's Matt. It's kind of this backwards hopping regime we use in, in a lot of our beers where we're adding very little in the beginning. And oftentimes I say I only add enough hops in the beginning of boil to keep the foam down mm-hmm. and then start increasing the amount that we add throughout the boil and then throw a considerable amount in the whirlpool. Um, we actually, in our system, this is a 50-barrel brew house that we're brewing on, we get a considerable amount of utilization in the whirlpool. And every, you know, whether you're brewing on a home brew small scale or a really large scale, every brewer's got to kind of figure out what their utilization is in the whirlpool. We're calculating about 22% utilization of pellet hops in the whirlpool. Now, the interesting thing to, to mention about that, and I think as this discussion goes on too, is that Matt actually is calculating the utilization of... Uh, well, measuring. It, it met, yeah, because bad, yeah. we've heard, and I'm going to read you something a little bit later where uh, you'll find that it's difficult to, to calculate this. And Tasty, essentially what you're saying is that even with our, our favorite brewing softwares, there's not really this, this, this plug-in to say, what about in the Whirlpool to calculate for you? 
Right, because there's no known formula for it. Uh, it, dep- it depends kind of thing, and it depends on things that most brewing software doesn't even you know let you enter, like the uh, you know the shape of your vessel, uh, the uh, the thickness uh, of the wort. Yeah, well, the thickness else. of the wort is available. That's available in the recipe. Uh, if, a, if a formula were ever to be developed, it would include things like, well, what 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 is what are the IBUs in the in the in the wort already? What is the gravity of the beer? You know, what is the alpha of the of the hops that we're, we're pulling with? What's the beta of that hop? And uh, you know, what's the you know time and temperature and all that kind of stuff? If you had all those things, you, you there probably is a formula that would give you the uh, IBU contribution from the whirlpool. But we generally don't. We don't. I mean, so it's there, and. You know, just to get right into this, uh, you know, of course, Matt was referring to his Mission Street Pale in that segment. That's his, like, lightest beer he makes. So the lighter the beer, the beer utilization he's going to get. So 22% would probably be the most he would get. If he's making a Union Jack and he's doing a Whirlpool Hop Edition, he's not going to get that much utilization. Mainly because there's our, it's a high gravity, so it's hard to get the, you know, the uh, isomerization into the, uh, or utilization into the, into the sugar, that sugar's in the way. Uh, and like, there's always a lot of IBUs already in the beer from the previous edition, so it's a matter of saturation kind of thing. Okay. So, but yeah, he's getting 22 percent on the uh, Mission Street Pale, and uh, and, in, and he, your- he's getting half his bitterness on that beer from that Whirlpool edition. Okay, and that was kind of my next question. I, I really wanted to know what it is you're mostly concerned with, and it's mostly concerned with bitterness. Exactly. Because the problem that we're having with with these clone recipes, right, is that we're we're deriving all our bitterness from well, the boil, right? So we're not really calculating for after. So we're ending up a little from the kettle. So we're ending up with, with more bitter uh, afterward when we're doing this, uh, or le- or not bitter enough. Um, so, how much is he gaining from the whirlpool? You're saying he's saying that he's gaining twenty two percent of twenty percent utilization, and of course, but half of his bitterness, half of the bitterness in the beer is from the whirlpool. So that sounds amazing to me. Well, for example, the Heretic Evil Twin. There's batches of that that we've had that the only addition was whirlpool. Okay. No other additions, just Whirlpool. Got it. And it's been measured, at, and Jamil has his beers measured, at like 45 IPUs, which is not, I mean, that's just what it is. But, you know, the brewing software and a lot of the science says you're not going to get that. That's sort of the, the right. crux of what this whole Whirlpool uh, IBU contribution is about. But it seems to be happening based on uh, happening based on people's sensory uh, perception of the beer. Well, that's true. In any commercial brew house... The recipe is a recipe. The the beer they make is all based on when they taste the beer and then what they do to the recipe. I mean, whether they believe in, in IBUs from, from the Whirlpool or not, they're, they believe in that if we change the recipe, we're going to get a, a result, and that's what they do. So they may say, well, our beer's too hoppy. Where, where do I back off? Well, they may just back off on the 60-minute hop, thinking they're not getting it from the Whirlpool. So they get the desired result. But, you know, there may be, you know, like Jamil, like now he's changed his recipe because his beers are coming out too hoppy. Okay. So now what he's done is he now he does the sixty minute edition, but then he's taken a big load of that he used to do at flame out and put that into the dry hop. So he has the same he's using the same amount of hops now for that beer. He just moved it around a little bit so it wouldn't be so hoppy. So it's, what he's looking for is this kind of aroma and flavor addition that he used to do in the whirlpool, but he instead to, yeah. it's adding bitterness at the same time. Exactly, yes. his beer was too bitter because he okay. couldn't get it in there and knocked out in time. To keep it from overbittering his beer. So rather than changing his his bittering addition, he's changing this flame out thing and adding now his aroma and and uh, uh, well and I guess in some ways flavor right. into Definitely. dry hop. And the dry, to get the aroma, dry so he's, he's losing aroma because he won't get bitterness. He's losing aroma because he's not putting as much into the flame out. 
Okay. Right? So he's making it up for just putting that extra into the dry hop. And he's getting flavor. Right. And he's in, in backing off on the IBUs because it doesn't put as much into the into the whirlpool. I see. Yeah. Okay. Let me read to you something from, uh, this was from the University of Oregon. And Tasty had this exchange there because because he started to discover this thing happening. And so you sent a... Um, uh, well, I had, uh, Charlie Banforth was on the show and I asked him this question about hop, uh, IBU uh, contribution from the Whirlpool. Yeah. And he declined to comment but referred me to uh, Thomas Schohammer up at Oregon State, who's so, a renowned authority on these on these kind of things. So Tom writes, a, it, I think it's a pretty, it's short and sweet, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting the way he, he describes it. He says, hey, Mike, that the short answer is that hop isomerization that may occur during a whirlpool should be minimal. Uh, that is adding hops to a relatively quiescent pool of hot wort, and then cooling 15 to 20 minutes later should result in only a small amount of isomerization. A long answer is, though, that it depends on the length of time in, uh, that the hops sit in the whirlpool, the form of the hops, what degree of agitation. Uh, if the hop additions in the whirlpool are followed by a lengthy transfer of greater than 60 minutes, then there might be some substantial bitterness. Calculating this, though, would be more difficult. Um, it would need to be assisted by some measurements in the brewery. So that being said, I feel the bitterness contribution coming from a hop addition during a typical whirlpool knockout time frame would, in my opinion, be insignificant in the broader scheme of things. And that's what Tom writes. That's but, really interesting. He talks about liquid turnover as a function agitation. of yes, as that's a function most, of bitterness. I thought so as well. I'd never well, heard of that before. That's it's really, like stirring that's soup. You know, you get the stirring in the ingredients. So you mix it up. You know, right? Well, I've heard of it in terms of the agitation of the boil. Yeah. When we did our first shows, and I was asking about what the boil is for to dock and the different guys and the pro brews coming on the show, I, you know, it wasn't just the sterilization. But the agitation of the hops throughout the liquid, so it does make sense to me now that, although I wouldn't have thought right. of it without uh, Tom saying it there, that the same thing applies in the hot liquid that is the whirlpool. I would think. Well, you think about the temperature of the liquid at that point is probably close to boiling between two hundred and, and two twelve most of the time. Yeah. I would think that that temperature would be more important than agitation. Yeah. What Tom is saying here is that that agitation is at equally as important, almost, or maybe in some contexts, maybe. Even more important, even to, more to get that kind of bitterness in the beer. What do you think? Well, I, I'll, 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 you know, it depends. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. It does depend. It depends. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's, it, obviously <laughs> it's gonna be. It's hard to quantify. And Thomas is basically saying that, you know, like a typical uh, from the people that we interviewed on Can You Brew It, the very typical format is, uh, you know, something like a fifty uh, minute whirlpool. That's where it's you know physically moving in a circle. For 50 minutes? Uh, for 15 minutes, right? Okay. 15 minutes. Uh, 15, yeah. 15. Uh, usually it's slower than you think. I would say like, you know, one revolution every seven seconds. It's not like it's spinning like... No, it's not. Well, like, a, like oh, and it's got this big vortex in the middle. Jamil's talked about that before. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take it's much. It's not yeah. like a yeah. circus ride. Yeah. 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 Right. And then that's, you just an aside to homebrewers. You don't need to... Whip your uh, your wart, your uh, wart into whip a your wart. Into It'll a, work. Yeah. It's not It'll, a tornado. Yeah, yeah. Most bur- the small beer breweries just use like a, a paddle, right, an oar, and just kind of get it going a little bit, and, that, yeah. and they get a nice little cone in the middle. Okay, kind of thing. Cool. So after a fifteen minute you know spin, they let it sit for fifteen minutes to let it slow down. Right. I mean, it takes a while for it to slow down, and it's just, if you start racking out or knocking out too soon. Uh, it, it's just going to you're going to lose the effect of the whirlpool altogether. You'll be just pulling it out before it even gets a chance to uh, 
settle in the middle. And then, of course, because of the volumes I do, like it, you know, typically the breweries we know, like uh, Firestone Walker and uh, Russian River, they have these bigger brew systems. It takes them like 45 minutes to get the wort out of the Whirlpool, whether that's a separate vessel or they're using the kettle. It's still in contact with the Whirlpool additions or the Flame Out edition during that whole 45 minutes. So that's part of the equation as well. So it sounds to me like what you're saying kind of goes along with what Thomas is saying, that yeah. it is over a 60-minute transfer. Actually, it is. Because you've got 15 minutes to get it going, right. 15 minutes to let it chill. Right. and the, uh, not, not, not chill. In, uh, when I say chill, I mean stop moving. Uh, 15 minutes to let it do its actual what the Whirlpool is designed to do, which is to make the cone of hops. Then you've got this additional 30 to 40 minutes of it, or 45 minutes of it, then moving out of this hop matter into its next vessel. Right. So you're saying it it, it is generally over a 60-minute period of time. Turns out it is. From flame out. Right. So, which would, uh, you know, kind of what Thomas has said here, that, yeah, if it's greater than 60 minutes, you might have a substantial amount of bitterness right. added. And and then, of course, Matt is kind of saying it, too. And he's measuring that. He's got his lab there. He can, he can do the measurements, and he's, he can tell what he gets. So what have you done to your homebrew to adjust with for this knowledge? Well, I change I've made is I, uh, when I, you know, I do add the flame out hop, and then I wait 30 minutes. Uh, I do my, I, I, I stroll the wort, and then I wait, just wait until the clock runs 30 minutes from flame out, and that's when I start doing my knockout. Okay. And that's about it. Some, uh, so you're shortening, you're, you're trying to short the knockout? or, or No, I still, I still do like a 15-minute knockout, so that's just my process. I can make it go 45 minutes, but that's question would seem silly. Question for you, Tasty. When the temperature difference, when you start the cooling at the end of that 15 or 30 minutes, in this yeah. case, uh, what do you found it's dropped to? You're doing 10 gallons or 15, I Yeah, I checked I it. It's like above 200. Got it. If cool. It might be two fifty. So you're not in the SMM DMS like kind of range. Not in a danger zone there. Oh well, no, it's still. Right. It, if there's any uh, DMSP in there, it's going to go to DMS. But the whole idea is to get that out of it when you do the boil. That's, well, yeah, well, hopefully, right. hopefully, if you have DMS oh, in your beer. That's a boil issue, not or, a it, over an hour. Whirlpool issue. It should be gone. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Hence, doing a ninety minute instead a ninety of 60. minute boil, especially and, if you're and, using a pilsner. And we can talk about sixty minute versus ninety minute uh, uh, hop additions too. Okay. So you have enough thermal mass in 10 to 15 gallons. I mean, because the commercial guys are like two, three, four hundred, five hundred gallons sometimes or whatever, right? Yeah, so even at the homebrew level, you're not going to drop below like 180, 190 or in that time period. It'd be hard. You're, most people are doing this in a kettle. I'd be, I, don't, I only know a few homebrewers that have a separate whirlpool vessel. Right. If you had that, there could be some drop because you're going into, into a vessel that's not been just heated, right? Uh, but the kettle is going to stay hot a long time. You, you, we're, we're more worried about. But not cooling fast enough, rather. Yeah, than, the other way around. Yeah, it wants to stay hot. Right. Even if your uh, ambient temperature is like freezing, it's still going to stay up pretty high. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, it still sounds like to to kind of calculate for the right uh, bitterness that you want in your beer tasty. Are you doing the Jamil approach where you're you're leaving your sixty minute alone? You're not altering your recipes in that sense, but you you might be reducing the amount of of flame out or flavor hops. Um, in order to add them to dry hop, so that you're still getting your flavor, but without bitterness, are you doing the Jamil method there, or or are you doing something different? Well, I'm, I'm tr- again, I'm trying to clone the commercial beers with the recipes that they're giving us. Yeah, so I'm pretty yeah. much trying to follow what they say. If they say they do, you know, uh, you know, what turns out to me to be four ounces of hops that flame out, then that's what I do. Then I do my extended uh, whirlpool rest, and you know, you leave them in there longer. Oh yeah, absolutely. As opposed to what you would normally do, which is they wouldn't be there that long. 
Right, I would. So yeah. you're lengthening your whirlpool Absolutely. to transfer process. Yeah, I used to okay, be like everybody else. As soon as I okay. flamed out, I turn on the chill water and start, you know, going to to the fermenter. Got it. Yeah. So right. as long as long as you're extracting uh, at a, a 90 C, which is what 195, uh, you're still going to get your isomerization. You don't have to be boiling, so you're still going to get your bittering units coming out of it. Okay. So if you, if except you, for this agitation thing that's been thrown right, in there. Yeah, right, yeah, and uh, th- that's been hit or miss on what that really means. Okay. That might and, be more relevant with whole hops. Uh, yeah. Hop pellets, uh, they just fly apart as soon as you throw them in yeah. there, right? Yeah, but, they're, but the point seems to be that they're, and I'm just devil's advocate, no, the point just seems to be that at, at, at some point relatively quickly, they're just sitting in a cone at the bottom. Most of them aren't even in contact with the majority of the liquid. Whereas during the boil, they're in contact with all the liquid all oh, the time. Oh, they're getting bounced around. And so are the essential oils. They're getting being bounced and, and pushed out of the beer. Well, you're also, a more gentler you, extraction is going to keep the oils more in the beer, well, which ho- is what you're trying to get in the Whirlpool. I see. Any late addition, really. The shorter the boil, the less uh, essential, fewer essential oils are going to be uh, burnt off. Yeah, you're hoping at some point that uh, the the leaf debris is going to be leaf debris, and the and the hops and the oils and the alpha acids are going to be already in solution. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. They're already there. Yeah. So they're not they're not going to be trapped in this cone at the bottom because they're already been dissolved into the liquid. I get it. The oils they're super volatile. They're going to get in there right to begin Uh, with. And uh, as we were talking before, the alpha acids, some of them are not going to be. Uh, dissolvable into uh, an aqueous solution, and uh, at above nine one ninety five, they are going to be, and they're going to isomerize into something that's more soluble. Okay, and so you get more of the bittering units going to be staying in into uh, the 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 solution, the, which right. is the beer, which is the wort, which is what you want. The question for you, Tasty. I know you're a huge fan of hop backing as well. Has this changed your process there at all, or has it kept everything equal? Well, it has in a way. I mean, the clone beers that I do, if they don't use a hot bank, I'm not, I don't use one. Okay. I, again, we're trying to clone the beer for the show that where people could actually have some success uh, doing the, the clone as, as themselves. But this has also changed your process for your individual beers and not just the clone it, beers. Exactly. Too, like, right? like yesterday, I made Janet's Brown and I did the 30 minute extended World for Rest. And I also did a hot back when that was over. In the past, I just didn't do the long rest. So, that, yeah, that has changed my process. And I'm getting a lot more, you know, hop flavor and aroma in the beer because of that. Okay. The thing, the thing that's in play here, and you got to consider this, right? Like, when I, when we do an extended whirlpool rest, and, and we keep the, you know, the, the temperature stays above 195 Fahrenheit, the ten, the five minute hops are still in there, the ten minute hops are still in there, mm-hmm. the thirty minute hops are still in there. Right. Well, the six year probably kaput, but you're you're extending that as well. There's more going on. Right. There's 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 some need for a software solution, that, or at least Something that would at least calculate, you know, what the contribution in contribution is from the, from the kettle hops, let alone you know the the, the flame up. Yeah, because you're getting that 22 percent from the five and the ten, the fifteen. Exactly, and that's it all also, in play. Yeah, it's in there too. It that's not zero. Yeah, you're not pulling right? that out. So that's, you're still building bitterness if that if those. Well, are or still whatever you're solution. building, what is it? Yeah, I be right? yeah, exactly. Well, this, this also doesn't play into uh, hop degradation either. Uh, you're also after 60 minutes. You're starting to get the alpha acids that are starting to bind with other things. That you're not going to get the bitterness. They're combining with other things and dropping out. Okay, that's why your hop utilization kind of plateaus, and you're not getting the same uh, 
influx into your solution anymore because they're, they're, they're combining and they're dropping out. Yeah, Roger Davis talked about it after, and he had quoted, requoted what something that Matt Brindleson had talked about years ago last time that uh, Roger was here, that after 85 or 90 minutes, you actually get diminishing returns. Right. You, when you're getting more tannin and, and huh? negative effects possibly after after that time when you still have that hot matter in solution so, so at boiling temperatures. Yeah, so longer boils are not going to do it. If I'm going to do a 90-minute boil, I don't throw my hops until 60 minutes. I don't boil for 90 minutes. There's no point. I'm going to start seeing diminishing returns on the whole thing. And what what uh, Tasty's talking about is like, okay, you got their 60 minutes, and they're, they're starting to degrade as you're you're doing your whirlpool. And the long, you can't do a two-hour whirlpool. You're going to start to degrade your 60-minute hops sure. all the way around. Okay. So you're not going to get more in by doing longer on, on things like this. Uh, so it, it, what are you getting out of this whole thing? But as the, the temperature's going down, you're starting to dissolve more of the, more of the oils, more of the flavors, more of the, more of the aroma compounds in. And, but you're still going to get in this whole whirlpool thing, uh, you're start getting, you're still going to get the bitterness coming in. It's not like, oh, I throw them in at the end, I start to cool, but I'm not going to get any bitterness out of this whole thing. Yeah, there's definitely something coming through. Oh, definitely. definitely. Conventional wisdom was that you're not going to get any additional aroma or flavor by leaving them in there at non-boiling temps for an extra five minutes. No. Kind of what Tasty is saying yeah. is that there's the opposite. You're probably going to get more of that. At least in the late editions. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, as it's coming down. So you, you're losing at the fore end. Your 60 minutes or 70 minute hops are now, after, after a, a 60 minute whirlpool, 120 minute hops. Right. Things exactly. are starting to come down. Yes. When so you're losing at one end and you're gaining at the other end. Why so. not just pull your hop bag out? That's another message you can uh, definitely uh, use. Oh, Absolutely. Because, so that's a great home question, well, right? Great question. Because your 60 minute then hop you know. addition, your 60 minute hop addition that already went in. Uh, those are already ISO summarized, and those are in solution. Sure, they, they've been in there for sixty minutes already, and they started to degrade. But you're not going to get the majority of all that vegetable matter in there because uh, you pulled it out. But, I mean, we all know that it doesn't retain everything, but, but, but they, most stuff, they, right? They combine with vegetable matter. They combine yeah. with protein matter. They combine with a lot of things. So you're starting to lose it at the far end. It's at, it's at in solution you're, already. Is right. what you're saying? What, all the stuff you did at the beginning. You're losing at the far but end. But maybe you should pull it out anyways. Yeah. Because you don't want you don't want your, your sixty minute in your bag hanging on the side of your kettle while you're doing your whirlpool and waiting for it to call and going calm down. More so. And waiting I, I, for I it to cool I, and then waiting for you to transfer, right? Well I think they're I, I, both to me they sound like excellent points both because for me I would immediately go with JP and I go, Oh yeah, pull the hops out and it's fine. Yeah. But then I see what you're saying, Doc, is that they've also already been they're in solution. Exactly. So, so you, yes, you don't want to you know, keep them in there to, to so it's a nice way I think to do the hop bags, but it's already in solution too. Right. So yeah. after sixty minutes in solution, you're starting whatever's been in there is starting to degrade. So you're losing whatever you're losing if you had hundred percent in there at sixty yeah. minutes. Uh, at 120 minutes, you've lost about 30 percent of that. So okay, you're, you're you're having this whirlpool at 190 for another hour. You're starting to lose what you had at the beginning. Is is th- you know not not to 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 ask it to ride your ass, but is, is 30 minute is 30 percent a like a known number or is that like an no? Estimate? It's just me throwing it out there because okay. I um. I, and I just wanted to know, just to be clear, so so no one goes, no one starts quoting it, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's uh, it's it's. I'm I'm just. It's uh, a good guess. It's, I it's, think it's a good no, guess. No, I'm, I'm trying to extrapolate off of some graphs that yeah. I saw, and you you really can't because there's not enough 
uh, empirical data out there to, right. to say that. But the thing, if okay, let's just say you you got a sixty minute boil, and you have all your your hops in for your IPA, and you say, well, uh, Tasty's thirty minute whirlpool hops are great. Why don't I do it for thirty or for sixty minutes, and throw twice as much in? I'm going to get more out, and I'm going to keep it at 190 degree, degrees. You're going to you're going to get about two thirds of the isomerization at that point, but you're going to start losing it to degradation at the far end. Those things you, you got isomerized at the first sixty minutes. So you're kind of losing. I see what you mean. Yeah. So the stuff that's in solution is going to start to degrade, even though you're putting some uh, some new stuff right. in. Right. So the end. it's kind of yeah. a bell curve. Okay. Uh, so, well, right, how, but you're you're gaining a lot more at the, at, at what he's well, doing. So late hoppers, <laughs> late hoppers, late, <laughs> late hop edition fans, they usually have just a minimal a sixty minute edition. Exactly. Just for surfication to like eliminate the the boil up and uh, mm-hmm. to change the pH of the of the wort quite a bit. So that's they don't care about that what they're losing on the sixty. They're, they're not trying to get their their all their IBUs at the sixty minute hop. No, they're, hop. Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, pushing it more towards towards the late hop editions. Right. So they get flavor, they're, aroma, and bitterness. They're, so they're gaining so much more yeah. at, at the late end of it. So, so tasty. What's the hop utilization for an addition added at five or ten minutes? Is it anywhere near twenty two, or is it much higher oh, than no. that normally? I well, wonder. It's like 17. I don't know what the... About 17. I think it's 17 for the five. I don't know. Okay. Because kind of the takeaway I'm thinking for homebrewers on this is like they could dial it in within a range. Your max is going to be 35-ish. Right. And, okay. And for a 60-minute place, 35-ish. At 17, that's about half that. Yeah, it so off. It makes still, sense. At 20 minutes, it's still half that. Right. right. So once you put twice as much in at 20 minutes, you're going to get a lot more out of it in the whole whole run of things okay so that's where we love to be home brewers that's that's the art of it uh can i put in twice as much here half as much there right because you can yeah and the commercial guys like, may, may not be able to or it's not uh you yeah. know realistic <laughs> so let me do this we're running short on time um but just to help me wrap my head around this all right you know tasty that i am in constant pursuit of a good pale ale right if i'm home brewing and uh, Pale 31 or Drake's 1500, our beer of the year, these are perfect examples for me. So if I'm taking into account my, my recipes, I've been working with a couple different recipes for a few years. Uh, I, ha- I certainly have issues with, with the balance of bitterness in all of them. If I'm looking to take into account the bitterness that comes into the Whirlpool, um, what sort of things am I going to do to account all right, for that? All right. all right, so on Can You Brew It, uh, what we, we do is we... T- uh, give the recipe in two forms. Uh, like if there's a, a whirlpool, I mean a flame out edition, we say take that same edition and move that 20 minutes back into the, into the into the kettle. If you're not going to do a flame out, if you're not going to do a whirlpool rest. So you so would, that flavor and aroma effect is a, is a 20 minute is, to the end. We, edition. Do, we actually say actually use a 20 minute edition. Is that for the if software? you're not going to let the whirlpool go for a long time? If you're going to do the extended whirlpool. So is yes. that is that for the software? So it, it will that way you get the it, it, approximation it, it, of the IBUs good, in the good, beer. Good. You can dial it in with the By software. Okay. okay, so you've moved your flame out forward 20 minutes <laughs> into the boil. Right. Okay. So that's that's basically the adjustment that, that we make. You uh, if you go to mrmalty.com, he has a nice write up on the on the 
basic concept of, of hop bursting, I guess. And, uh, okay. Late editions, lots of great examples. That's really good. He quotes Dr. Scott there, and he, he quotes uh, Peter Zinn and people like that. Nice. Yes. Ale Smith down there. Yeah, Elmo's, yeah. Okay. Uh, so what else? Uh, so not, not everybody can do a Whirlpool rest. Uh, you know, uh, if you use an immersion chiller, sometimes it's actually almost impossible to do a Whirlpool. You just got too much... Too many, you know, the physics are in the way. You got this yeah. these walls built in. Yeah, uh, a lot of people just forego that, so they have nothing to do at flame out, uh, but start chilling. Well, know. they have the the Jamil recirculation. If they have that one, sure. Um, well, hey, you can get of, that at more beer, which yeah. is very nice. The it's uh, a good product, the immersion uh, chiller that has the Jamil, uh, it does a whirlpool at the same time. That is one option, absolutely. Yeah, to do that, and it uh, supposedly works. I uh, think it works great. Do you? If I you, have one. Of what's those, your? I love it. Do you get a true pile? Um, I don't. Le- I don't let it rest. Is my problem. I'm oh. too antsy to let it rest. Well, that's right. You're probably not getting one. Uh, I'm not getting a true pile, but it, it's it, it, as such like You're a spinning cone. Um, oh. It is spinning things, so it cools it down faster. But yeah. I do have it piled a little more towards the center, and I find I get I get do get more clear beer uh, than without using it. But so it, not- it's not a. A precise cone. Why don't you? Don't. Why don't you let it come to a rest? It can't. Uh, because long. I just am. I, I I want to. Bef- when I start brewing, and then by that time I go. I just want to fuck out of go. here. Yeah, and and I kind of also <laughs> forget because it's uh. not something I normally do in my process. Right. So it's yeah. just it's just brewer incompetence, really. Well, no, it's just yeah, I know what you mean. Well, so, j- yeah. actually, just to add to the just to add to the piece of equipment because I have I have worked with this piece of equipment several times. Believe it or not, yeah. you've worked with um, this equipment. Uh, the the true pile does vary. Yep. Um, I've gotten some good true pile, but I will say that with the uh, with the Jamil style immersion chiller that actually moves the liquid around the immersion chiller, mm-hmm. the um, the cooling time, the difference is enormous. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's more. Surprised. It's yeah. more than half the time yeah. to to chill it down. It's a crazy yeah. amount of surface area. It just makes sense, doesn't yeah, yeah. it? Because otherwise, it's really just kind of sit. You know. Yeah, it's thermodynamic. It's, it just and, and makes sense. Hit, I will say that that the that the chill time it's the difference is incredible. Oh, sure. It blew my mind how much yeah. different it was. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, go on. Oh, what am I going on for? Oh. Uh. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, so back it up twenty minutes into the boil if if a uh, if if it's not possible. Uh, let's see, uh, what else can I add to that? Uh, a lot of people actually don't do whirlpools at all. Like you know, I, like you say, uh, that's where you were. Yeah, a lot of people say, "Why well, do the whirlpool?" What you're trying to do is keep the the you know the uh, the hot break and the trube, which is probably all the same stuff, uh, out of your fermentation. It just the staling agents are in there. Uh, mm-hmm. It uh, you know. You want to make sure you get all the the wort that you've made into the ferment. You don't want to come up a half gallon short when you you know we can finish beer. Yeah. Just because you got a bunch of gunk in the bottom of your uh, uh, kettle, you want to get all that in the middle so you can get all that clear sweet wort from around the edge. A lot of that whirlpool effectiveness depends on the on the geometry of your vessel. Okay. You know, the clearer the flatter the bottom and the uh, and the wider the bottom is in respect to the uh, height of the liquid in the vessel, the better whirlpool you're going to get. If you look at a commercial kettle or whirlpool you know that's why bull kettles are one of the reasons bull kettles are really wide is that you get a nice whirlpool in there if they use a, sec- a secondary uh, vessel for a whirlpool like i think to do at firestone walker it's going to be as well wide and, and sort of tuna can shaped rather than uh, you know like uh, shaped like a can of soda uh what else uh the chalice so of you- the palace has the pellet that is poison and the brew that is true has a yeah yeah yeah, yeah so Whirlpools are, whirlpools are good, even if you don't have a whirlpool. The studio uh, just became like an airport. 
<laughs> that shit went right over my head. Yeah. Yeah. The Whirlpool edition. I mean, if it's you don't do movie. a hop edition, it's old lame. Movie. Yeah. I wasn't listening. Whirlpool's yeah. important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I've you know I've spoke to other breweries about this concept of, uh, uh, of IBU contribution contribution from the Whirlpool. Talk to their lab guys. Yeah, they say absolutely they're getting it. Uh, talk to Mitch Steele. I've talked to. Uh, Jeremy Marshall, yeah, they're getting similar. Everybody's kind of getting it. Everybody's getting it. And, yeah, I, you know, it's I, just adjusting for it. Yeah, and well, yeah. just when they adjust for it, like when when you you know you're a beer creator, you adjust for it when you taste the beer. Yeah, or you adjust it for it when you've made beers like this several times. So you're just making it for the first time. You know, you just uh, you know you know what you're going to get out of it. You know that yeah. when you do that addition, you don't need to up you know have the mini IBUs upstream because you're getting a lot of them downstream. And right. kind of like us homebrewers, the commercial guys are probably adding a lot more hops at that stage than they maybe used to 10 or 15 years ago, right? Right. Now, the hop shortage kind of Which is maybe why it bit. hasn't been studied very often exactly. until recently because we weren't really doing that. Yeah. Yep. I think the science is a little bit behind because, yes, it hasn't been a common practice to use that much. Yeah. A lot of us want to use the brewing software, and uh, what Tasty was talking about is, well, how do you, how do you pull this into it? Uh, there's no... Oh, I want to put this much into my whirlpool hops because flame out's not the same kind of thing. And he yeah. said, pull it, pull it, pull it back in as your twenty minute addition. Okay, because you're gonna get two thirds probably the isomerization at that point, and and uh, in your uh, your your brewing software, put it in at the twenty minute addition. But, but if you do don't, that, don't then... put it, don't put it in at the twenty minute. Put it in at flame out. Put it in at the at the whirlpool. But say it's twenty minutes. Say it's twenty minutes, and that way or five or ten. That will give you a better. Wait, wait, well, now you have me confused. I see. You're it not. Is, yeah. say, now I'm you glad ha- to clarify you ha- that. You're not saying actually put it into the beer at twenty minutes. No. You're saying tell the software it's a twenty exactly. minute edition. Tasty. Either way. Yeah. Uh, yes. What do you mean either way? If you're going to do the extended rest. Let the software think you put it in at 20 right. minutes so you okay. get your IBU content. So if you do the extended rest, I tell the software that my flame out is actually my 20 minute edition. And you can calculate your IBU. And, and, ah, and, they and if I'm not go, if I'm just, and, and, by, actually, and let me help, let's help clarify extended rest. If I'm not doing more than a 30 minute of, of a whirlpool rest to transfer, then I just want to do my normal flame out and call it that in my software? Yes. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no. So when I write my recipe in Beersmith, I would just put, these are my one-minute hops. That's generally what you do, you know, flame out, or, or you can go zero-minute hops as your as my flame well, out. You do, you but then I'm only going to do like a 30-minute whirlpool, like no. plus transfer, though. Let me simplify it. Okay. Always Please tell do. always tell Beersmith that you're putting in it at 20 minutes. Right? Yes. Yeah. If you're not going to do an extended whirlpool, really put it in at 20 minutes. If you're going to do an extended whirlpool, don't put it in. Put it in at flame out. And do the extended whirlpool, and tell Beersmith it's at twenty minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So you're always telling all oh, software tell is always twenty minutes. Exactly. It's just a difference of what. Oh, okay. You yeah, you're fibbing to I, the teacher. I missed that part. You're twenty fibbing. to the teacher. Twenty is the new zero. Yes. Twenty <laughs> is the new so zero. Yeah. Because whirlpool. I was about to argue with you guys yeah, well, about how not. you know we've gone so f- uh, we've spent so much time talking about late edition hops and flame out hops and encouraging people to do that as the new way to get the aroma and the flavor that you wanted. So now when you were telling me to go back to a twenty minute edition, which you've often said, "Fuck the twenty minute edition," not you personally, but we've talked about it yeah, a lot. Yeah, did. Uh, then uh, <laughs> and now all of a sudden I was going, "Well, wait a second here." But but you're just talking about calculations, really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so okay. you're, you're because you're, you're, say ex- you're making a 1065 beer and you want it to be balanced. So you want to have an IBUs of you know uh, 55 to 60. Want to? Yeah. Good. 
Yeah, go on, finish. Right, so you want to, want by formula, be able to estimate what your IBUs are going to be. That's why you want to, you know, use the 20-minute edition to show its contribution. Okay. Yeah, the, the beer geeks are going to say, well, what if, what if? And if you want to have the calculations go right, he like he said it at the very beginning, um, we can't have, <laughs> there's, there's no calculations right now for Whirlpool hops. No, I, yeah, I guess so. That. So to yeah. so to kind of fool the the software, call it a twenty. Call minute. a twenty minute. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna verify. I and mean, that's what it yeah. seems like the whole thing is: is an extended whirlpool is equal to adding hops at twenty minutes in the so it's, well, so, it's, but do you do you, my view calculate in terms of the flavor of the beer? No, it's not the same. No. Do you also change how you enter your your? You, let's say you have a twenty minute hop edition anyway. Do you leave that as twenty minutes, or do you relabel that also? No, no you'd, if you, you'd add to it. You'd yeah. Add to it. You'd leave it. Okay. But, yeah, but, leave got it. it. But what he's saying is good question, um, Nicole. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of from T. Hundy, but uh, yeah. But as he said, you kind of want to throw out the whole twenty-minute thing. We're we're not doing this to get IBUs into the beer. We're trying to get a different flavor profile in the recipe. Yeah. So we could we could do a twenty-minute hop addition, but that's going to be different than if we get uh, no twenty-minute and we throw it in for a whirlpool. But our calculations are going to be all thrown off. You can't do a recipe if you don't know what the calculations are going to be. All right, hang on. Let me let me just once more because someone's going to come up to me and ask me to explain what you. And just you're still said. not going to explain, and I'm not going to be able to do it. So if someone comes up to me and says, "Yeah, um, do it," so are you telling me that there's no 20 minute addition? However, if I'm punching it into my beer smith, what I do is I I move my zero minutes to tw- in the software. I move it to as a 20-minute addition. However, I still drop those hops in at zero minutes. Yes. Like, did I, would I, would that, I have explained that, that right? Yeah. That, if, that will if get your whirlpool that will get that your, long. If, if you're doing an extended whirlpool, right. which is longer than... 10 minutes. Longer than uh, starting to chill as soon as you throw the hops in. Yeah, right. Longer, oh, than, longer than, than 10 minutes. Uh, right away. Okay. Well, okay. You gotta, so we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get more flavor into the finished beer yeah. in a different way. So, but we have to have a way of calculating the total IBUs that are going to be in that finished beer. Right. And in the software as it's written right now, we don't have calculations for that. So to that get, I get yeah. to get a yeah. workaround, we're going to add we're going to add it back into our twenty minute. Okay. That but only get, calculation wise, not physically. No, just calculation yeah. wise. Okay. So, Who's on first though? So exactly. That's what so I have to know. If, if you're going to do two different beers, do one. With all your IBU, IBU, IBU calculations, and you do your 20-minute hop as you do, and then flame out and cool. The other other the way of doing the beer is you calculate it the same way, but you don't do the 20-minute. You throw all the 20-minute oh, at zero at, at zero, yeah. and you do an extended hop, uh, extended whirlpool. Anything over ten minutes, right? Okay. And and you're going to get two different beers, and that's what we're trying to get here. Is we're trying but to get, I get same, it. but same IBUs. But same, but but we can calculate now the IBUs. Right, that's what I'm saying. Same but, IBUs, but, but different flavors. But the flavor, right. and the aroma profile is going to be different, and that's what we're trying to get out of this thing. We're trying to do a workaround. Now I get it. Yeah, oddly for, enough, for uh, this whole IBU calculation, I can't thing. do it, but I get it. Did I say calculation. You calculation. did just say calculation. Um, I'm sorry, I said that. <laughs> what about the ten? <laughs> What about the ten minute hops, JP? Just stop. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but I want to work around. I know. Right. Only because we don't have time. 
Uh, what a, anything else? We just Stacey, worked around too? Justin's brain. We can't work around your brain. <laughs> One brain at a show. My yeah. brain is like a roundabout. <laughs> Daisy, what no else knows how before to we it. wrap this up? I just had one thing I forgot to mention in, in terms of reasons to whirlpool. Okay. Is if you do an external external chilling, uh, the good reason to whirlpool to clarify your, your wart is so you don't clog your chiller. That's that's a big issue in commercial breweries. And it's a, a big issue in, in amateur breweries. You don't want to take that crud into your therminator. No, my therminator. Yeah, your your, your plate chiller does not like sense. crud. Yes. Okay. So before we go on, I just yeah. want to comment that this is very. We had a very like respectful discussion. There was no dick and ball jokes. It was very- <laughs> JP talked about putting the sack in and yeah. pulling it out, and, and nobody said anything. Alone. Everyone oh, left it alone. They did it in the a, chat. It was. A, oh, I bet they did. It was, a, it, was, it was a respectful and serious discussion with right. no digressions. You're a retard. I think we've all grown up as people. No, you, I think you just got you got. You got three eggheads in the, a row. The BN has reached a new level, <laughs> right? Where we all like respect each other as academics, and, and the show has people. reached a new high. Yes. Oh my! Uh, golf claps for this one. Just little, just little claps. Not little, too loud. Not too loud. Just little claps for that one. You know, you go. You all hey, sound like a bunch of. Make it sound like a lot of people. This conversation got really deep. I just wanted to clarify that my my easy definition of at the beginning was just that it was like only as it applies to brewing. No, and that's um, what I wanted. So, yeah, so I appreciate that. Yeah, just yeah. you know, I, you didn't say it at the beginning. In case there's some like you know scientists listening, you know, Nicole's so worried about her image now. Yeah, well, she <laughs> first, she got she got a professional no, picture first in the beginning with uh, not being related to the, the N word, and yeah. now with the uh, making sure that everyone knows hers was the simple version. Yeah, just <laughs> so Nicole, you know, what the fuck? Well, I just don't want to hear about this it is, later. This is just a vehicle <laughs> for her. This so is, she's so, not invested in this. This is just a passing thing for her. I'm so stream. concerned. Is this the I, same Nicole that just posted Nicole, the video of herself? Of her drunken, yeah. <laughs> the same concern, right? Yeah. She's very, she has a duality. She, yeah, you do have an odd level. Like, your concern at, at one point drops off a cliff. <laughs> it does. There's no... She there's throws no, it off the cliff herself. There's no sliding scale for Nicole. No. Yeah, yeah. Nicole, I got this, like, Teflon vest. It's great. <laughs> Nothing she sticks. just slides right off. Nothing sticks. Teflon Don. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dr. Teflon. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, Tasty, thank you. Do? Great job. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, a, a wonderful work. I think awesome, been, actually. I yeah. know you've been looking into this a lot. It's done us uh, a lot of wonders on, on Candy Brewer, too. I, I, I so. got better ideas right now for what I want to do. So. Perfect. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, JP and I are going to give you our wrap-up of the, uh, believe it or not, the Tasty Awards, Tasty. Oh, geez. Oh, yes, my awards. You have no idea. I'm sorry. (laughs) How awful these things can be. It's the session. We'll be right back with that. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On The Brewing Network. Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williams.com.
williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today Live Beer Radio The Brewing Network The Brewcasters If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff It's so easy Just throw it together Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there Yeah (laughs) No, I was a little Little, little, little fella lived next door to me who brewed homebrew in the bathtub. The beer we selling now not good enough. But it was strictly illegal. I don't think you want to do this to your children, do you? Man, you gonna make everybody up there wino. I don't think you want to do this to your children, do you? Man, you gonna make everybody up there wino. You know, we have people that live on the streets that go into your local Dollar General store and buy shaving lotion for a high. For a high. For a high. Chevy Regal is stamped and approved by the governmental agency that says this is for a high. Healthy. 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 For a high. Healthy. For a high. Healthy. For a high. Healthy. For a high. Mr. Bartender, please don't be so slow. I've got time for one more round and a six-pack to go. Tomorrow morning, Sunday, I'm gonna be feeling low. So please, please, bartender, I want a six-pack to go. Oh, I've been drinking all day long, taking in the town. Oh, I've done spent my whole paycheck just a honky-talking round. Well, I don't have enough to pay my rent, but I ain't gonna wear it, no. I've got time 
for one more round and a six pack to go. for sticking with us. Thanks to Tasty for doing a rad uh, Whirlpool segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nate and Doc sticking oh, yeah. with him and helping us out through it. Uh, good Keep to get a little, out. Uh, homebrew action in there. Don't forget, Nicole it. said it at the beginning already, though. Laying what? it down. Don't forget. Huh? It's all about geeking out about homebrew. What did she oh. say? No, I, don't, I thought we were still on the last thing from last... In the segment where she said that she said the simplistic version up front, and I thought it was, I don't know. I was trying to do callback, didn't work. I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> I just didn't know where you're going. Sorry. That's all. You don't have to don't apologize. I just needed an explanation. That was radio gold. What did you know, say? I don't know what happened. I, I just either. was trying to do a thing, and I don't know what. That's what I'm saying to you right now. Oh, man. I don't know what happened. I'm still not sure. All right. Hey, thanks to our guests, Matt Potts and Mark Tilly from Distill Restaurant and Brew, uh, Brew Works over in Illinois. Uh, rocked it for us today. Yeah. And hope to have them back on the program again, too. They're, they're very cool to talk to. Um, so check that out. Good dudes. Oh, yeah. So, um, Drug of the Week, go ahead, 888-401-BEER. That's the phone number. Nicole will take your phone calls now, 888-401-BEER uh, for our Drug of the Week phone call. So, uh, JP and I went to the um, the Tasty Awards. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. The hell were you nominated for? Not this crappy show. Oh, I have, by the way, I have your gift bag. Oh, oh I, I need that. I, oh, yeah. Oh. You know, you know when you go to the awards, oh, you have, have like. You have to pay taxes on that. You know that, right? <laughs> Fuck. 
Fuck. I have now, your hypothetical gift I bag. Now that he yeah, now for, I got mentioned the, on the air. Yeah. For the hypothetical worth. It was that, nothing. That there's, it there's, is. Like, there's like fucking cheese in and you got cheese uh, in a comb. Yeah. Was it like when you go to a birthday party? Was there like a cool bouncy ball in there? It's like a yo yo or know. like, like well, some well, pixie sticks or something? Trunk. It's, it's about the same thing. <laughs> there was some let's soy see sauce. What's, let's see what's in the gift bag. Lots of soy sauce. Spiced ketchup. Actually, Scott, would you do me a favor? Yeah, Moscow, can you do that for just so I can keep riffing with JP about this fucking taste of it? I'm about to tell you. It's this thing right here. This guy's good tonight. Yeah, we uh, went to the Tasty Awards. This was the intro. No, it wasn't. No. What was the ritual? Oh, my God. It wasn't that good. The intro was feedback. If the intro was an atomic bomb, it would have been great. I wonder if I can find Was it worth the flight down there, JP? I I drove. (laughs) So you're saying saying I'm being bring that work in Awards were actually better than theirs in terms. The of production, production value quality. of yeah. the BN uh, awards was high. So oh here's God, what happened. No, please now, say d- now. Did you find them? Let me. Pre- I was hoping for, to find just the Kiko Men uh, commercial. <laughs> I'll explain that later. Well, here, I'll, I'll try to find it. Uh, basically, so you know when 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 JP first brought up the award on the air, I was like, "Come on, uh, this thing's ri- it's ridiculous. It's pay to play. It's." Uh, but you know, um, <laughs> you, you never that. you never know, and um, and so what I, the point is that the things that I thought were wrong with it were nowhere near what was actually wrong with it. <laughs> what was actually <laughs> wrong, wrong was it was I wasn't I wasn't accurate in how uh, the jankiness would come about. So this greenness of wrongness. This was worse right. than a paid advertisement. Yeah. He, let, oh, me, let, me, let me preface it by saying I don't like award show type of situations anyway. I don't like them. I think that it's um, I think that it's a crap load of people sitting around patting themselves on their back and blowing each other. And I don't like that. And it's it's part of the reason that we created the Brewing Network Awards. That's a brown paper bag. It's a brown paper bag was our gift bag. That's yeah. a brown Paper yeah. no, bag. It's no Prada bag. It's a brown paper uh, bag. It's not even screen printed on the side no. for Taste Awards or anything like that. No, 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 no. Um, but that, uh, it no just sticker, starts. Nothing. That's Trader Joe's. My lack of respect for awards things in general, like the Oscars and these things, I just feel like it's a lot of people who really like themselves sitting around telling each other how great they are. And I've always had a problem with it. I've always, it, it makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like it. And I think it's part of what's wrong with human beings. So uh, your low esteem for the whole thing is... It's just dropped. Well, I'm just saying that even I'm just setting it up that even if it was uh, some sort of fantastic award ceremony, I'm still uncomfortable, and I also don't like it. I don't like it. If we if it had been some sort of legitimate thing, I still wouldn't have liked it. It's uncomfortable for me, and I think it's weird. Uh, that being said, uh, when the when the award came up, I just thought, well. Eh. Come on, how did our show that nobody saw in the Bay Area get nominated for this thing? So I'm already skeptical. But I still thought, you know, that they would put on a big show. Like, I thought it'd be a big deal because they, if you're going to be that janky, you got to keep up the ruse, though. You still have to, you know. So I, I, the things that I thought were wrong with it weren't, weren't what's wrong with it. You know, we get down there. And I'm still thinking, like, I go, all right, JP, we'll yeah. go to this thing. And the TV station went, and yeah. our executive producer went. Because I'm stoked. And, I'm stoked uh, to shit, because yeah. I need the attention. I'm like, this is going to be great. You're I'm in Hollywood. So Come on. Right? Uh, I think I sent you the link. 
uh, to the Kikoman, like all the videos, and I think with that chef, can't find the specific one? No, I saw that. Okay. I didn't want to all play right. one that wasn't uh, a specific JP's one. in front of Grauman's Chinese for the first time. He's just Oh, maybe jacked. this one. It, uh... I've been there before. I'm awesome. No, it was it was really cool. I was really stoked, and first Jay was kind of going, oh, I don't know, and I'm like, dude, I'm actually really being pumped about this. And uh, so now I kind of feel real bad. Well, mainly because my girlfriend bought me two suits, and I didn't want to shit on anybody's parade. The TV, everyone was excited. Yeah, everyone but me was excited. The TV station was excited. The the executive producer, and I get it because it's it was billed as this red carpet event, and and let's be honest, guys like you and me don't get to do that very often. So noon on Tuesday wasn't so good. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. Like, um, you you come into the entertainment world, and you like the entertainment. Uh, you like being an entertainer, and you see these award things, and then you get this opportunity to potentially go to your own award service. I see the appeal of it. I get it. Well, we fucking get there. Yeah. And it starts like this. There's not even... The, the red carpet, is act, it's actually a red throw rug. You think I'm... A, it's probably mauve. Actually, let me just say this right now, as moving forward, just so that everybody knows. There, are no, there is no exaggeration in this description. No. I'm going to give you this description, and you're going to think I'm exaggerating. That's why I'm saying this. I'm not exaggerating. Um, it was a red throw rug. I'm not even, I'm not even certain it was red. It might have been lighting. It might have been a white rug. Um, it was some red light. So you didn't walk up this long, like, red carpet. No, you, you, you got in line to, to stand in front of the awards, like, background yeah. with a, with a red and, rug, about like a four by six rug. Like a swatch of Which carpet. is actually a what it was. <laughs> <laughs> like a really big swatch. Leftover yeah, from some carpet other sample. Thing. It's yeah. actually what they do, which it was pretty, uh, standard. But I even see. if it was pretty standard, it was still really, really. So were they janky. all saying, "JP, JP, look this way"? I would agree yes. with you on one hand, but in the nice. awards that really kind of—not uh, that any of it means something—you get out at the curb, like the of Golden Globe of your tonight? car, that's what and it then is. you walk up along. Yes. that's what I'm saying. There's no—that's a red—that's a carpet. Yeah, it's not a rug. You're right. It's You're, a right. Run. You're right. It's a very long run. It's You're not right. a welcome mat. It was this was a red welcome mat. And you stood on it, and you took photo. JP and I took our photo together. I, I went there without a date. Like everybody had a date, they're all into it. And Kate's like, "I got to oh. work," and I'm like, "Yeah, no big deal, sweetie. It's a fucking who gives a shit." I found one of our pictures online. Dude. So I go down there, and uh, <laughs> and and you Stalker. can anybody can take a picture on the red carpet. They ask your name and stuff just in case you're somebody. Uh, but anybody <laughs> can do it. And so JP, I, I was like, JP, why don't you stay? You know, he does it with Taryn and, and the, everybody else does it with their broads. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it with you, JP. Yeah, uh, you are. This is how it starts. Okay. And then it's kind of nice. They've got some free wine and some free, there's this gift bag. Did, lo- did it loosen you up a little bit, the free cheap wine? It was, no, it was Piju. It wasn't cheap at all. Oh, you got it was some really chips good. Uh, I'm hungry. Can they, I eat they that? They pour Charles we got some. We got some bottles. potato chips in oh, our gift. Oh, sweet good. potatoes. Nice. They are actually good. Now, keep in mind, it is the Taste Awards. So it, it's the, the awards show, it bills itself as the award ceremony for food, uh, beverage, and design. That's what they're right. the award show for. Oh, 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 and beer is food. Uh, so food, you know, oh, here's more chips. Here's some more chips. Oh, uh, some some rosemary and olive oil. That sounds yep. good, actually. It's been packaged well. I should have put this out for you guys for tonight's show. Um, okay, why didn't you? I oh. think this is some lube. Or lube. Lo- uh, it looks like, it's like, uh, soap. 
Oh, no, this one looks like lotion or something. There's soap in there. There's a bit of soap. Yeah, That's for afterwards. Different. So some 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 sexy time stuff. It's to keep your skin moist. Uh, here's the uh, oh here's the um, tasty uh, you tasty. You want to put that up in the in the camera? That that's the program. Was she there? there? You want to grab it from me for a second? Was she there? Oh here's some toffee. Nah. Who likes toffee? I, I do. Toffee. Hand that to Nicole, please. There's some toffee. For you better share that with me. Uh, here's toffee, a toffee. here's a golden bag of all natural skin care. Uh, yeah. probably, probably good for you. I can't give it all away, Nicole. I got to give some to the to the old lady. <laughs> I yeah. want to open this right now. Actually, if you read that on the, the I don't know. There's a bunch of shit. Yeah. There's some fucking cheese, and I don't know. I don't know. But this is the why point. did we not get the cheese? What's in this box, JP? Tofu or no tofu? Um, oh, toffee. Toffee. More toffee. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh. like five things of toffee. Tofu. It toffee. wouldn't surprise I'd be like, oh, tofu. That, I'm, <laughs> That's I'm, more toffee. Toffee are, it's, more it's, toffee. It's the new mini cupcake. You know the mini cupcakes are like yeah. all the rage the past couple years? That's some toffee. That's though. the new mini cupcake. I see. And it's there's a bunch milk. of... So you get the... So you get <laughs> the guy, toffee talk. You get the gift bag. Right. Toffee too. Put that up. <laughs> so... Now I've never. It's at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood, okay. and, and I don't know what this is. Uh, but we go there, and we go. Finally, we go inside after drinking our free stuff, and it's it's literally it's just a movie theater. Like it's a movie with, theater well, with yeah. a fancy entrance. It's like three, three people in there. Like they're kind of bummed they're like not showing regular, movies at night and they have to do this. Yeah, it's like a regular yeah. movie theater, and there's a podium up in front of the um, of the screen, and and. Before the show starts, we're we're kind of sitting there, and people are piling in, and and you got to see the look on my face. Like I'm just I'm just going like mm, I don't know I don't know what's going to happen from here. And it's not like an old like an old movie theater where they actually have a stage no. and the screen can come up. It's literally a wall with a white square. It's a fucking movie theater on the wall. There's nothing to it. Yeah, and there's a podium now. And there's a bit, and, and up to the podium, um, it's nothing fancy about it. The stage is like, I don't know, a half a foot by a half a foot, I think. It was nothing, yeah. And, 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 the, and the staircase leading up to it, which at other award ceremonies, you know, it's a sort of kind of a grand uh, thing. It's yeah. like a fucking handicap bar. It's like a rail. It's like a fucking <laughs> railing. Uh, and I'm thinking, aren't they like televising this like or the, something? The staircase at the NHC is more elaborate than that. Yes, yes. Right. oh, yeah. well, far more elaborate. <laughs> right. It's wider for sure. No the, way. Uh, the staircase leading up to the Rat Pad is more elaborate than that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so, Schumann's bedroom has a better. Uh, so it's it's sponsored by um, <laughs> the whole thing is sponsored by by Kiko Men's. Kiko, the, 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 the soy sauce guys? The, the soy yeah. sauce. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because, you know, it's all sauce. Soy sauce. Cool. Which is, which, you know what? Fantastic. It's Listen, teriyaki. If the BNs, oh, get it right. If the BNs could get um, um, sponsored by Kiko Men, fucking yeah. fantastic. I have nothing against this. Well, yeah. But have here's we, have we tried? Here's what happens. We sit down, we get it, there, and, uh, and the voiceover comes on. And the voiceover, have you heard our voiceover guy? Oh, yeah, he's great. He's a fucking angel compared oh, to these people. Right. He's got rich uh, vocal You mean voice. announcer man? Uh, announcer man. Mm. Announcer man. Hollywood mo- announcer man. It's like some guy he, he comes over there. I know. And it's stupid. It's like listen. It's like a cross between announcer man and Moscow. That's what the, that's what this guy <laughs> sounds like. With so Terrence he's like, the Black's voice. So he's like half bored to death, like Moscow, and half I'm trying to do an announcer voice, like announcer man. That's what our. That's what this guy sounds like. He's right in there. So he's trying too hard and bored at the same time. Hello. And welcome to the third annual Taste Awards. I'm pretty close, I think. Actually, you're, you're not. You're That's not good. that bad. A little more, a little more bass in your voice, and you got it right Some there. Some bitterness. EQ can solve that. Brought to you by Kiko Mans. 
And now Kiko Mans, Kiko. both of them. Yeah, and and but they both did, of the Mans. but they did get it wrong all night. Like they got things wrong all night like oh. that. Oh, and now are you saying at night? And now Kiko Mans, and then we have to sit through a seven-minute infomercial oh. about Kiko Man, and it's this. Uh, I'm gonna offend somebody, but fuck it, I'm just calling it like it is. It's this Aunt Jemima type character. Yeah, this woman, this this. This large black woman with an Aunt Jemima accent talking about chicken for the next seven minutes. And she's like, do you like chicken? Well, so do I. Do you like teriyaki chicken? Me too. Now, listen, my bad accent. Again, I'm not exaggerating. This is what this person sounded like. Well, I like teriyaki chicken, too. And then she goes through, it's a commercial for Kiko Man for like eight minutes. She's talking about putting it in the oven. At some point in the middle, you know, she like puts it in the oven. Then she talks about something. And then she she's like, now I'm going to show you what it's like. And now I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. It's silent in the room. I can't believe that nobody's laughing. Did or anyone walk yelling. out? No. And so she pulls out the chicken, and I just start clapping. I'm just like, oh my god, that chicken! Because I can't take the silence. It's clearly fucking ridiculous. Did you inspire everyone else to start clapping? No, laughter, but no uh, clap. A few they're, people clap. They're yeah. still hanging in there, and you know why they're hanging in there? Because they still want to believe that it's going to be a real fucking award show. They're clinging to the hope. Well, Everybody uh, wants an award. No. And a few times well, Hollywood, few, they're going to make it. A few times she she said, "Honey," and now, sweet. honey. Honey, sweetie, and and if and I think that is more racist than using the N word. Well, I don't know. I do it because uh, because she, I enough. think I have. She, her. she just called you whitey. You're pandering to the white people, reinforcing a shitty stereotype. It's retarded. Or is sweetie even worse? This is her. You yeah. can hear her. This like, is but, her. But it's like, mm, honey, listen. This is how it started. This is the video. This is the you video clip. This is this is Kiko Man teriyaki sauce, and you know what it's for. But I'm Helen with Kiko Man, and after years of working with this stuff, I'm here to tell you this is going to be your best friend in the kitchen. We're going to go through four quick tips today. Really? With this in your hand, you're going to do some really wonderful things. What we're going to start off with, something we all know, teriyaki chicken. Yeah, we do. What does it take? Two things. Chicken, chicken and teriyaki. teriyaki sauce. How simple is that? <laughs> I'm going to pour the teriyaki sauce right on the chicken. This in the is the same video. That's Are you freaking kidding me? It's not the exact same video, but there's no fucking difference. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Actually, this is this is what happened. We sat down and this starts and I'm going Yeah. So how I, many how many people do you guess are in there? A few hundred at least, right? I, and I look over It was about a hundred. Couple okay, hundred, yeah. yeah. They're, they're all I look like, over at my executive producer, who's already nervous about me because he know because he heard the radio show where the award got announced uh, oh, when God. JP talked about it. He's already a little worried about me. And I look over at him and I go this woman is writing my radio show right now. I got, the radio gods are shining on me. I, I feel like Kiko Man is a brand that does not need to advertise. I mean, every sushi joint from coast to coast says Kiko Man soy sauce. Well, Who are they talking to? They're talking to I, the I chefs. They're talking to, to chefs and the home chefs and, and people, people on the web and stuff like that. that so, are, Justin, that, to the use, hundred people to use their. Uh, they got money to spend. Does somebody? Uh, does somebody that's around. making a, a dish with two ingredients is that really reaching Chicken out to and chefs teriyaki and home chefs? So, Justin, what were the other 100 people doing in this place? Now you cook place? it. Look at that. Just watch it. Halfway to making teriyaki chicken. No, Hopefully you thinking what I was thinking. There's no cleanup. She's using a plastic a bag. Bit. Hollywood. 
I'm going to put this in the fridge for like 30 minutes. No way. Wow, look at this. For My like, chicken is marinated. It has some really good color. This is going to be perfect. All right, you get the fucking point. This is the start of the show. This is how it begins. Yeah. And then it stops. And and, and we're like, uh, like nobody knows what to do. So a couple people start. It sounds like this. Like three of you do this with me. This is what the start of the fucking show <laughs> happens. And I at this point, I know what's in store now. I the stage has been set. The audio was terrible. The video on this big screen, it's better on YouTube. The, it's not even high definition. There's no So they they put top dollar down for this. So they then go, and now our the host of the Taste Awards. What please welcome Zane Lamprey. You and so we're all like, it. he's going to like run up to the stage. Oh, it's going to be no, badass. No. Yeah, we're all like fired up, right? Nice. Video. <laughs> Fucking video. You're shitting me. Oh. Oh. It's now another video Seriously. of Zane Lamprey in a bar somewhere in another part of the country. Is how it is? Having more fun than you. It says live on it, but what Zane is doing is this big, like, spoofy joke about how it's live, but it's not really live because the owners uh. of the restaurant that he's talking to are actually at the award ceremony. But then you find out haha, that they're actually at the bar with him. It's a thing. It's okay. It's kind of funny. I like Zane. He did his thing. Um, the point is, the whole bit, the shtick, that was the end of his hosting of the Taste Awards. I thought maybe like the video would be done, and then he'd come out and he'd be like, yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm just fucking with you. I'm here, guy. No, he's, wow. he's really in Melbourne. He he was Apparently, he got married that weekend. He was in Hawaii getting married. Uh, anyway, so the host was not the host. Who was so, the host? There's no host. There's no host. <laughs> there was no main. Well, there was it that was one dude that kind of shared it last year. Justin. But he just kind of uh, offed it. He pawned it off to like four, six other groups of people. Nicole, who's on the phone? We have a couple of callers for Drink of the Week. All right, uh, please. We have a on line one, Anything Kyle from North Carolina, from and on line two, there's this drunk chick that complained that or that uh, claims that she's been partying since last night. Well, then we're going with Drunk Chick. Uh, <laughs> drunk Chick, with what's me. happening? Hold on one second. Let me get her. Lordy, lordy, lordy. Sounds like the Taste Laura. Awards. They offer you a drunk trick, you end up with the, uh, the dude. Drunk trick. Yeah. Or they go hang on and they're not ready and they hang up on you. A little DC. You see, Jay, this is why you should always be skeptical, because then you get to be right. All right that's true. That's true. Drunk Chick, you there? All right, fuck off. No. Uh, <laughs> it's just like ah. the awards. No, uh, Laura. Kyle from North Carolina, what's happening, man? Hey, what's going on? How are you, brother? Drunk of the week? I well, yes. Act like it. Among other things. Uh, what else you got? Among other things. Well, I uh, I would love to just first of all say that you guys rock. <sighs> Thanks, um, brother. JP? Yeah, no, I found you guys about a year ago. My wife bought me uh, like a homebrew kit for last Christmas, Bless and. Soon after, I found you guys, and uh, it's been pretty amazing, i got to say. I'm glad you found us. We're like the Match.com for brewers. This is fantastic. Uh, what have no. you been drinking tonight? Uh, a lot of stuff. I've been a couple of different home brews, um, a double IPA and an ESB. What do you do for and, a living? Uh, what do I do? Yeah, what do you do? Um, I work in IT for I a university. It. I fucking knew it. I yes. should start just guessing ahead of <laughs> time. It, yeah. 
Because I knew you were thinking that, but you got to say it so people uh, wh- know. Why don't you we have right. Justin guesses your it should be from now on? Yeah. I know. I don't know. I'm going to be that accurate, but there's some times where you just go, "Yep." He's Justin guesses that your occupation. I was going to go. None. I, I like, will say I was question. I was crossed between IT and scientist, like some, something in the chemistry field. Um, Somebody who really? hates him their life well, a lot and needs to drink a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you say IT, when you say IT, are we talking porn here or what, or like real IT? Uh, no, like real IT. Okay. You know, do you guys know that most of the innovation in the IT world, like the 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 media and content delivery, comes from the porn industry? Because we strive for better and more. There's a reason why we have a printing press, and that's the porn industry. Porn industry. That's what I'm saying. They can afford it, and they need it. Oh yeah, and we want it. It's a. It's they a know we're going to pay for it. The public calls for well, it. It's 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 a commodity. You guys need right. it. We need to somehow scramble it so you guys you exactly. know can hide it from. Nobody the likes shitty and, porn. Right, Kyle. Are right. you married? I am. How would your wife know that you're drunk right now? Tell me that. What behavior <laughs> do, uh, would you do that she knows you're drunk? You're using the telephone. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I'm using the telephone, and uh, she has a, a nickname for me when I get drunk. And it's Rambles Jackson. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's like, it's like action I just keep going on and on and on, and I don't stop. And that's, yeah, you sound like me. Knows, yeah, she knows how I'm drunk because I, I don't shut up, basically. So. Never-ending story. <laughs> Rambles yeah, Jackson. Um, I could easily steal that name. I often wake up the next day and I go, Justin, shut the fuck up, man. What were you doing last night? Just fucking going on about whatever shut your mouth i think that's as that- soon as i as soon as i called in for drunk of the week she came out and was like what the fuck are you doing i am trying to go to sleep i have to work tomorrow i have tomorrow off by the way because i work for you know a university so Not luckily i've got tomorrow off. but she's like dude i have to go to sleep tonight Shut up! <laughs> yeah, what uh, what holiday is tomorrow? Can't it's a very racially okay, cool holiday. Martin Luther the like. King. Oh, it's yeah. the King Day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Martin, shit, I should have known that. Martin Luther the King. Day off for Martin Luther King. I like day, so okay. All right, yeah. Kyle, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. Yeah, man. Hey, I just want to say I love you guys. Um, you really, you've done a lot for me, home brewing wise, and. Uh, I don't know. I just want to give a shout-out. Thanks, so. brother. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening, man. Make good beer for us, yeah, will you? Yeah, yeah. All right, brother. Cheers. I think that should be a new state of mind. Rambles Jackson. Rambles Jackson. Seriously. Jackson. Yeah, we're oh, gonna, yeah. I love that. that. It's, it's A bunch of us are like that. <laughs> the drunk yeah. chick is back on line, too. Oh. All right. Lisa? Uh, drunk uh, chick, what's uh, happening? Low uh, wait wait, wait it's, a minute. It's low range. Low range. Low range. She needs to keep the change. So my <laughs> fucking old roommates um getting married yeah. in a couple months. So this was one of her first birthdays as a single woman. This is one of her last birthdays as a single woman. We all went to fucking Alton, Illinois. <laughs> it went to a bunch of casinos and I literally got dropped back off at the bar and I've been drinking for 24 hours. And I was told to call you guys. Alright, so let me get this straight. So you go to the party last night with all the broads. Yeah, I know. And I then got, you I get. Hey, shut up for a bar. second. <laughs> and then you get dropped off back at the house and you're. or at the bar. You not keep drinking. Back at, not even back at the house. Back at the, at the fucking bar. bar. Like, I literally have been 
like went to Hooters this morning. I've been like drinking, but it was drinking Bloody Marys there and got dropped back off at the bar, and I'm still standing. You gotta think the Bloody Marys at Hooters are awesome, right? <laughs> it's the only way to fight a hangover. But you do make it. It's point. the only way to fight a hangover, but also like but also the girl, like homegirl home whose birthday we're celebrating yeah. last birthday is a single woman was puking in the morning. She's not Atta even girl. there. We're like which, celebrating uh, her birthday. Hey, low range. Which one of you got? Which one of you girls banged a stripper last night? Someone did. Ah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, a, Somebody a did. Of, a lot of the guys that we were with were totally all about. And by the way, one of you, Illinois, one of you blew best, a stripper not last the night. Best place to this, to, um, have you guys ever been to Fast Eddie's? No. Oh yeah, yeah. we were just there last night. <clears throat> I've been there. That's just over on Main Street, oh, right? God. Fast Eddie's. We Fast must have missed you. Best. Out in Illinois, by the way, went to, oh, went really, to the casino. Casino kind of sucked. Bartender didn't really know how to yeah. do things, and we went to Fast Eddie's, and it was fucking awesome. And I would have to say, one thing I can tell you this morning it was last night. Fast Eddie was bomb, but I also have been doing this all day, and it's kind of silly. And I was yeah. all right, all right, all right. I get it. You sound drunk. You're definitely drunk. I don't even want this much information from my girlfriend from her she dad. Sa- she definitely sounds you drunk. No, actually, I can't so handle you. No, I can't. Well, I'm fucking. I'm. I'm. I'm fucking happy. I called you guys because uh, I was good. told to. We're glad to have you. My friend is a really good brewer, and I was told to call you guys. Nice I'm glad to we can make you. it happen. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm still standing tonight, like me. Yeah, all right, you're in the running for drunk of the week. Thanks, Low Range. She all makes right. someone's Cheers. life real long. Cheers. Okay. There you go. There you have it. What happens Low in Elton stays in Elton. I think we've got one of our uh, one of our lovely sponsors on the line for Drunk of the Week too. Uh, Who's drunk? Hi, Jade from HopTech. Yeah. Hi, Jade. Nice. How you doing? What's up, Jade? Winner. I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing all right. You know, getting some some, real phone calls. Are you Are you drinking tonight, Jade? You know, we started drinking probably you know some homebrew at about eleven o'clock this morning. Oh, (laughs) well done. Yeah, I like it. And then yeah. And then we rolled on over to Handles after we got done with work, and and I had a few samplers over there. Very nice. And had a couple and had a couple glasses of the Drake's Pink Boots Saison. Woohoo! Oh, I haven't had that yet. Real and, good beer. Uh, you know, it's really nice, and it's even getting better with age. Indeed. Okay. And then and then we rolled on home, and we've been drinking Sierra Nevada Ruthless Rye. And then I've also been drinking some stuff that my sister makes, oh. which is an apple pie thing. It's 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 apple site. It's apple juice infused with with Gorgon Everclear one ninety one proof. And, uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Hooch, I get it. Yeah. Augmenting with. And we've been augmenting with other natural things, and um, oh, and I'm, I'm like feeling coffee good, baby. Or what? I hear and, Roberto and in the background. Coach you through. He's like, he's, Roberto's back there. It's the cousin, <laughs> you know. Roberto's back there. <laughs> Make sure they understand it. <laughs> Did you say coffee colonic? Well, you guys are having a hell of a Sunday. It's natural. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, you were, we're still trying to come down after the month of December and then the whole Christmas gig. And, no, and, you're you know, not. Taking a deep breath. Hey, this is a good way to come down, if you ask me. Obviously, you're not trying to come down. <laughs> you're trying to prolong the whole thing. <laughs> right. 
Go back up. Well, no, now we're just trying to ramp up for the brew fest, you know, and we were trying to Sweet. organize our beers, you know, so that, our, so that the best things are going to Concord. But good, it doesn't good. matter because, you know, we're still in brew shop and we can't pour beer or anything. No, that's true. But, but uh, hypothetically, you would be pouring beer at your booth at our Winter Brews <laughs> Fest. You can go to winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com and get tickets to that. Hop Tech will be out there. Um, in the meantime, they're just and having come, a little party and tonight. Come talk, and come talk to us about sorghums because I'm brewing sorghums okay okay all right jade you are I'm now in the running green. for the first time but ever i think for drunk of the week i am i am <laughs> and just to let you know i'm a real high functioning drunk so i might not sound drunk but i really am <laughs> but i'm really but i'm gonna go pass out on roberto right now <laughs> yo baby yeah <laughs> can you keep can you keep this rolling until about the 27th so we can be a good judge on that <laughs> right all right thanks jade you're you know, in the running i'm i'm a, I'm a high energy chick I can tell. <laughs> All right. Drunk of the Week in the running. Thank you, Jade. Thank you, Justin. Bye-bye. Badass. Bye. Drunk sponsor. That doesn't happen often. It's pretty good. No, That's not very pretty often cool. at all. All right, I got a couple other other calls in there, but hang on, let me do the next thing now. So, so we go Bang. through the Kiko Mens thing, then we go through the uh, you know, I, the host isn't even really there. He does his video and then he stops. And then they call up the first presenter, right? I don't know who the fuck who, the presenter Who? The O guy calls up. The, the presenter, presenter was in person <laughs> yeah. or also on video? And now, somebody that you don't really know, unless, <laughs> unless you watch not the cooking channel, but the cooking cooking channel. It's like some other, like I don't even know what these channels yeah. are. Yeah. Deep, deep. Yeah. He's not even here. Yeah. If you watch the baking channel, then, then your next host will be very familiar. <clears throat> and it's just awful fucking If you liked voice. our YouTube It's, it's really worse than that. I'm telling you, I swear to God, it is a cross between our guy and Moscow. It's, <laughs> and now... Thank you, Zane Lamprey. Now that Zane... And he's, he does a lot of obvious statements. Yeah. Thank you, Zane. Now that Zane is finished, your first presenter. <laughs> and like, he doesn't even, like, like, say who it is because they don't know who it is because they just, like, got it at the last minute. And they come up to the podium. Now, Nate, you're going to like this. And I don't know if anyone's going to relate to this. Okay. But for me, it was the final nail in the coffin of how I know how fucked up this award ceremony is going to be and how the radio gods are shining upon me. The first presenter walks up the handicap stairs, sorry, the retard stairs, up to the up to the podium. Tard. And when they get to the podium, yeah. there is not a microphone attached to the podium. Okay. It's a handheld microphone connected to a wire that's laying on the podium so oh that wow. they have to pick up <laughs> and hold in their hand. And it's probably not even an SM58 no. for us band guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a beautiful live microphone. Yeah, that's a standard. I would never use it at a fucking award no, ceremony. Fuck no. But it's not even that. It's like some audio technica. They grab it off of the podium, so, and it's got a cable. It's got a wire hanging, like hanging off of it. They don't even give the presenters a podium microphone to come up to. Not it. a stand, nothing. And at this wow. moment... Radio Shack special. I'm about coming out of my skin, because I can't hold back my excitement for how awful this show is about to be. Oh. And it just goes on from there. Uh... The presenters will get up and and do their uh, presentation. Well, it, the 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 best part is the the first guy who comes up was I think co-host with Zane or he's part of the program of that thing. So Saw him he, on he, there once. he had done it before, and 
the announcer guy, uh, you know, says the presenter or whatever, and the guy gets out of his seat, and he's like four rows back, and by this time, everyone's so disenchanted with the whole thing. Right. They're clapping. They stop clapping Halfway, halfway, but halfway before he gets to this thing, and then he gets up and has the fucking balls to chew the audience out and say, "Could you guys show a little more respect than that when when you call the winners up and oh, continue the clapping really? until they get to when the, the stage. next presenter comes up? I hope you can have a little more respect." Yeah. And we're just going like, "I don't even know who you are, so fuck you." Meanwhile, it's it's all they have for lighting is a spot. That's what? it. There's no soft lights. There's no globes. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's like, just a spot on him. Like a hair light from the back. That's and <laughs> nothing. It's just from the top, and it it, it, it looks oh, disgusting. It's atrocious. It's mm. such a... <sighs> and so, so, it's just... It's the production value. They're not even yeah. paying attention like to the production value. I think it's, it, it is so, an award show um, just to be on social media. So, they paid some guy yes. and his partner yeah. a couple of bucks... They're a new a new uh, company there in Hollywood to do the production. So we're, we're well, I, th- I think I it's all in-house. I would have thought so, except yeah. that the clips that I can find here to play you are from uh, the first year, and it's the exact same production as was this year. So they've learned nothing. So even like the logo on the screen in the background, like you know when you watch these award shows, they'll go you know best you know asshole, and they show some great. <laughs> Uh, graphic. Even the graphic on the screen that they're showing, it's like pixelated and distorted because I think they're, sh- even though it's not a movie theater, they're, they're showing it from an iPhone in the back <laughs> of the room. Uh, God, it's, it's really bad. So trying to find a good clip. Get to the part for where you. Selena Gomez comes So, out. so are a lot of the nominees from like, you know, Ohio, Missouri, Mississippi, Tennessee, North Carolina, like around the I United States. They, it? they didn't say because no. half of them are are literally half of them literally are on YouTube. Oh, most of the nominees were on YouTube, and the clips that they would play from the nominee. By the way, uh, let me just point this out: we didn't win in our category. Right? What? Zane Lamprey. You in, paid yourself to go all the way down in, there, and, in, yeah. dude. In my opinion, deservedly, uh, Zane yeah. Lamprey won in our category. Uh, he, it's a good show. Production value is good and everything. Zane um, and 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 probably Anthony Bourdain, who got nominated and won in his category, of course. Yeah. And Zimmerman. By the way, and, neither one of them are going to fucking be there. Right. They're the two, of course, that, that you know uh, they should have won. Um, didn't show up to to get an award. Uh, so I'm totally happy to have have been uh, defeated by Zane. I'm just I'm putting that out there for for. Full disclosure, I don't really care about winning this, this this award. And in fact, afterward, somebody said to me, "He goes, you know, don't don't rip the taste awards apart too much, you know, on, when you <laughs> yeah. go on your show." Because okay. he knew, like he knew, and he's like, "Just don't, you know." He's like, "You never know what they're going to be, and uh, you know, in a couple of years they could be big." What about next year? What if we do the show again? You know, and I'm just thinking. Did you just watch the same show? I can't, I don't want this award. I don't. I do not want to win this award. <laughs> there were people that won this award that came up on stage and they were like, uh, "Thanks," and then got down and walked off. Like that was it, really? Because everyone could see the production of this thing was. Uh, the presenters would be reading their cards and they'd be reading like the previous awards card. Like it was a duplicate of the last card. If they could even read it, they made the card so small that, and there's no lighting up there. Yeah. So they couldn't read. And most of the people were like, I can't, 
literally can't read this. So everybody would stop. Like, the whole room would stop, and including the people off to the side who were, like, running the thing. And they would walk up and take the card and look at it. Everybody's silent and watching this. And they go, oh, yeah, you're right. And then they go back, and they'd find the right card, and they'd bring it back to them. I'm telling you. You can't. my membership. You can't write to this company. You can't write to this To the Tasty Awards SAG. Finally, at the end, at, All the, right. at the end, this broad, this broad, uh, the only famous broad there, she's the... Um, Debbie Mazar. Who? Debbie Mazar. Oh, I know who she is. She's the broad who's the publicist on Entourage. Yeah. I know who she is. Yep. Uh, she's been in a shitload of stuff. Oh, yeah. I really like her. She's kind of hot, too. Yeah, I really like her. She's actually super hot. She has like a sexy thing about her. Yeah. yeah. She has like some cooking show that started out on the internet, and now it's like a show. Yeah. Her and her husband. She's she, on Dancing with the Stars. She won a couple of awards. That night, and gave these really long speeches. She's like the only one there. But by the time she got her second award, I'm pretty sure that they had run out of uh, the physical awards. So they just <laughs> so they they recycled her first one. They like you go you, again. Like as she walked by, they're like, "Hey, can you give us the first one?" And gave me, and then they handed her that one. Wow. Like they had run out of these things. I'm also convinced that they paid her to be there. Oh, they uh, had to have. I mean, she's the only celebrity there. She's got to show up. Uh, and she gave these, like, whereas everybody else got up and made fun of it, uh, she got up there and gave this, like, serious, you know, sort of, either she's really into herself and doesn't care what the award is, or she got paid. It's probably both. Or can we get uh, her in the studio? Well, here, let me play this to you. We this could probably is... get her anywhere if we pay her enough. So I had this. We got, we got unlimited funds. Come on. They would also do this like thing. got salaries over here. They would also do this thing where, like, the, the presenters would come up and they'd go, um, we're about to do the award for Best uh, Beverage Show. So now, here are the nominees for Best Beverage Show. And then the recording would play. And now, here are the nominees for Best Beverage Show. Yeah. Every time. Exciting. And I laughed every fucking time. <laughs> I laughed every I laughed 23 times. It happened 23 times is how many awards they were. It was funny every time. On the screen, you could see they had this shitty-ass distorted logo, and they had 13 awards, right? And I'm like, all right, well, that's not going to be too long. Right. They like posted. You, they showed you going down the list, uh-huh, which is kind of fucking janky, by the way, but I appreciate it's it. It's super janky. It had the list, and then it would highlight what they were on. Was, they weren't even using like iMovie. I don't know what the fuck they were when using. When can I get out of it? I think they were using Windows Paint. MS Paint. Yeah. MS Paint. So they get to 13, and I'm like, oh, this guy, whew, thank God. Yeah. They fucking reset the screen. It goes to 23. I'm so upset. Well, okay, so (laughs) the first award right out of the gate. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. The first award right out of the gate was an honorary award for animation. Right. Dealing with food now. Remember, this is the food. But it did? Kung Fu Panda 2. That was their honorary award for animation. That was their honorary award for animation. So For the food... Beverage and Design Awards. So why? The, because he's fat. The clip they no, played. No, because it, it's, it's it's Panda Express, the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Wow. Well, thank you for clearing yeah. that up for now me. Now we get some connection. <laughs> the, the clip the clip they played was from Kung Fu Panda One. Yeah. It was? And, yeah, the food part when he's training with the dumpling, that was from the first movie. It was. And then they played half of the second movie. And then uh, the announcers, uh, the presenters didn't even know that it was an honorary award. They were waiting to hear the other nominees. Oh. Then they, the lights come back on and they go, and our second category. They didn't even present the award. <laughs> they had no idea what was going on. So they 10 had no awards idea. later. 
10 awards so later, it's just a train the guy wreck. who's like the behind the scenes guy has to get up on the podium and say, oh, before we go to our next award, the guys from whoever made that DreamWorks. fucking shitty ass movie, That's the guys be- from DreamWorks are here to uh, receive their honorary award that was our first award from tonight. 45 minutes ago. We're sorry we didn't do it. The presenters didn't know it was an honorary what? award. Can we please welcome DreamWorks to the stage? Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. And the guy stands up. He's just, he looks embarrassed for everybody. Totally embarrassed. Takes the award and goes, um, thanks. I saw our name come up and I kind of didn't know what was going on. And then the next award was presenting and I just figured I'd sit here and wait. I, I wonder if they had free wine still in the lobby. Yeah. So I was headed out that way. I was, I and then he sat down. I was like, that's perfect. I was just yeah, walking was by perfect. outside and someone said, <laughs> yeah. you know, can hey, you the award? They're you giving you the award in here. Come on uh. in. So here's an example of like, and this is a good example, uh, but at least you'll get to hear the production value of the, it, here's how it goes. Someone would announce it, like I said, like a person would go, and now the award for whatever, and then the recording would come on. This is from year one, so they didn't even figure it out three years later Surprise. that it's stupid. Next one, it's my pleasure to introduce the Passion Award to Joanne Weir for her spirit, great taste, example, and beauty. Let's take a look at Joanne's work. Outstanding Passion Award. That's the guy's voice. Yeah. Sounds like a whore. Outstanding Passion Award. But what would always happen, this is from last year. I couldn't get audio from this year because I'm sitting in there. They had a they had a podium mic last year. What they happened? had a podium mic last year. But the but the graphic on the, the screen cuts, and the voice and everything else and is the music. And now the... I don't know what you want to do. Just give me the voice of the guy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like the same like violin, like weird fucking sound every time. And now... The Passion Award. It's supposed to like show... So anyway, it goes on and on and on. It just keeps going. And at one point when they run out of the awards and they have to recycle the awards... I'm just, at this point, I can't take it anymore. I'm screaming out loud. I'm laughing. I'm jumping out of my seat. I'm like, people are looking at me all funny because I can't hold it in anymore. I'm so ecstatic about the comedy. Had Now, had JP come on the show originally and said, hey, there's this comedy show that we have to go to, right. I would have been like, fuck yeah, I'm there. I'll see you in a minute. I think it was put on by an improv troupe. I really do. <laughs> And I, I it was like t- the best in show of award shows. And and it's a good thing Taryn was sitting in between us. Because if you and I were sitting together... Oh, God. It, we would have been the show. Actually, it would have been better for everybody else. Because it was... It was that bad that we would have been better than everybody else. And everybody who won wasn't there. So no. at one point, like, JP and I were about to just go up and start accepting awards. Yeah. Because we thought it'd be fucking You should have. Just, like, take great. one of them. See what I think they actually did at one point. There's someone was like, does somebody, anybody want to come up and accept this award for someone? You're right. And they then did Debbie Mazar stood up. They just want to show. They just want you to yeah. they want someone to be there. It was Such a sham. Wow. It w- oh, no. Excuse me. They were asking for a rep from Kikoman. Who is the key sponsor? Who wasn't? Oh, that's true. Who wasn't there? They're right there with the wine. <laughs> the key sponsor they, wasn't even. They there. They couldn't even send like a some. They mid, sent in mid-level a manager guy or anything. They couldn't even take one of the like the ushers and say, you know what, oh. you're going to be from Kikomon. Just- or wouldn't you, if it was your show? Like, look, if I was my show and we had gotten a sponsor, yeah. I'd know if they were there or not. Yes. So I would know whether or not to make a big deal and go. Can we get the representative from Kikoman to come on up here and say a few words? And then, 
crickets. I wonder if the representative There's, was there and they're like, I'm not going up there. Fuck you. They might have been. They're like, and now, welcome to the third annual Taste Awards. Oh. Can we please get our Kiko Man representative up to the stage? <laughs> that would have been better. Apparently, Kiko Man is not here tonight. <laughs> I'm just But they word. are the proud sponsor of the third annual Taste Awards. Yeah, Very real proud. proud. Thank you. Yeah. Did you say this was televised? I don't know. I don't think so. It couldn't be. It couldn't have been. It was on YouTube. I'm pissed. Right? It I was really streaming. kind of pissed you didn't tell me De- Debbie Mazar was going to be there. It was streaming online know. somehow. Oh. I didn't know. I had no idea. Did you, did you see her in Goodfellas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was a whore in that. Oh, yeah. I like whores. You want to you talk about the actual video clips? That they were playing? Well, that, yeah, briefly, though, because you had to really see it. I was hoping for some things of that. But basically, you know what? Like in any award show, like with the movies, they show, here's your nominees. And then they show you four clips. Yeah. And they pick the most fantastic clips you can find, right? I mean, yeah. they're nominated for an award. These clips didn't, they were total non sequiturs. They didn't even make sense with what was going on. Like they would do the best comedy food award or something. And then they would show a completely not even trying to be funny clip from a show. It'd be two guys talking about lettuce that didn't, if they weren't even trying to make a joke. Even they would have said it wasn't funny. And they would, not only that, at How the end of the edit, they would just chop the editing off. So, so for, for when BYOB came up, for example, they showed a segment with me and JP talking to two homebrewers about how we want to find the best homebrewer. And like right as I'm about to say, we're here to find the best home brewer. This is how it went. You know, JP does his thing, comes to my part. We're here to find our best. <laughs> and now the winner of the net. <laughs> like they just cut it. Like when it was a chop things nice. off in the middle of a word. Yeah. It was some fucking retard up in a booth that was using MS Paint to edit video. <laughs> but you can't even do it. Yeah. That's how bad it was. You couldn't even do it. I don't even understand how this fucking thing got this far or why anybody shows up to this thing. Because some of those people were like repeat people. They must yeah. be getting paid to be there. They have to be. And someone hammered a big check from Kikoman. Oh, God. Who was that person? I, I mean, it, it couldn't have gone just to rent for the thing. And, and I'm telling you, somebody's telling me, like, yeah. don't, don't, don't bash him too much because what if we get nominated next year? And I'm going, did you fucking see that? I don't want to be nominated next year. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be associated with it. No, it what was. They become big later. Fuck them. <laughs> because they've been fucking... stealing people's money for however many fucking years before they got big. Fuck them. We're actually right. going to start calling Tasty Mike. Half these people no. ate this year because of this fucking mo- Seriously, some asshole in L.A. is making his whole fucking living off of this piece of shit because he clearly didn't pay an editor. He didn't pay. He didn't pay a guy to run the spotlight. The spotlight would like would would be stuck on the janitor half the time. that, That was the house guy. The well, whole and thing. I mean, I couldn't believe that's it. That's a good with the spotlight. They they would move it because one lady almost f- fell. She almost fell her she, because there's oh. no lighting except for that spot. Right. So when the women are moving down the the the, the stage, the the whatever, and the the guy has the mic. <laughs> Is starting to talk. The spotlight is on the people moving down the stairs. <laughs> this, the people who are supposedly in entertainment, quote unquote entertainment, right, 
are just continuing to talk, even though the whole focus of the room is pulled wherever the spotlight is, which is the point of a spotlight. You couldn't write this shit. A part of me admires the consistency. Oh, it was... It was that way. Every single part of it was horrendous. It's true, because at one point, you're going... This has to stop. Like, they were just a bunch of accidents. They're going to get it together. You, you you think that. You want that for them. I didn't want that for them. No. But people want that for them. Uh, and um, uh, But no, it never gets together. It gets worse and worse all the way through. You can't write it. It was yeah. the best in show of, of well, that's you know, why. like the movie Best in Show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like this awful. It was that of awards ceremonies. It was incredible. Like, that's why most of the nominees are, are YouTube guys. Right. Because right? they can bring them in and say, oh, you're a big deal. And You're a really big effing deal. You better pay and come to go to, to our ceremony. It's a yeah. big, it's really big. It blew it's an honor. My, it blew my mind. Never again. Fuck them people. Oh, the the best idiots. We got Hollywood award shows. If you really take them apart, they are crap. Oh. But they're and, crap because they're they're long winded. No, but they're just crap. But, but so so every other one yeah. from that top tier down is only going to be worse. But they're I mean the 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 they're boring, which is why they're crap. At least no, the production value is great, and then we're le- we're as we're leaving, we're in line to get out of the theater. It couldn't happen fast enough. I wish there was a fire. Some lady goes, "Do you think the Oscars have these kind of problems?" And then her friend goes, "Yeah, I, I bet they do. Really? Do you? It, oh, and some of the problems they were saying were uh, exchanged awards." People were handing out the wrong awards, and then these people go, "Oh, apparently I'm uh, Cindy from the no. Cooking Channel." Yeah, and it guy, had the wrong name on it. One oh. guy got up to accept his award, and he's like, um, "I counted. Four I just people. got the Passion Award." And the other lady who won the Passion Award was like, "Oh yeah, our- yeah, you're right, because I got the Best Show Award. It's over here." And they walked up to each other in mid fucking thing and exchanged yeah. awards. It's like you guys are in entertainment. That's you're beautiful. Debbie fucking Mazar. You've been in movies since the fucking she 1980s, dude. Man, even NHC. and you stop the whole thing, grind it to a halt, so you can nice. move your toothpick ass up. To switch awards. Even the NEC gets that right. It's like, you win IPA, and I go up there, it's like, it's, huh. this says uh, Paul Sangster on it, by the way, for Doppelbach. And then I go, oh, that's Paul actually right. No, Nate didn't win. Yeah. It actually it's is a hard win. Because uh, here's the award, and amazing. here's uh, the card they for it. mine up, too. So here, I, so I wrote this song for JP and oh, the Taste Awards. For me? I want to play it for you right uh, now. Oh, I do. Good. I want this. I want you to know that I wrote this for you. You guys, neither of you, don't stop believing. One day you're going to uh, walk down the red carpet. Uh, yeah. And one day the Taste Awards are going to be something. <laughs> and they'll still play a Kiko Man's commercial beforehand, but yeah. then they're going to be something. Hey, we had fun, though. I had fun. I had a great time. I did have fun. Yeah. I told you. Had you told me it was going to be a comedy show, I'd have been in from the beginning. That was the prize, bro. You know. <laughs> Wanted to see if you were worth it. You didn't no, tell me. But, I mean, the, the awards were shitty. Yeah. But we got free, really expensive wine beforehand. And afterwards, yeah, got fed for free. Hung out at the bar next door. Had a good time. Heard Brian Shar sing. And, oh yeah, uh, Brian Shar went down because he was on the program. He sang um, uh, New York, New York, New York, New York. Yeah, yeah, but nothing was for where, where, where free. I spent a fucking at? fortune on where, that. Where, where weekend. do you sing? Well, ridiculous. Right. Wait, he sang what? Uh, where, karaoke. Where? Yeah, ca- uh, oh, karaoke. karaoke. Yeah, not at the. Uh, Did event. you feel oh, was like a celebrity? No, I felt like a fucking jackass. Oh, yeah. But even if it was a big event, I still would have felt like a jackass. I never feel like that. It's retarded. Exactly. I don't like that whole yeah. fucking Why'd thing. You, well, then they totally. Why do you get the bill for the taxes on this little freaking bag you got? <laughs> <laughs> the just bag. wait. Just wait. Till it's gonna that be like happens. nine dollars. 
They should have made you feel like a celebrity. That's the point. And well, then you want to come back. They make you feel special. They didn't need, I don't even know who no. they were. Come on, there were no they? officials around at any That's the time. Point. There were no like people who I, did the thing. I want to... Hollywood is Because they knew it was shit also. They're like, I'm not, I'm kinda, not going. You kind of want to email them and tell, ask them for our money back. Justin, Hollywood is bullshit till you come back to Pacheco, and that's where you're a celebrity. <laughs> Okay. I don't want either. I don't want Hollywood or to be a celebrity. Uh, in Pacheco? I don't want to be bothered with these fucking things is what I want. Oh, yeah, right. I'm retarded. That's absolutely right. These things are ridiculous. We're all going to sit around and pat each other on the no. back about how great we are. Fuck that. They're so retarded. And any one of them. And, oh. The, and the, oh, make sure you put on the right thing and you fucking say the right thing. Fuck that. I'll tell you what, I hope I do make it in television and radio and have a bunch of big deals happening so I can tell them all to fuck off with their shit. It's bullshit. I think you already did. <laughs> well, I, all I did was tell the taste people to do it. No, I'm pretty sure you told <laughs> I haven't gone far enough too. yet. I have a lot more people to tell. Well, wait till you taste those rosemary olive oil chips. <laughs> then I'll be back into be it. Back. Oh, yeah. Even that, I just felt like an asshole walking around with my fucking goodie bag all night. Like, I gotta pick up this bag and I gotta walk around with it. Yeah. The only reason was because I knew that Kate. Tater because chips? if I came home without the goodie bag, Kate the Great would be so pissed off at me. You There's a lot of good makeup in there. I didn't get the goodie bag. A lot of they're good getting, skincare. They're getting probably. you ready for brown bagging it, watering around in LA after you lose on something like that. Oh yeah, what a mess. All right, who do we have, Nicole? You're just pissed because you went to the B party. Let's see, I think next is uh, line four, Ian from Houston. Houston. Ian, what's happening, man? Uh-oh. I think he cocked his shotgun. Oh, pulley. Face down. (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) Oh, I finally got on. (laughs) Click. Oh, here we go. Whoops. Houston, we have a problem. Ian, what's up, brother? I'm just trying to drink a bunch of beers after running the Houston Marathon today, and, uh... Trying to get through 26 of them. Doesn't sound like a Texas accent to me. I think he has a great Texas accent. Yeah, he has an awesome Texas accent. So let me get this straight. Uh, many people talk like me in Houston. You yeah, did, I bet they do. So you did a you did a marathon this morning. How how far? How far did you run? 26, 26 miles. 26.2 miles. And then you got drunk after. Um, just started going through the kegerator, going through all the beers, and then but it was brew day, so I had to brew as well. Really? God oh, damn it. Wow. <laughs> Does he do it? <laughs> Could you make me feel just a little lazier? <laughs> oh, I also <laughs> saved a baby. <laughs> yeah. What I'm else did you do? It wasn't planned. I, I, I meant to brew yesterday. And oh, damn. thought it was all ready to go, and, but it had to be today. Had a, little, you, had a little marathon in the meantime. In the meantime. <laughs> What'd you brew? It's a, a porter. A a Jamil's porter. Okay. All right. And what have you been drinking all day? You should do an eight-hour boil. It's fine. No big deal. Um, I got uh, some fantastic Imperial IPA on 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 draft, and that's mostly that one. That's why I'm kind of not really doing the 26 pints, because that's kind of strong. And then some uh, Dale's Pale Ale clone. That's my, that's my favorite beer. All right. Are you married? Uh, no, not, not anymore. Do you no, want to be? This is now a bachelor pad. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been divorced? So, yeah, this was like run a, run a, run a marathon and then brivia. So, yeah. There's n- Just keeping yourself busy. <laughs> That's what I do today. What else, what else is <laughs> there? Yeah. You're divorced. Uh, Beer, running. It's good for me. That's not bad. And the other stuff in the kegerator is uh, some fine English IPA and a dry stout. 
Okay. So you, so you sound you sound pretty clear though. Would you would you say you're you're drunk or are you just kind of drunk? I was kind of excited to like uh, tell you guys what was going on, but uh, no, I'm I'm hurting. You're going to be heard more tomorrow, I think, from the running and the drinking. <laughs> Would your friends say you're drunk? Uh, i got a friend here. Would you say I'm drunk? Yeah. Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. You're in the running for Drunk of the Week, my friend. Thanks, man. Impressive. Cheers, brother. All right. What else we got, Nicole? Uh, let's see. Uh, line two is uh, Hyde from Chicago. Hyde, what's happening, brother? Ah. <laughs> how, how can I compete with a marathon? Yeah, I you, don't know. And and a brew day. Or a triathlon. Well, you can and get drunker. How, I went shopping. That's about as good as I can get. <laughs> hey, well, at least gonna, you contributed to the economy in your area. That bastard you, didn't. A marathon of spending. <laughs> yeah, I, a marathon. I had trouble getting up to go to breakfast. Yeah. Me, you and me well, both. you relate to us more that way, for sure. Yeah, we didn't exactly. run any marathon, right, exactly. nor we up. That's why I just eat my own feculents. I woke up, and I drank some more. I don't know what that is. Poop. No. Yeah, I woke up, had a mimosa, went what shopping. Time? What time did you get up? Where are you from? Uh, say 10.30, Chicago. Okay. No. Or mimosa, right when you got up. All right. And then what? And then I went shopping. And uh, dropped off my very first entry into my very first uh, competition. Oh yeah! Cool. Oh yeah! Very what cool. was it? It's a uh, oatmeal stout that I uh, nibbed with uh, uh, cacao nibs. What competition? Nice. Just a local one. All right. Good job. First one, huh? How long have you been homebrewing? First one. Uh, less than a year. Oh, a boy! Very nice cool. work. All right. You're going to get some good feedback there. Yeah, I'd like to see how that that's, turns that's out. That's kind of what I'm going for. Is your boyfriend I'm home? I'm going for the feedback <laughs> one, anything. But, oh. Oh. I'm just fucking with you. <coughs> no, but really, is he? Because <laughs> we'd love to talk to him. <laughs> if he is, my wife would be pissed. She would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> is your wife's boyfriend home? Good <laughs> No, he's at her place. One of you is going to be pissed, yeah, no matter what. Zinger. <laughs> that is an inappropriate word. Hey-o. How would your wife know that you're drunk right now? Because uh, I talk too much and neglect the beer in my glass. Oh, you do? Well, you just leave it sitting there and just yapping away? Pretty much. It's pretty funny that uh, most of the callers we get yeah. say that they're drunk because yeah. they talk too much. Yep. <laughs> which is probably why they're on the phone <laughs> wanting to tell somebody new that they that they are drunk. It's a common theme. But I'm telling you, I can relate, man. Yeah. I dig it. The rest of the time I shut my mouth, but uh, either on the microphone or on the drink. Yeah, and, but, and then, but then again, yeah, well. when they're on the phone, then they get kind of quiet. They're like, well, yeah, and then they had, um, then I did this thing, something. Yeah, <laughs> they don't right. seem that mouthy, do they? No. Yeah, yeah. All right, Hyde. Uh, well, there's a bit of a delay. Come on. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So uh, give me a total number of drinks that you've had today since your mimosa this morning. Uh, since the mimosa, probably about seven pints. Seven pints. All right. Oh. Nice. All right. It's pretty good if you weighed 10 pounds. What? <laughs> Called out. I'm about one, 145, 150. What's your BMI? All right. All right, Hyde. You're in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. I can't. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Hell, I think I've had that since I've been here. All right. Who's on one, Nicole? Um, 
paper thin flounder. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> paper thin. What's oh. up, man? How are you, brother? <laughs> paper thin here. <laughs> Sounds like paper's at a party. Yep. I'm right. party, man. Uh, what's going on? Are you at your own party? Uh, yes. You guys aren't working tomorrow, are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's Martin Luther King Day, man. Come on. Martin Luther yeah. the King, well, baby. Or like a rock star. Yes, what are, you, what are you, a student or a government worker? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well done. Uh, yeah. Are you drunk? I'm getting there. How drunk are I'm you? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the drunkest you've ever been, how drunk are you right now? Oh, Jesus. The drunkest I've ever Okay. 5, maybe? 6? Let's okay. go 6. All right. Let's you've been, go 6. Because <laughs> you've been pretty drunk before, it sounds like. Yeah, well, yeah. What's what's the worst thing you've ever done while drinking? What's the? You, I know you remember it. What's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Board a homebrew podcast. Pins <laughs> <As a call. laughs> <laughs> my bed. Pissed your bed. Was yeah, any was anybody else in the bed with you when you pissed it? My kid. No, but that, that's that's uh, no, but uh, it's not so that bad. Actually, having my room, they have my roommate. <laughs> This, uh, yesterday, actually. I was dating this broad once. Uh, she was a lesbian, but we were... But did you try to turn her until after No, I wasn't. It just accidentally happened. We were sleeping together. Oh, and, you turned uh, her. I went out drinking, and uh, I pissed the bed right next to her. That turned her into a lesbian, right? And I told her, I, I don't know if she believed it or not. She might have just been sweet enough to like let me go with it. Uh, I was like, uh, are you pissing right now? He is uh, pissing right now. Guarantee you. Paper thin. Are you uh, taking a piss right now? Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well done. He's like, I don't give a shit about Jay's story. I'm fu- I, I got to fucking piss. I gotta piss. So I pissed, but I woke up like I jumped, I jumped out of bed, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sweaty. Like, I, I get sweaty sometimes. <laughs> so sweaty, but mainly on my wiener. <laughs> but, just, but I had pissed so much that it was like from my belly to my knees. Like, I was pissed everywhere. I was just like, oh, I'm so sweaty. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, I just, I get sweaty sometimes. And she, I think she was probably just sweet enough to be like, yeah, it's cool. You know, I know. You're, I know it you. smells like sweat yellow. Oh, I fucking pissed yeah. all over myself. Right. Oh, so you you ripped your clothes off, and she was still a lesbian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She had big boobies. Big lesbian boobies. Oh. Anyway. Awesome. Uh, all right, paper thin. You, you so. lost another one to the other side. <laughs> uh, right, so what have you been drinking? Are you out at a bar? Are you at your house? No, I'm at I'm at the uh, apartment, uh, but uh, I've been drinking a lot of PBR, of course, unfortunately, and, uh, <laughs> JP and a little homebrew. And a little homebrew. <laughs> I just had a uh, Breckles Brown from Anchor, actually, for the first time. That's good beer. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. Right. And I've got a I've got two bottles of champagne ready to go because the Packers lost it. So I'm pretty happy about that. You are, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Yes, yes. All right. A bear sure fan every, over here. I'm sure everyone in uh, you know Utah is excited with it. But <laughs> fuck you, JP. Out <laughs> of boy, hang on, I'm going to give you a star for that. I don't think it'll help. <laughs> yeah, I think he gets Thank a you. star for that one. Yeah. I don't think it'll help, but if you want to, I mean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, uh, what was the, what what kind of homebrew you have? You said you had some homebrew. Uh, 
few pints. I have a English mild, which it doesn't really count because it's only three and a half percent. Well, they call it mild. <laughs> only oh, only when you're drunk does the low alcohol beer just not even count. It's like at the end of the yeah, night, you're like, oh, I'm totally <laughs> fucked I up. 12. I'm just going to drink a Pilsner. Yeah, that, that was your hydration. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that'll, that's like that so low like, alcohol. Like, just hydrate like me. Beer water. <laughs> Is it good, though? And I got an Irish red and uh, four extra stout that I had a few pints of. Is it good? But yeah. Just to start the night off, you know. Are they good? I a lot of PBR after that. Okay. Oh. All right, paper thin. You sir are in the running for drunk of the week. Fucking a. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Why are you called paper thin? Because uh, I'm a, a very tall, thin man. <laughs> How tall are you? Paper. I'm like six one and like a hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty thin. That's that's heroin addict right there. That's cancer, yeah. dude. <clears throat> yeah. If only I did heroin, damn it. Right. Then you'd really win Drunk of the Week. I'll <laughs> the, tell you that right night, now. The night is young. <laughs> that's, yeah. called, that's heroin shit. Yeah, give me an edge. Give me an edge. All right, brother. We're going to vote. Go party. All right. Thanks, man. Later. All right. Paper thin, everybody. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> I love that name. JP, let's go through our Twitter uh, uh, submissions of the week, if we can. What's it doing? We can. Uh, before we do we that, I just want to say, uh, you guys remember about this uh, Beer Judge Education Program? Yes. Oh, yeah. No. You know, it's the online uh, BJCP situation. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me find it myself so I can, so yeah, I can yeah. help you understand. I remember they had a rad deal going on for discount. This is the yeah. one that helps you uh, study for the test? Yeah, I don't think yep. the discount's going on right now uh, because they were doing it just for a limited time only. Limited rhyme rolling. Oh, where's my thing? I got it right here. Uh, That's the second like Nicole butthead style that. laugh from Nicole tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, she got that joke. <laughs> it was at my level. <laughs> totally got that joke. I get that one. <laughs> Somewhere. I'm going to get this right eventually. <sighs> All right. There again. It's a fun new way to learn about uh, the BJCP. You know, JP is a BJCP certified uh, beer That's judge. That's true. Nicole, I believe, is a BJCP judge. Right, Nicole? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Nate. Nate's an, a BJCP National. judge. Yeah, a national judge. Oh, see, yeah, both you know, of us. I went so from I went from being the only one in here to now being one of three. It doesn't feel so special anymore. That and you're the <laughs> lowest. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's less and less special. I have but look life. at Jip. Yeah. The rest of us, me, Moscow, Tasty, and Doc. It's true. We're too lazy even to be it. I, so, I think uh, uh, you know. I agree. You're, uh, you're you're I say you're rocking it, man. I take. I a, mean that. I take a P after hey, a BJ. Look. Does that count? You're better than uh, that. That doesn't count. Damn it. No. See? I, I've been banned. But no. you're better than us. <laughs> I gotta I gotta admit, you're better. All right, uh so it's a fun new way to learn about craft beer and brewing. Um because the beer judge education and their their banners right on our website. Uh satisfaction guaranteed, it's online courses. So you kinda go in uh, you sign up, you uh, you just watch the video online, you get to participate, because there's a, a chat and everything going on, there's, there's questions asked, uh, you guys kind of buy the same beers, and then you get to talk about the beers as you're doing it, so, yeah. you know, we do that sometimes on the air, where uh, we get these beers, and you don't have them, we're talking about them, we're trying to help you discover flavor you have, profiles. You have no idea what we're talking about. We didn't set it up for you, we right. didn't 
tell you in advance because we're too lazy for that. Yeah. Uh, but with this kind of program, you do that. Uh, you get it set up in advance. They, you all know what beers are going to be done, and you go through each of the styles. Uh, you go through the the whole program so that you uh, uh, can pass the BJCP. And if you don't pass the BJCP, your satisfaction is guaranteed. You get to take uh, the course again, over and over. Also, if you're not satisfied with it after three courses, you get your money back. Yeah. So these guys are totally cool about it. They go, look. We know not everybody is is going to to learn the same way and be into it. So we're going to set it up the best we can so that you can get into it. We're going to do the video seminar. We've got uh, BJCP judges teaching you. If you're not satisfied after three courses, no big deal. We'll give you your money back. If you don't pass it, no big deal. We'll let you take it again. So they're really confident in what they do. Uh, and it's a big deal. You'll learn about uh, all the different beer styles, beer tasting and evaluation, brewing and home brewing, brewing processes, ingredients, recipe formulation, and techniques for masters. How barley is malted. Who makes hops? Uh, sorry, what makes hops bitter? How fermentation works. How brewers get flavors, aromas, and colors in their beer. Uh, you get virtually everything. Uh, the BJCP, as as anybody in, I think in this room is taking it, would say it's a pretty challenging test. Oh yeah. So the better you can stack the deck to take yeah. it, uh, the, the better off you are. guys have is great, too. They're, they're not just beer folks, but they're also educators, corporate trainer type of folks, and they yeah. know how to present information for people. I met the guys at, at GABF, too, and uh, I really like them. Jonathan's the guy I met, and he's a good guy. And I think they, they have a great idea here. Uh, I talked about this idea a long time ago, thinking that somebody should do it, and nobody did it uh, until now. Well, you're an innovator. Go to BeerJudgeEducation.com or check them out on Facebook by searching the same thing. BeerJudgeEducation.com, and uh, it's a good deal. Yes, so, it's uh, a great deal. Go check it out. Pass the BJCP. And by the way, if you become a judge, you help us all out. Uh, That's true. Um, competitions. Oh, hell yeah. You know, you're really contributing to the yeah. to The, the popularity of homebrew competitions is huge now. There's not nearly enough judges to go around sometimes. Yeah. We need a bigger pool. It's great. Oh, yeah. they're always calling for judges. Yeah, so. and don't be like me and never judge. <laughs> uh, just, just, just <laughs> right. Spread your knowledge around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right, what do we have here? I don't know. Hessian? Hessian. 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 Come on. Hessian oh, Lake. Oh, it sounds like a biker. Hesher. Yeah. Is that how you spell Hessian? We had Hessians in my school back in the day. Yeah, me too. Those are Hessers. <clears throat> no, Hessians. Weren't Hessians like German uh, no, they're, troops they're in the World War biker I? Dudes. What's up, Hessian Lake? How you doing, man? Bro. Bra. What are you calling in for, brother? Calling in for DOTW, man. All right, talk What's to me. Mean? What's the word? Are you are you hammered? I'm I'm getting myself there. That's for damn sure. What have you been doing? Uh, well, the wife and kid are away, so I've been drinking. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Oh, yeah. Let like, loose. Listen, Let loose. Usually, I just sit at home like an asshole with the wife. I'm not allowed <laughs> to do anything. But now they're away, so I'm drinking. I don't have anyone to beat. Is that what's happening? Yeah, basically, you know, I, I, man, oh, I've got a fucking old another beer here. Bro, it's just, you know, uh, is this Boomhauer? He went from eight from to eleven. Oh man, sure. I, I would have got a beer here, man. <laughs> what? Uh, you- yeah, I've just been. I've drinking since what is it? One o'clock in the morning. Now I've been drinking since about one o'clock in the afternoon. One o'clock. Wow. So like twelve hours. Homebrew or commercial beer? Both. I uh, started off with uh, my own. Uh, I got a fucking Wiesenbach. I was drinking earlier. And, Wiesen. Oh. Who is this dude? Yeah. 
I like that. Clean that shit up. Yeah, this guy wins. Uh, well, at least right. I got get away. All right. Go put some of those empties in the neighbor's trash can. Oh you yeah. <laughs> you can't leave the empties where she'll find them. Yeah, put some of those empties in the neighbor's trash. It's a good idea. Well, uh, she's, she's not going to open like the closed trash bags, so you must yeah, just yeah, wrap them in that double stuff. wrap. Yeah. I've never well, been there. I don't do that stuff. But I already you should. Put, I already got all the Christmas shit away. I just gotta clean up the house. This is a problem now. Do you have to work tomorrow? No, hell fuck no. Hell fuck no. <laughs> Wait. Hell fuck no shit, fuck no, fuck no shit. Wait. Can't you hear it in my voice? We think we get MLK Day off? I'm straight Midwest, bro. What do you do for a living? I do investigations for an insurance company. Oh yeah, I like people like insurance fraud stuff, huh? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because on MLK Day, psh, nobody's doing anything bad. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so how many drinks do you think you've had today? Oh, um... 150? Four or five of my own. I went out, uh, had a couple beers and a couple Guinnesses because it was the best beer that they fucking had. Fucking hole in all. Uh, <laughs> I came back and I just popped a... Ranger IPA. Oh, shit. How many have I had? I've, I've probably had a good 12-pack at least. All right. All right. And how long have you been homebrewing? Uh, eight years. You ever made a Wiesenbach? What about an Indiana Pale Ale? Oh, I like that. Janice Brown? Indiana Pale Ale? I just figure it's the only thing that could be better than a Wiesenbach. Right. Oh, no, this ain't no simple Wiesenbach. It's like a 7.2 Wiesenbach. All right, ladies and gentlemen, really. your drunk of the week right now, Mr. Hessian. Yeah. Wiesen Hesher. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, okay. Hesh, I think you've been drinking today. I don't I know think, if you knew I that, think. but you've been drinking. I think I have been too. <laughs> All right, send me your address, Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send it over there, and I will get you your Drunk of the Week medal, my friend. You oh, are yeah. our champion this week. Oh, thank you very much, man. All right, brother. Cheers. Have a good night, and be careful tomorrow. Oh, I ain't going nowhere. Not a boy. Take care, man. You too. All right, there you go. Hessian, you're Drunk of the Week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of liked Marathon Man, just for the record. A guy that can do a brew day and run a marathon. That was pretty cool. I did it's like him, too. Uh, oh, but yeah. uh, listen. Uh, <laughs> oh, he, he got schooled. <laughs> Eshin had, I don't care. You know what? You, listeners, you can argue with me all you want. That guy was drunk of the week right there. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, runner and well, I, multitasker I, I of the week. Marathon guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was marathon. How it, long was it? Oh, 26 miles. You should it, get farther away from the Well, mic, I had Doug. the brew day to do. He oh, had yeah, me at Wiesenbach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like way like way back here, like he's never seen a microphone. <laughs> what? Midfist Workhouse. Uh, yeah. well, we'll do it one more time. <laughs> hanging out with Doc right there. <laughs> Party pies. Where's party pies? Party pies. Pretty much in the shadows of the other side of the road, you idiot. Oh, 
sorry for me on the front of the road, you idiot. Justin, what with you? You they, 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 they're gone. Oh, I was wondering Roof when you pull me. that one up. Juice. Juice. Roof me. What was that? What is that? What the hell? That was supposed to be freaking out, but apparently it's mislabeled. That's freaking out. It's like the, somebody's killing a pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of those uh, video game kids that freaked out on the internet. <laughs> that's the, when his parents canceled the wow, I think is what awesome. it was. Awesome. I'm going to shove this remote in my ass. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I thought it was a lo- the loopy bitch comment for a second. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we got a great show planned for you next oh, week. Uh, we're going to be talking to Fal Allen, who will nice. be in studio. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Valley. Nice. We, we kind of fucked that up audio-wise yeah. last time, so Fal is coming back in thanks to Moscow. Again, and, uh, stuff? He's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, why aren't you and Nicole? Just go hang out in the other room. Yeah. If you want to be so alone and detached, get the fuck out and go hang in the other room and talk about beer we together. We have a group here. <laughs> Uh, we got Twitter. We got Twitter game. Uh, all right. right, we'll do that. So, Fal Allen in studio next week uh, with Anderson Valley. It's going to be a good show. It'd be great to have him in here to talk to us about that. The guy's uh, doing great things. Oh with man, beer. Yeah. no kidding. Right? Have you tried the beer lately? He's yeah. a legend, man. Yeah. yeah, they're really good. It's good shit. All right, Twitter game. What do we got? I narrowed it down to three. You got Shark Guy 05. Uh, you know, if you what was the question? I can't remember the question. Thank you very much. Is saying so. How's it going? <laughs> oh, I thought it was how you doing. Shark Guy 05 says, well, my dog is still dead, but I did have a really great Berliner Weiss, Bertanomyces, Lambicus, and I might get laid tonight. Oh, Iconis uh, says, my ass is a little itchy. Uh-huh. And Village Brew <laughs> says, bad, very, very bad. I listened to a replay of Press Play. Other than that, I'm okay. Oh, good point. Yeah, I played the wrong uh, pressure. Yeah. So, shark guy who has dead dog, but he might get laid. Iconis who has an itchy ass, and Village Brew who had to listen to a replay of press play. I would go between itchy ass yeah. and uh, and yeah, uh, the press play replay oh, guy. I go itchy ass. I go itchy yeah. ass too. Anybody else itchy, itchy, ass? itchy ass? All right, right Iconis, you're the winner, bro. Ham, throw well it out there. Done. Well done. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Foul Allen next week. Tune in. Uh, JP, take us out. Thanks, kids. Oh, jeez. For a loop, buddy. Thank you to More Beer. Our show sponsoring absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Don't forget the Trophy Fire's new album entitled Modern Hearts is available now at graydayrecords.com. Pick it up and support our friend and yours, Mr. Adam Schumann. Get all the latest info on Nate's band, Brain Oil, by going to brainoil.com. And check out Nate on Twitter at Nathan Homebrew. And Nicole is on Twitter as well. Follow her at Beer Muse, beer underscore muse. Tasty wants you to know that San Francisco Beer Week will be February 10th through the 19th. Go to sfbeerweek.org for the schedule of events. And the 11th annual Double IPA Fest will be held at the Bistro in Hayward, California on February 11th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Go there and you can buy him Double IPAs. Keep up, keep up to date on what's on JP's mind by checking out his blog at moderndaymerrick.blogspot.com and follow him on Twitter at Major Jip. And be sure to find the Brew Network and the Winter Brews Fest on Facebook and Twitter. Well, I'll have that one right now.
the skies are gray I'll take a belt you through any time And the women think the lamb is fine But don't you give me that American crude Boys, I want a real homebrew Homebrew, don't you really love a better homebrew 